Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So we're gonna get started. Um, happy today. Happy today to everybody out there in the in the universe. You know what I'm saying? Doing whatever it is that you're doing. I'm glad that you tuned in. We're gonna open up the panel for discussion today. I got some very, very, very sharp minds in the building with me right now already. Um, shout out the DJ, shout out the Casso, shout out to the rest of the panel. Crumb is in the building, so you know it's getting ready to get. It has the potential to go. Boom. It has the potential to go boom. You know what I'm saying? So uh, we we see Temple Mother Earth in the building. You know what I'm saying? So we, you know, it got the potential to go boom, um, because we got people asking, you know, this thing is layered now because it's, it's, it's all, it's the whole community is under a microscope now. So, um, I guess though we could go around maybe and pe people can, um, if you want to open your mic and say a few words or talk about whatever your perspective is right now, before we even get into the debate between me and young thug father, um, if anybody has a point or perspective on the drugs, the violence, the snitching, the the images in the music, the fake, the fraud, like whatever direction you want to come. Ronald Reagan, Watergate, Biden, like the, everything is on the table right now. So there's no conversation that's attached to this in any kind of way that's not on the table. In every kind of way, this conversation is open. So I, I'm passing the mic. Peace and love. Uh, I'm your humble brother, Crumb, the master student of Crumb TV. That's my YouTube channel. Uh, I am a good brother, uh, supporter of Dr. Inky. I wanted to say that I really hope that they lock Young Thug ass up and throw away the key. Mm. Wow. Uh, oh. <laughs> what are we like two minutes into the conversation? <laughs> Shit, Crumb ain't waste no time. Okay. See that I told y'all I told y'all hey, I had why, some you, why you here. feel like that though? Let's right. talk about why you feel like that. You know, just just curious. This this, this is the same buffoonery that we saw uh from uh notorious B.I.G putting out energy into the atmosphere that comes back to you. You make a, 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 a damn album, a song, or whatever the case may be called Ready to Die. Well, guess what, nigga? If you ready to die, then we ready to kill. So now you gone. And this is where we see life imitates art or does art imitate life. Either way, you got to be careful with what you put out into the universe. So now we, gotta have, we have this new goofy, the newest, latest robot from uh, Jewish me media, who's sitting here pushing the same BS that has plagued our community now uh, 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 that that negative energy that he put out has come back to him and I hope it hit his ass full force because he has plagued our community with that confusion that emasculation the population <laughs> of the deadbeat Negro who ain't worth ish who, who's 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 out here uh, corrupting the uh, the the image of the black male, so-called black male, to where we're getting shot in the street because our children who are influenceable are being influenced by the latest goofies who who have everything negative to say about their own people, but they won't uh, uh, stand on a square and say anything about a white person, say anything about a cracker, say anything about a Jew. But they got all this tough talk. When songs like Trap Queen came out, we knew they won't talk about no Asian girl. 
when songs like Trap Queen came out, we knew they weren't talking about no Jewish girl. And then our girls, our people buy into this ish. This is this is a uh, circle of cons consistent and 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 uh, uh, deplorable destruction of our people that we celebrate. We got our favorite actor, we got a favorite rapper, we got a favorite athlete, but we don't got no favorite uh, 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 master teacher, historian. Um, um, uh, you know, we don't have an Albert Einstein that our children are emulating. They're emulating these, these goofy ass gang gang niggas, lock these niggas up and throw away the goddamn key. I, I gotta chime in on that, let me chime in on that. Nah, 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 you, you, you're right. I can't say you're wrong, but you still got to understand the, the, the power dynamics. You got two types of street rappers. You got puppets and you got coons. You got puppets mm -hmm. and you got coons. <laughs> and and mm. the difference between a puppet and a coon is the puppet doesn't know any better. He's being controlled. The coon knows. The coon is full aware of what he's doing and he's just selling out. The puppet, he doesn't he doesn't know any better. So what side of the the the, the street does young thug fall on? Can I, can I speak I, from experience real in quick? In the age though, of information, ignorance is a choice. <laughs> hey, but look, yeah, yeah, but you still hold on, hold on. Let, let me just speak on the puppets though, real quick, and then I uh, you know, because I, I don't want to get you off your square, guy. So puppets kind of know what's going on like I, you gotta understand i'm a, I'm wait a wait wait ho 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 i gotta do a double wait 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 i gotta do a double interrupt hold on i gotta interrupt you for a second sir so 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 hold on this I, this if, if you if, hold on everybody try to mute mute, mute your mic in the background quinasia warrior or whatever quinsia was asking for it's asking for your password Hey, whoever. Hey, everybody, mute, mute up. Them. Just mute well, them. Well, whoever. This is probably a new one that you create or something. It might be. It might be a new one that you create or something. Hey, one of the hosts could just tap his window and mute him. Uh, I was gonna say, can one of the hosts? It says use the, the same thing as the other one, right? The username, so it should be what? This Netgear and two extension. Um, yeah, um, e, uh, Carly, can you mute that open mic, please? And, uh, probably just put like maybe. Um, yeah, you know, just, just, like, Thank you. All right, there we go. So, um, what I wanted to say real quick, and and that's a beautiful thing that we got a lot of energy. We got a lot of energy. That's that's a good thing. Um, but what I wanted to say real quick, because we all chiming in and we all have different levels of expertise. So I just want to say before the brother even speak, I'm not sure if it's gold records or platinum records. But I know it's some records that's floating around. <laughs> I know the brother got some records floating around somewhere. So I don't know if he wanted to go into his resume or whatever the case may be. But the brother got the brother got a few records floating around, gold or platinum or some kind of mixture of, you know, he got a few things that's laying around. So yeah, so he he got a different perspective. I'm not gonna say it better or sharper or whatever. I'm gonna just say he got a different perspective. 
<laughs> I'm gonna just say that, like you say, I'm I, I've been in the music industry since I was about uh, 14 years old. I got my first record deal. I'm 38 today, and um, you know, I was one of the artists who uh, I was a rebellious artist. I wasn't the one who you know I made music uh, that was. Don't get me wrong. I made some foolery too, but I made conscious music. I made. I was against the status quo. When niggas was wearing tight jeans, I wore baggy, I, extra large shirts. I couldn't even fit. I, my size is a small. You feel me? I was wearing extra large because I wanted to go the opposite direction that everybody else went in. So, so when we say um, when we, when I make a statement that the puppets are not, they're not uh, blind to the fact that they puppets because these people groom you for these positions. Nobody is in these positions and they just be in control of, you know, it's like, oh, we're gonna manipulate him unconsciously. No, this is a conscious decision that you have to to get out here. E even when I put, like, for example, I put out a, a record called the Obama Administration Presents Change. And on this record, you know, I was making songs like I'm tired of the fake shit, tired of the snake, snake shit, uh, tired of rapper talking about all their guns and they bricks, they chips, they whips, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, they called the meeting like, yo, uh, bro, uh, this is not the same. You know, this music that, you know, we want more of that gangster talk and this, that, and the third. I'm like, well, the project is called Change. That was my my whole plan all along was to feed you. Okay, I gave y'all a little bit of that gangster. I'm from the streets. I'm from Chicago. You feel me? That's what we grew up in. But uh, we have to raise ourselves high. And this is what I'm Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, go, let me go ahead. just ask you a question, just for clarity. When you saying you came with this change on the music, you saying that it was executives that had a meeting with you? That's Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. It was it was music industry executives that came to me and was like, they didn't like, like, I'm like, yo, I'm a hip hop artist. What do you, you know, like, what are y'all saying? Like, uh, you know, and, and I wrote a record that actually got stole from me. And, and this is one of the platinum records that I wrote. And and they actually was like, oh, you know what? That record don't go for you. They wanted that to be my first single. And it was called Sex Room. And I'm like, yo, I'm a hip hop artist. Like, I'm not putting out a record called Sex Room as my first single. Y'all sound crazy. I know we got to get the money. I know all that other nonsense. But at the end of the day... Hey, um, hey, 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 wait a minute now. That song was... That song... Wait, I'm about to say... I that just, song I made just, a whole I, career. I just said the that's, tempo. I'm like... Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, that, that, that song you? made that's a career you? right there. That's you? That's one of them. Okay, you know? okay, okay. <laughs> that's one of them. I, and I don't go all deep into the resume, but but absolutely, you're not gonna listen when you're in the entertainment industry, y'all. Um, this is yes. Don't get me wrong. There are two sides. You have the rapper who come from nothing. They dangle a million in front of your face. Listen, I turned down millions of dollars plenty of times when it put me in a position where I was gonna have to compromise my integrity. This That's is why great. I'm not famous right now in the music industry because you know, again, I, I was raised regardless to what people think about church. I was raised in church and my dad a preacher. So that gave me a, a sort of moral compass. And, and I knew that I wasn't going to sell out. Um, and, and the more I could see like, yo, why are they always trying to get me to uh, talk about nonsense, uh, murder, death, kill when I'm when I'm really against all that. I've seen enough death and murder and uh, in my family, in my city, uh, in our communities, and so on and so forth. But these people, and, and I'm going to tell y'all something, I'm not going to put the executive on blast, 
But they made a statement, and this is what really bugged me, like around the time Chief Keith came out, because I was supposed to be one of those rappers during the Chief Keith. And, you know, I was much older, but I was tapped on the shoulder first before they went and got a Chief Keith. And they asked about, hey, man, we want to make a group of some young radical niggas. And you, mind you, y'all, I don't have no piercings. I don't have no tattoos. I don't have none of that. And they telling me now at the age of about 28, I was, that was 10 years ago, that I, I like, I, I need to get some tattoos. And I'm looking at them like, nigga, I ain't wait till I was 28 to get no tattoos. So getting, getting further to the point of what's being said, they made a statement that murder is good for business. We talking about in the entertainment industry. So when I look at some of these things uh, that's happening here, um, it, it really kind of, it, it burns me up. And, and then I look at the, the city girls, uh, the, the women. So even master student, I, I, I was, you know, I, I understood where you was coming from because this man, young thug. And, and again, I like some of thug music. Don't get it twisted. Like he got I some don't. music that I like, but th this nigga did put on a dress. Like he did. Um, now it's wait, wait, wait. That hold on, hold on, hold on. Because me and his father, we, no, no, the dress, we, he going, he going to discuss the dress and then we're going to pause the video and discuss the discussion. But Can I, I want to transition away from you real quick, <laughs> Marv. Um, remember everybody, we just giving intros of, of us, of ourselves. Um, but I want to go back to Caso and I don't know how much Caso wants to share about, you know, your personal story, but you know, if you don't mind, you know, go ahead and tell everybody where you're, you know. Okay. Okay. First, I want to chime in on what he said. Right. right but tell quick. everybody, you know, who you is and okay. how you, you know. Okay. So first, I'm Casso, author of the Cosmonometry yeah. Philosophy, and 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 what where the birth of the Cosmonometry Philosophy came in the Fed joint. So, I, you know, I in the Feds is I was in Milan, Michigan, and it's like a uh of it's even it's it's the majority of of us are in there for nonviolent drug offenses. But on the flip side, you still got uh, a, a host of different financial gurus in there, stockbrokers, people who worked on Wall Street, corporate uh, corporate attorneys, you know, real estate gurus, you know, just all other things. And, and it comes from me constantly debating with the homies, you know, in the feds is geographical. So everybody from your state is considered your homie. And, you know, y'all be on the yard kicking it or whatever. And and every time I try to present a, 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 a legal way of getting some money, I got rebuttaled by Jeezy quotes. You know, it was what niggas like. It's like Jeezy say, thug motivation. Like Jeezy say, trap or die. Oh, nigga, I'm trying to get me four in the bag. And I remember I was like 32 at the time. And one of the dudes I was talking to, like, I'm like, my nigga, you like 40 something. You still listen to these rappers, my nigga? You like 40. And that's what it, that's what I went into like a zone. I felt like I was in a twilight zone and I'm looking around the yard and everybody got on their headphones. They, the prison institution is only going to give us Jeezy and Rick Ross. They're not giving us nothing. No Talib quality or none of that. They only giving us straight negativity. And uh, I remember going back to my cell, pressing my bunk, looking like, man, I'm smarter than this, man. I don't know how I ended up in this. And then when I started looking at my life in retrospect, I realized that I had been, uh, uh, I, I challenged my paradigm. And I realized that I had been manipulated by the music. 
it didn't really dawn on me because I'm in prison. So we don't have Google and all the information we had. This is over 10 years ago. So, but I just, I'm knowing something ain't right. And I look back to the, the county when I started, when, 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 when I, you know, I'm still into the music because I had a little record label when I was on the streets, but I ended up going to jail, whatever. And, uh, but I'm still into the music and I'm listening to young dudes on the streets giving me a day. You know, what, what's the hottest thing? What's the hottest thing? And I remember it was Jeezy and Blade, Jeezy and Blade. That was 2004 or five. Here it is, 2008. And I'm in here and people are hypnotized off these Jeezy quotes. And I go back to the county where it's like a thousand people, you know, getting, getting, you know, registered in there and the bullpen is, it, it's like, it's like, a, like chattel slavery. And, and you can, and Ace Bullpen, the youth are hypnotized by this Jeezy. And Jeezy was the one who made me get an epiphany like, man, this, we been, we been tricked. We been played. And then I started looking at my life and what all influenced me. And I can date it all the way back to NWA. NWA to Jay-Z to E40. Uh, e and, and I realized that the music is how I ended up in prison. That was my major one, my major influence because my father wasn't around. So that's when I started, when I came, when I come home, and then you got access to all the information. And I'm glad to hear you confirm, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm glad to talk, actually talk to somebody. Cause I, you know, I didn't did a lot of research on, on the internet, but I never talked to somebody who actually was in that, you know what I'm saying? Uh 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 uh, uh what's the word I'm looking for? In the industry. Well, yeah, it was in actually matrix. in the industry and yeah, got yeah. And, and seen it firsthand and witnessed it firsthand. I watched the videos, you know what I'm saying, but I never seen it. But I, but but one thing you said is you were like you were somewhat conscious. You coming in with a moral compass, you know what I'm saying. So you coming from you coming from a whole different perspective. A lot of these youth out here, they don't have a moral compass. I'm battling with my son right now because I was in prison while he was being molded. By the music. And now, wait, now wait, wait, wait. Now, I got to add some honesty to this, Caso, because Marv did come and give us a like a nice, he gave us a, you know, when you go out to a club, you 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 introduce who you who you should be to a girl. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know how you, you introduce your best possible self to the girl, not necessarily your fully real self. So right. He he came with the you know I'm I'm in the, I was in the industry and you know my dad was a preacher and you know and he mentioned streets in Chicago like lightly glossed over. The first right. time I went to stay with him in Chicago, his pistol was still warm and it was bullet holes in the car. Oh his no no, pistol I, was listen, still warm and bullet holes was in the car. I know how it is out there. You. Chicago, hey, yo, yo, like Inky, Queens. hold on, man. You giving too many details, yo. <laughs> it, listen, listen. All you yo. had to do was say you was from Chicago. I already knew what it was. Chicago, man, was listen, but, but he ain't lying though. And, and listen, people don't know the type of places, and you know, they just see the camera come on, and then they say, "Oh, Inky's doing a lecture in Chicago." They don't really realize, like, like Inky's doing a lecture in Chicago. Like, it's not. You know, I'm not in like the hotel over here somewhere. Like, nah, I'm the lectures in the projects with the you know, uh, with right, right there. Like, it's happening outside. The shot, the the shots is people in the crowd. Like, while I'm teaching, they, 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 they like it's you know. So, 
we try to meet the people where where the people are. You know what I'm saying? But guys, let me get through the rest of this panel because I do want to um start this debate. Um, we got the bro had his hand up, bro Sakep. Bro Sakep, you probably more sharper with the um with Zoom than the rest of us is because I didn't even know you could put your hand up on Zoom. <laughs> so I'm looking at the hand up. I'm like, what is that? What is that thing right there on his? So anyway, my bad, brothers and kept. Hey, appreciate the head tip Islam family out there. Peace. Um, hey, I can't agree more uh, with what the brother said with the, the hypnotism. You know, I grew up in the South, in, in Florida, in the dirty South. So, you know, my first uh, real. Oh, wow. Mom probably died. Yeah, he, he probably coming oh, back to that, That's my, okay. my homie, though. I, I invited me. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> okay, okay. I'm trying to put an event up online so more people could jump in, but go ahead. Okay. He ears probably come right street. back. We got ears to the street. You want to introduce yourself to the family real quick? We got Ray in the building. Most definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, there you go. Yeah, you know, here's to the street media, HG, um, coming from the south side of Chicago. I definitely, you know what I'm saying, good to see my brother. Good to see my brother, Marvo. You know what I'm saying? We actually got some music together, so that's what's up. Um, hold man, on, you know, hold on, hold on, man. Hold yeah, on. yeah, this is my mean? man's right here. What up, HG? What? Hey, what's yeah. up, bro? <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, what's good, bro? Man. That's real, crazy. yeah. Me and uh, me and Vo did a couple tracks together. You know what I'm saying? I still got them on deck, man. I'm gonna have to release them now. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I know that's on, right. <laughs> so, so Vo, this guy is the real thing with the music because he's been telling me for a minute we got to do something. And I'm, you know, I, you know, I don't really like to do, you know, music with conscious niggas. You know, conscious niggas <laughs> is not really good. <laughs> you know, as much as we say, listen, as much as we say that we want to hear conscious music, I want to just say this right now for the record. If you are trash, right, do not think that we're just going to support your music because it's positive and that is it. The music need to hit. The lyrics need to be good and relevant. Like everything still has to happen in that song for it to be a song. You can't just get on there thinking you're just going to be like, well, you know, stop smoking cigarettes cross at the light, not on the right. Like you, we don't, like that's not, you know, we, yeah, we, we need to hear actual bars and like, it's still got to hit like it's supposed to hit. It's still got to be real, you know, real life experience. It's just, you know, I don't know nobody and I know all kinds of people from all, I look at the panel, you know what I'm saying? But I know people from the worst kinds of humans on earth, like, like dangerous people, you know what I'm saying? And, they, they they still like go inside their mama house, take off their hat, you know, don't cuss in my mama house. They they you know like people are multifaceted. Even the worst people in the world have other stories to tell. So it's not like because one part of the debate and you'll hear it. So that's why we got to get to the debate. But the sisters like you know it's you you want to hear music about going like staying in school. Like it's a whole lot more to life to talk about than either shooting somebody injecting heroin or stay in school like it's, there's a lot more stories that need to be told from our you know from our communities about where we've been where we are and about where we going you know what i'm saying and so anyway 
y'all 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 a while for hooking up y'all Chicago connection shit. But that's crazy though. That's how that's how it is. The the, the Chicago streets is is really like close knitted. Um, Raymond, you want to get on the mic? Teron, you want to jump on the mic? Too tough. Uh, Bob, you in the building? Like, uh, somebody step to the mic, y'all. Y'all want to give us a little introductory here? Do we got more Chicago folks back there in the cut? What's up, man? This is uh, this is Raymond, man. My brother Morro introduced me to uh, be on here with y'all. I'm just listening, brother. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. Okay. With my people's, my family. Okay, oh, we got St. Louis in the building. Yes, sir. Just listening, brother. That's it. All right, so we might as well get started with the with the crazy stuff. Um, go ahead, bro. I see you come off mic. Go ahead, introduce yourself. Oh no, you got um one more who was about to drop. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I was just um, saying. What's up, DJ? How y'all doing? Yeah, I just, I just noticed that was DJ voice. My bad. Go you ahead, good, bro? bro. <laughs> I know you ain't never seen me before. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, I'm like, oh, that's DJ. Okay, all right, pardon nobody. Go and ahead. Y'all are kindred. Y'all are kindred spirits too. The way y'all we move build, around. We be building on clubhouse. Me yeah, I rock with DJ. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, got, and, I just and, got back. You know, we did Mexico. I just got back from VA. I was about to say, oh, and y'all moving around, y'all moving around in the same circles already. So yeah, y'all got to tap in offline because y'all already moving around in the same in the same circles. I ain't even gonna put y'all on blast with y'all programs until y'all introduce y'all own shit. And then y'all be like, oh, what you? Yeah, then then y'all do y'all. You know, but until then, you know, it's whatever. Um. We got Los on here. What's good, Los? What's good? What's good? Peace, brothers. Uh, I'm, I'm another Chicago native here because my brother Marvel sent me the link, and I ain't know what the link was. Marvel sent it. I clicked it, and I'm here. You know what I'm saying? So I, I appreciate oh, the amongst you, brothers. Hey, hey, and Los, not to blow you up like that, but you know what I'm saying? Los, I've been knowing Los for almost 20 years, and um, he's another brother who has ties in the music industry just like myself. So, you know, yeah. um, just, you know, uh, and he doing a bunch of amazing things. He actually, the event we just did down in Tulum, Mexico, bro set that whole thing up. And so I even was building with him on doing doing a health retreat and, and mentioned your name, uh, Dr. Inky. So, you know what I'm saying? I just wanted to, while, we, while he was here, make that's, that formal yes. introduction. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, we, we Hey, look, Bulletproof team do it real big when it comes yeah. to these events. So, you know, just, just put that out there and I'm going to go back on me. That's why, that's why I had the logo. Up. I said, oh, 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 this the honorable Dr. Minky brother always been talking about. Hey, let, let him see that I'm into this health thing. You see the smoothie RX logo. So everybody know what RX means. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to be amongst you, brother. I appreciate it. I heard a lot of great things about you. Oh, man, definitely, definitely. All right, well, let's get, let's dig in. Um, yeah. real quick, E, before you drop the video, it was, oh. um, it was brother, um, I believe your name is Tehran, but be, um, Tehran. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Run it, run it, run it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go Let's ahead, get the bro. housekeeping out the way. Yep. Yeah, he got, um, he got cut off. Go ahead, fam. Oh, no, that's cool. That's cool. How y'all doing? Peace and blessings, family. I was, uh, invited in by, uh, Triple Mother Earth, uh, I'm um, um, I'm out of DC. Uh, I'm actually uh, I used to actually do bodyguard work for some, some uh, a lot of artists in the area, and um, I was actually a manager 
a travel manager for some a uh, few few of the brothers. Uh, just just tapping man. in, man. Just listening to everything. I've built, I've built, I've actually built with Inky before on on phone conversations because he's actually in my. So this is just synchronicity because somebody just sent this on some, some something totally different. But in my health and travel journeys, I've uh, I, Inky and um, KT were like the first two people that really opened my eyes to a lot of the, uh, the information that I even use in my shamanic work that I do uh, with with the temple. Hey, so, bro, let me let me just say this. I want to use you for example, but. I want y'all to all look back into the brother's face when he start talking again, because when you <clears throat> when you meet somebody in the conscious space or they on a spiritual journey, a lot of times that's all you take for granted. But if you understand what the brother's saying, he already said a lot. He used to do bodyguard work at top dollar, so. That means that, you know, he's he he also, along with the, you know, Hotep, Queen, King and all that other shit, there's some other shit mixed in there that, you know, you know what I'm saying? So I'm just saying it's like it's a it's a good mix of family on the line because I want to be able to not only look at the young Doug and all of the court cases and the snitching and all of that stuff and the black culture behind it. And how did we get here and all that, all that we, I want to deal with, but I want to also be able to really look at, cause I think having this conversation with young Doug father, like we never had that kind of thing to like when we look at these situations, we wonder where the parents are and what's happening. We don't have that kind of, you know, we don't usually have that kind of ability. So yeah, my that's, bad, bro. That's legit my question. Like when you it was like, what's gonna be one of our questions? It's like how present was his father in order for him to be able to have an interview about what his child is doing as an adult? You feel me? So that was that's, that's my main question. question. That's a hell of a question. Um, for those who don't know, I'm DJ. I'm DJ Bay, Prince of Hemp, Trust Fund, Baby CEO. I do a lot of money stuff, and I've, I got my ties in the music industry. I'm not a rapper. I'm more of an executive producer. I'm a creative mind, and I deal with a lot of, you know, I fund a lot of music videos and stuff like that. So you, I'm, I get, I'm a credit guy. Say it like that. <laughs> He's also my co-host on the American Healer podcast. So, yeah, yeah. He's also like a quadruple black belt, too. So when y'all see me with DJ. <laughs> I still hold the world record for brick breaking. I'm the world's fastest brick breaker since 2014 for 10 bricks. Bare hand. <laughs> yeah. I need to learn that. <laughs> me and West Mafia in the building. <laughs> I'm trying to say, but I got a, a very eclectic group of, of individuals. All right, people, mute up, take notes, and um, feel free, though, to turn your mic back on and jump in and say, stop the vid, you know, if you want to break down or you got some questions, whatever, whatever. You know, you know, act like it's your house. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you, you at home. So let's let's work. Yo, A. A. Rashid is with Griselda. Oh, it's about to. It's that time to start robbing niggas now.
If I jacked for life for them cars, you know how he go. He stunt rentals. I might get knocked by the repo. Plus he snitching. That's new cars and probation. I'ma have to rob Sarnetta old ass for them YouTube donations. Once I start robbing niggas, you're gonna see the bitch come out rich. He gonna try to hide behind Cam Bottom, Professor Griff. For real. Add more niggas to the pot. It's how you spoil thieves. I'm taking Cam CD money and so lay royalties. Rich gonna try to call the pills over this pistol shit. But that's only gonna get them niggas robbed for all that crystal shit. Rich gonna call Supernova next, but I can handle the ball. I wait for him to go OT and sneak around the store. I ain't tussling with that nigga. He got a couple screws loose for real. King Simon is a puppy. He the conscious blue screws now. He a big dog and the elder, so I'm sorry, bro. But you and Lloyd laying down for that numerology, though. This ain't serious. Being conscious can make you delirious. So we live and have fun. But I'm just saying, saying shit get different when the rabbit got the gun. This ain't serious. Being conscious can make you delirious. Delirious. <laughs> The youngest new face in the U.S. Senate next year will be that of Democrat Joseph Biden of Delaware. So young, in fact, that at the time of his election on November 7th, Biden was not yet old enough to serve. Yesterday, that problem was resolved. ABC Capitol Hill correspondent Bob Clark has the story. They gave a surprise party yesterday for Joe Biden, who will make history because of his age when he takes his seat in the new Senate. This is one of those issues I hope this passage of this bill will do, will be taken out of the gridlock category and moved into an emerging consensus. And the consensus is as follows, and I will cease when I finish this statement. The consensus is, A, we must take back the streets. It doesn't matter whether or not the person that is accosting your son or daughter, my son or daughter, my wife, your husband, my mother, your parents, it doesn't matter whether or not they were deprived as a youth. It doesn't matter or not whether or not they had no background that enabled them to have to uh, become a, a social, uh, become socialize into the fabric of society. It doesn't matter whether or not they're the victims of society. The end result is they're about to knock my mother on the head with a lead pipe, shoot my sister, beat up my wife, take on my sons. So I don't want to ask, what made them do this? They must be taken off the street. That's number one. There's a consensus on that. Democratic chairman of the Judiciary Committee, the Democratic president of the United States of America, the Democratic attorney general. Too late to change, I can't do a thing before. Irvin used to cut niggas' fingers off. He used to bring us fingers and ears in the eyeglass. Kings talking about mad bases, full scale from my last eighth. My father, Butch, was a kingpin named Brenda Haddam. Raised as a god, 120 electrons in the atom. Snatching leap patches, smacking alternative niggas. Whatever's politically correct, I'm a learning nigga. My day one was all trained to point lead like a sharpener. My father was a mason, his father was a carpenter. My iridology reveals a dichotomy. Psych, my psyche is psychology on top of beatboxes, a mill of detoxes, vegan, the shoes gated, the coat, three boxes, it's all contradictory, you can't do shit to me, I died already, every breath is a gift to me. Don't 
Searching the whole bird and got him looking for a new face like an old person. I'm the same nigga today that I always been. The nigga with the biggest dick in the room, I'm always him. Stereotypes is nonsense, nigga. Fucking me. I don't look exactly like a conscious nigga. When I tell you I get money off the books, I'm an author. I get money off the books. Face it lame. Train your brain to make it rain like Drake and Wayne. Record magic like David Blaine. I always bet on me and make that money dance. I'm still selling herbs, nigga. I just switched to other plants. So serious. Don't blame me. Don't blame me now. You can't blame me. This is the way the world made me. Don't blame me. Don't blame me now. You can't blame me. This is the way the world made me. It must be so, cause baby. You never ever got to know me to help me out with my problems. I'm trying to tell you that some stuff you don't have because you're still trying to prove to people you are who he says you are. There are those of you who are putting on and you're putting on for people and you're not going to get what God will have you to get as long as you're putting on. When you are thriving you don't speak the same level as people who are surviving. It's just a different level. Like, you know, it's just different talk, amen? And so what's crazy is there's some individuals that was dogging Dion out for telling my man, who was the commentator, he kept stopping like, yo, bro, talk like you normally talk to me. <laughs> Football coach, Coach Prime. Coach, how you feeling today? No, straight up. I was asking how you feel. I was not talking like that just two minutes ago. I Can you do the interview can you come in like you normally sound i just want to be clear and concise and professional yes sir so being you is not professional well i mean i can't say it was up though i can't do that i ain't actually i just want you to be you okay yes sir all right i'm start over join me is jackson state coach coach prime is that the, is that the same dog is the same like just be you just try your best to be you okay I, I thought I was doing that. But anyway, um, I want to just ask you, you feeling okay? See, like, if I say, man, what's up, Roger? That's me. What's up, Roger? You, you know the difference? Did you see the difference? That's what you do. And I don't know who you're trying to please out there, but just I just want you to try your best to be you. He's like, what you doing? It like, like you, like when they turn the camera on, you start talking different. Like talk to me like you was talking to me a minute ago. Like be your authentic self is what he was trying to say. 
He just said, be you. And my man was like, well, you know, be a professional. He said, well, you're not professional. Like, you are professional. What type of professional are you trying to be? Listen to me. You cannot go viral. I want to use today's language. You can't be, you can't go viral not being your authentic self. You got to be your authentic self to go viral. Does that make sense? So I'm going to start all over before I get into my message today. There are those of you who are putting on and you're putting on for people and you're not going to get what God will have you to get as long as you're putting on. Be your authentic self. Now, here's what happens. I'm going to be real. Here's what happens when you're your authentic self. You're going to lose a lot of people. You're going to lose a lot of people, but you're going to gain people who are ride or die. Does that make sense? I was telling Jeremy earlier, we had a one-on-one sit-down, you know, God's about to help me to use my whatever to help him get to another level. And I was like, Jeremy, there's a thing called the law of diminishing returns. It's, it's like, for, you know, people say to me, like my son, I remember my son, he said, Dad, I want to be a millionaire. I said, what do you want to be a millionaire for? Are you trying to help people or is it for you? Because it's for you, you only need 250000 I'm just being real. If you want to be rich, you only need 250000 you start getting over that, the government about you in a different tax bracket, and the government about to beat you upside your head. I mean, being real, if you make a million dollars, you ain't gonna keep it about five hundred something. They about to take half of that. They getting forty percent, and then there's some other taxes at the end that you probably gonna have about five hundred. I said, son, you want to be right about two hundred fifty-seven thousand and be under the radar. You don't want to get over that because now the IRS is looking at you as you are of interest to them. Right? You want to keep it right right there. Does that make sense? So so the law of diminishing returns says you, you, you do so much and you're not getting nothing in return for it. Like there's a limit. So I want you to understand something. You got to hear me. You don't need to do nothing else but be God's child and get what he has for you. I got to get this through your head before I give you the lesson today. You got to get this because you're actually killing you. You're the one that's messing you up. You're the one, I told a group yesterday, there's nothing you can do to prove yourself to God. What you're doing is trying to prove yourself to you. You ain't about to prove nothing to God that you don't know. He says, for I know the plans that I have for you, said the Lord of all. I know the plans that I have for you. You don't know them. I, I know them. And if me and you would get on the same page, I could do what I'm trying to. Does that make sense? You're not about to convince God that you know different than who you are. He knows who you are. If you would just realize who you are and embrace it, he could finally give you his plan. But he can't give you his plan when you're this version of you. So all you really have to do is develop and he will deliver. Come on, write that down. Write that down. As you develop, God is going to deliver more of the plan. The reason why you don't have a full plan is because you ain't fully developed. God can't deliver to you what he wants to deliver to you because you're not developed to the level you need to be developed to get the stuff. And you chasing the stuff when all you need to chase is development. And as you develop, that's why I got very few followers on Instagram. It's people telling jokes they got 10 million followers. They telling jokes they got 10 million. They telling jokes. I could tell some more jokes and get the numbers up, but I'm not interested in uh, making people laugh. Ain't nothing funny. We live in a society right now, ain't nothing funny. I'm not going to be telling you jokes. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk development talk. Why? 
because a small group of people are ready to get developed. But once you get developed, then God delivers. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Here's the last one. You go before we go to the word. God told me to tell you you're gonna die. You're gonna die, and you don't know when you're gonna die. So stop acting like you know. That's what God told me to tell you. He told me to tell you. Some of y'all, if you knew you only had three years left, you'd you'd live differently. He told me to tell you to live like you're gonna die. Stop living like you're gonna live forever, cause you're not. Stop. Stop. I told y'all the story when my grandmother passed. My grandma been well her whole life. She was 92 almost. She was weeks away from 93. My father called me. My auntie called me like grandma in the hospital. I'm like that. And the way they said it was like your grandma in the hospital. You know what I'm saying? She ain't never been sick. She gonna be out. That's how they said it. Like grandma good. I was like that. Grandma called. Hey baby, how you doing? I was like, all right, grandma, how you doing? Right. And so my father was like, she about to go into surgery. Right. But she ain't never been sick. She about to go into surgery. The doctor said it's good. My grandma called me. I should have knew something was up. My, I was in Chicago. I was there. And my wife was like, you probably need to go see your grandma. I'm like, nah, I'll see her when she get out. <laughs> I'll see her. God told me to tell you you're going to die. And there's nothing you could do about it. Now, you can keep eating right, but you can eat right if you want to. You're not going to make it to 200. Keep doing push-ups. You're good, but you're not going to live to be 200. So, so don't, don't stop doing what you're doing because that's going to help the quality of your life. But he told me you can't make your life go to 300 or 200. You're going to die. And some of us are going to die not because of us. Some of us are going to die because some other fool was drunk and hit us. So some of you are not even going to die because of you. You're going to die because of somebody else's decisions. And my grandma called me just before we went into surgery. I should have knew something wrong. My grandma said, baby, I need your, I need your spirits. You know, grandma, I don't like to be sick, but I need your spirit. I need your motivation. You're the one in the family that got that. And it was an eerie, whatever, weird kind of thing. But I was just like, ah, oh, she's never been sick before, so she's doing her thing. My father called me and was like, yo, she got out of surgery. She, she, they said she good. She just needed to recover. I was like, bad. Then my father called me hours later and like, uh, your grandma, it was weird. He didn't even say she was dead. He was just like, uh, your grandma has some complications. I was like, oh, okay, what kind? You know what I'm saying? Constipation, complications. Like, what kind of complications is she having? He was like, no complications. I'm like, bro, like, bro, we grown. Like, what? Do I need to get in the car? Do I need to come? Like, what? He's like, no, no, she didn't make it. I said, she didn't make what? She didn't make what? He was like, she gone. I said, what? For some of us in this room, you may only have a year. We may only have two, three. I don't know, but God told me to tell you, when you leave here, stop acting like you got 20. Stop acting like you got 30. And develop as quick as you can so that you can get what God has for you as long as you can. Am I talking to somebody? Listen to me. I'm, I'm mad at Eric Thomas because it took me so long to get my stuff right. So let me just put it like this. Now watch this. I want to show you something. I could have been on this. I want to ask, how many of you that if I would have waited another 10, 15 years to get right with God, you may not have gotten a hold of my gift on, online? And I just want to, can I just be real? Can I just be real? Like, I just want to show you what I'm trying to tell you. What if I still would be trying to work it out and try to get developed? What if I was still getting up at 8 o'clock in the morning instead of 3 with God? What if I didn't change and get my marriage right? Didn't try to become a better father? What if I didn't 
change and develop and become his version of me. For some of you, where would you, where, that message that you got, that I wouldn't have been able to give that message because I wouldn't be me, and you didn't get that message at that time, and you would have. Leave here knowing that you may not have years. You may not have double digits. So whatever needs to be done in that time frame, do it. Because not only does it affect you, your development affects other people's delivery. I need you to hold on to that I'm going to say that one, one more time. Your personal development impacts the lives of other people's delivery. If you don't get developed, they don't get what God has for them. Does that make sense? I'm, I'm talking to somebody. Does that make sense? All right. Is it dark? You can't see me? <laughs> I don't know. Or is it just deep? And right now you're trying to reflect on it. Okay, good. Whatever. Because I just want to let you quiet. Okay. But if you focus, that's all. That's okay. I get it. That part I get. All right. So let's go to the word. I wrote it down. God told me to write it down. So the first one is an R. Write that down. The first one is an R. It's crazy. God gave it to me. The first thing God told me to do was, God told me to tell you that the first thing, these are four things that you have to do today. These are four instructions. It's not preaching or speaking. This is instructions. The first thing he told me to tell you to do is get to the root. Write it down. I, I wrote this stuff down. Stop doing leave work, he told me to tell you. Stop doing leave work and, and, and branch work and do root work. That's what he told me to tell you. That some of you, and it's not a problem, but some of you are going to get surgery, like you, you're, you're enhancing your physical fit. Some of you are in the gym and you're working out. He told me to tell you, that's okay, but stop doing leaf work and branch work and do root work. He told me to tell you, stop doing leaf work. Some of you doing leaf work. There's nothing wrong with leaf work if you're doing root work, but he said you're not doing root work. So I'm not suggesting you don't, like enhance yourself, but he told me to tell you that when you fix the leaves, it's not about to fix the tree. Because a lot of rappers, this is what this is what happened. We think that all rap is now street rap. But it don't matter if you're a street rapper or not. We're talking about a Christian. I don't oh, no, feel no, like a I Christian. Understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying, but niggas is not operating over the way you operate. These niggas is not built like the way you built. 
when I'm built like a normal person, I ain't saying no, you know you're not. No, but what I'm saying, I'm just about my train of thought. Like, yeah. I'm not saying like, oh, you are allowed to tell because you're not in the street. You're a Christian. Yes, Lord, you no, shouldn't no, tell no, because it's no, the wrong no. thing to do. Doug, you talking about you, here. You talking about you. A lot of these niggas that's in the game, that shit is on. These niggas is. Think about this. Do the math. Some of the greatest rappers in the history of rap was great storytellers. They wasn't really into that. They watched niggas. So what I'm saying is. Of course you're not supposed to do this, but a lot of them is not buying by that because they not really living like that. But you, they don't make you a certain, I'm they don't make say, you a certain person. I'm not saying you a certain person. <clears throat> what I'm saying is the way you see it, a lot of dudes don't see that because they're coming into this shit like, yo, this shit is entertainment. I'm not really that dude. My mom and my dad was there. I really was a square, but I seen you two. But I understand. And I got my whole life and my image and my whole approach. And all I'm saying is a Christian still shouldn't tell. It don't matter about you could have had your mama and two dads. I understand what you said, but that's what you said. Boo Boo, who real name is Lester, who turned into Boo Boo and grew some blind dreads like you and got tats on his face, he made that up in the house. Yes, Looking in the mirror, watching YouTube. Yes, Even him making it up. Even him making it up. I understand what yeah. you're saying, but he's not built like you. You can't make a nigga be built like you. But what I'm saying is, I can't, I can't, I'm, I just don't understand when you say built like me because I'm not saying that I'm built a certain way. I understand. I'm not saying, not saying I'm saying built that. silent. I'm saying I'm built just normal, like. But niggas normally listen. listen but I understand you. I understand you. But that dude that created himself in the mirror, it ain't normal. In his room in the suburbs, but somehow slid and ran into A and R to say, "Oh, we gonna put some juice on this." and manufacture the street nigga. Because a lot of these rappers is manufactured street niggas. They was manufactured by the machine. That's crazy. Bro, listen, bro, dudes wasn't no, dudes ain't grow up, they mom, seeing their mom smoke coke and mom do this and mom do that, dad go to prison. A lot of these dudes is manufactured street artists. This shit is, ain't nothing organic no more. Hip hop is not, a, it's majority of it. I ain't gonna say anybody, but a lot of this shit ain't organic. Like you said, the numbers. A motherfucker say, oh, this is a girl, organic artist. Oh, he was independent. No, he been getting money from the label. That label signed him, ain't nobody know about it. Well, I ain't saying no names. I seen a nigga that used to sing in church tell a nigga on Instagram he was going to put a bag on his head. This, this nigga, nigga was just, talking about when, when you trying some money? This nigga was just, he probably just, was recently, real just recently singing, singing in the lead singer in the no, 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 this nigga was recently, no, this nigga was recently, this nigga was recently singing in church and then switched right over to a street nigga and now you tell me you put a bag on the nigga head, man. This is a real question. Come on, man. This a, I'm gonna ask you, so, so I'm, a lot of niggas is not being them, man. I'm gonna ask you a great question. Where, at what age is it okay for you to stop being a gangster? Because you're not born as a gangster. At what age you have to be, be like, if I hear something about you, Doing some gangster shit, and they like. Miss me. Am I the only one that got 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 vitamin pill bottle, herbal bottles all over the place? Hold on. I know we got to come to life. <clears throat> Okay, there we go. My, I think my, my I think my mic is live. 
I just, I just, I just, okay. We got DA in the building. We got Imani L. We got, we got a few more family members than checked into the building, but I just wanted to stop the video real quick before, like I said, we get to the, the, the major uh, meat and potatoes with me and uh, Young Thug Father going back and forth. Um, there's a couple of pieces in the conversation, the debate rather, between Wallow and Young Thug that I thought was super relevant. So I got a few little pieces of little tidbits that we could, you know, so I just wanted to open it up. If anybody wanted to add something, you know what I'm saying, to that little piece right there that we just saw with, you know, Young Thug now, because now we in the space where his whole his whole team basically is telling. They all taking pleas. Or maybe some of us believe that this Alfred plea is not telling. So that's a conversation also. I could be wrong. A lot of us could be wrong. We might not under, fully understand. So if somebody has more insight that you want to say that maybe these guys are not telling. Um, uh, but I just might be too old school. I think that the word like snitching, the idea has even morphed over time and i think the responsibilities that co-defendants had towards one another may have morphed over time because there's a time period where and this is the universe that i'm from there's a time period where if i get in the car right me and my guy and you know i got a hammer on me and the police pull us over you know what I'm saying? Now, knowing that they might ask us to get out and search us, I might go ahead and take my thing off me and put it in the seat, under the seat, wherever. Now, I'm hoping that they don't search us at all, but I'm hoping if they do search me, they won't search the vehicle, like levels to it. But my point is, is there's a time period back in the day where if we both get caught and the hammer's in the car, like, I don't even wait until we get somewhere for the other guy to even have the option to snitch on me or not. I'm already nine out of 10 times just going to say, hey, that, that's my gun. Boop, that's my gun. Unless special circumstances present themselves and me and that other person have an understanding and then that person will already know to take that charge and say that's their gun. Even if said gun is on my waist, they, they know, hey, no, no, this ain't my gun. This, this is. But whatever it is, I'm from the place where it's a two-way relationship. And you don't try to even railroad a nigga that you don't, you, you, because there's there's a there's another space where, you know, we got to think about the flip side of the responsibility. You know what I'm saying? If you if you moving around a certain type of way and you know you got friends that are not, you know, it's you have a, a responsibility to keep the people around you out of harm's way. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just saying that the idea, I think, sometimes can be oversimplified, this niche and shit, but it's interesting to see Thug had his debate with, you know, with Wallow and Wallow is trying to tell him like, nah, I did 20 plus years, you know, 25 years or whatever. And this is that. And Thug is like, you know, arguing him down like, nah, no snitching, blah, 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 blah. So I don't know. I, I, like I said, I'm opening it up. Yo, I, I think just real quick on that, uh, Inky, um, you know, that same 
album I was speaking on change, right? I, I had a line over a Don Cannon beat. I said, nigga snitching, not a citizen reporting a crime, but a nigga that got caught that made up his mind. You ain't a man, you don't stand up and do your time. So my whole, my whole concept of snitching, a civilian can't be a snitch. It is what it is. If you the old lady, niggas is terrorizing your neighborhood, making it unsafe for your grandchildren and all this, and you call the police, hey, these niggas is out here selling drugs and shooting on the block, that's not snitching. Snitching is you out here shooting niggas, selling drugs, you didn't get caught, and now you turn around and you done told on somebody. You feel what I'm saying? To me, that's what snitching is. You're not snitching if you not a player in the game. You can only snitch if you're a player in the game. Other than that, they just reporting a crime. You see what I'm saying? So I, I think you're right about <laughs> That's that. telling versus snitching. That's right. That's right. Facts. Facts. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I yield on that. And you know what? Since since you uh since you came off my uh DJ, this might be something that you might want to uh address. For because, sure. No, 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 no. Let, let me let me just let me let me give you a little let me give you a little angle on it. I think there's an economic part to it also, because I know that there's a certain behavior that you have. Like, for instance, I've seen it with my eyes and I've been the person. You peeing because you grow up in that environment. You pee in the staircase, you pee in the elevator shaft. Flip side if you're lucky enough or you, you know, sharp enough or whatever, things line up for you, you, you escape the hood, you wind up, get a little house for your family. Now it's yours. Now on the flip side, you ready to shoot animal, person, possum, whatever. If they even drop a piece of paper on your prop, you know what I'm saying? Like, so there's a, there's a space where it's like, yeah, you're doing certain things because you're in the projects, you paying rent. You're not even probably paying rent. That's, that's what I, there's a whole nother level. That's see, that's what I'm saying. You might have an angle on it because there's levels beneath paying rent. Like people think it's you, you paying mortgage or paying rent. no. You could be, you know, doing some other, you know, Section 8. And I feel like the more you get removed from the ownership, the more, you know, the less liable you are to take care of. I don't know. Would you Go ahead, DJ. You, that's your shit. No, um, I completely concur with that statement. And like just come from somebody who actually grew up in the west side of Detroit, <coughs> I've also, I grew up in military bases, so I've been able to see all these different communities and demographics and how people care for where they come from versus how it seems as if they don't because of the lack of ownership that they have in these societies. And then this triggers over into the way people start to treat the other people in the community just because of the lack of community that we have. So just, there are multiple components that downplay into the reason why Thuggy is the way he is on top of, like I actually wrote this in my notes um, from Bone Thugs and Harmony. Crazy Bone actually recently went out of all the years of him doing music, came out about a 1990 meeting. I was born like 1990. He came out in 1990 meeting that was had with some his ex and they actually had made the decision in order to make hip hop or rap start going in such a negative aspect to where the music will start consciously making people want to commit crimes and then this will start increasing private prisons um incomes 
So this is the reason why we're dealing with this current RICO situation because of that particular 1990 meeting, because now they started selecting people like one of the people within our um, company, um, Hakeem Green, shout out to him, big up to Madism. And you know, he did the song with Karis, wake up in the morning with an earner for your. So fam actually turned down a record deal because they wanted him to rap about drugs and murder. Same thing that Marvo said. So, uh, and this is early nineties when they're right after they had this meeting. So this is exactly what they have been planning. And now we're at a position to where everybody think it's cool to commit, like commit crimes, do drugs, shoot, talk negative about women versus, you know, like conscious rap is in all honesty, it sucks fam. Don't nobody want to hear that. We, but music is a universal language and it's relative, but if you make it interesting, you know, like if the beat hit, it's just, it's, it's unfortunate the way that our minds are right now. And it's going to be interesting, but I personally, I don't know. Yeah, because that, look, even when you look at the rappers, it, huh? even when you look at the rappers, it's hard to get the young generation to respect the guys that made the integrity decisions because the integrity decision usually comes with less money and less flash. So when you make the integrity decision and you decide, okay, I'm gonna do this, or I'm gonna raise my kids, or the person that makes the slime ball decision that's got a car to stand next to or some jewelry or some outfits or something, the children are gonna be more, you know, so it's gotta be like a consistent, you know what I'm saying? It gotta be like a consistent thing. It's because the money, we already know what it is. The money is associated with it because unless the individual who's making the proper decisions, unless they're going to put money into their marketing, you are going to see <laughs> everybody's going to lean towards rap and NBA and all of these, these societies that are being funneled and paid for by other nationalities that don't look like us. And then they're able to program and say what it is that we can do and can't do because we're contractually tied to these people so when you when you do a Kyrie Irving and you make a post because you wear the NBA on your on your clothing you can't say these things because your image is attached to that brand you're this is contractual slavery and we're doing it and the money's attached to it and that's what the children think is popping so unless we gonna create another system that's gonna continuously go 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 so that shit, it got to stop. But like, I don't believe gonna snitch. That's, I don't believe, I don't believe most of them are snitching. Omitting information and saying that it wasn't you does not necessarily make you a snitch. That leaves it up to the prosecution in order for wow. them to be actually guilty. Because Ooh. at that time, proximity does not actually mean you're guilty. Because they try and say, because it was in the vehicle, they try and use the proximity law. That is not the same as being on your person. Okay, hold up, man. I, yo, this shit. So Crumb, Crumb just started this. I don't. Crumb that got Crumb quiet in the cut somewhere, but he just started this shit off. So now here's the second round. I guess DJ is coming with the heat this time, turning shit up. See, these is the controversial statements that people gonna keep arguing about later on after the video is finished. So we got Crumb. We got, I gotta start writing some of this shit down. We got, I gotta write these things down so I can remember them. We got crumb on the record. Young thug need, need to go to jail forever. <laughs> we got DJ on the record that he don't believe that Gunner and them is snitching 
just because they taking plea deals. That right there might be the hottest take of the show. We're going to see. We're going to see who can one up. Who, you know what I'm saying? That's a quiet. That's that's. I don't know. That might be my testosterone. Just, but I always think you know. So I don't know. Just competition. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So far we got. Well, Crumb was in the lead. I don't know. DJ might be. I don't know. But that's where we at so far. We opened up the mic. Which I got family. One one thousand percent. If now 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 the thing is this to me is a is young thug in on them taking the pleas. B was gonna a civilian in 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 like oh I'm just a rapper and I don't really I don't really partake and what's going on, or C, did you benefit off any of the crime that was happening during during the gang violence? Did you benefit, did you have any say-so, any what? Just knowledge of makes you guilty, for one. And for two, if I'm sitting, here, sitting up here saying, look, this is a record label, this is a record label, I don't know what you're talking about, it's not a gang. And you go in there and say, yeah, it's the gang. I know it admits you. You told. That's that's one thousand percent, hundred and ten percent snitching. That's snitching. That's snitching. That's telling. That's ratting. You're Wait, rat. Hold you, on, hold on. Let me ask you, you this though, Caso. Let me ask you self survival. This. Hold on. You put a self survival. That's yourself before everybody else. That's called dry snitching. It, whatever. It's snitching. I'm fighting for. Snitching I'm over here fighting for where, my life. Where, where the dry is still snitching. It's still snitching. We. I'm trying. I'm. I'm saying this. This is a this is a legal business. This is a legal business. And then you get up here, my number one man, and say, "No, nah, yeah, I know it's uh, I know of uh, crimes commit. Yes, we're a gang, and I know wait, crimes." Wait, I still got it. Wait, I got another question for you because you you how, just put an idea in my mind. Hold on. Does, how is that not telling? That's what wait, I wait. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. I, I know you flowing. Hold on, I know you flowing. I got a question for you. The question is this, and that, I guess it's for you first, but then anybody can answer it. Is it possible for Gunner specifically, but this is anybody in Gunner situation, but is it possible for Gunner specifically, even if he never committed crimes, is it possible for him after wearing the bandanas and the red and flashing the guns in the videos and the, you know, the guns on social media and all that. Is it possible to say that you're not a part of the crime after pretending to be? Hey, like, hey Inky, if, if your wife, if your wife, all right, if your wife, you was a drug dealer, your wife knew you was a drug dealer. She benefited, she drove Range Rovers, she went on shopping sprees man, and everything. Man. And they pulled her to the side and was like, Hey, tell on him or we finna lock you up. Is that snitching? Because that's how I feel like about the question you just asked about Gunner. Like, <laughs> nigga, you benefiting from all this. You knew what was going on. Because if you if you had a problem with it, you would have been like, like, if my woman didn't like it, she'd have been like, baby, I'm out. I ain't with all this drug. I'm not going to be with a drug dealer. You feel what I'm saying? So one thousand percent. No, yeah, but did so he benefit that's, that's from Brother Marvo? No, no, no. Brother Marvo, did he benefit from that, or did he benefit from the acts of or the intellectual property of his music? Because he been rapping since high school, bro. Same like you. Was it his music that he benefited from, and then that was just yeah, a secondary yeah, he, he part of it? 
No, no. Okay, so wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. Let me ask DJ a question, Marvo. Are you trying to say that maybe Gunner is like a Takashi where he's like, you saying like he's like a good kid and the gang got a hold of him and try and, and moved him around? Bro, that's most of these people. These people ain't no gun busters. Like, Bro, I, I'm going to tell you something without saying too much because I'm not no snitch. But I know people around Gunner and I know that I can I can literally confess that Gunner has participated in some very scrupulous activities. I'm going to say it like that. Now, you, you see what I'm saying? So, and you are rich, and, and this ain't none of that street stuff I'm talking about, but, but my point is that um, for me, you know, it, it's all fun and games until the feds come out. One Everybody is with that's the my, That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You can't, that, so my point is this. That's what I'm, I'm saying I'm that my point is neutral to either whether you believe he's snitching or whether you believe he's not snitching. I'm saying that you can't be you can't be posing with niggas with the guns and all that and selling the gun music with the gun lyrics and then say later on, oh man, these guys are, you know, because. Now we could take it to a whole nother level, and then we'll really see who was outside, who was outside. Now, so, did y'all? Hold on. You got, you I know got the from video. New York. Wait a minute, listen to this. I know from New York that you can't even do no shows on the road without a certain amount of muscle with you to hold you down because you're alone in these cities. So when you go in stage to stage, you got to have at least two or three animals with you. And then you got to have uh, like at least three or four goons with you. But the goons are half animal, half cerebral. The animals, they just, you know, you just point. They just, they probably already got like 11 felonies. Their life is already over. They just want to do, they just want to use their last strike to help you do something that they consider positive in the community. You know what I'm saying? Like this is this, we know that this is to be a fact. So how do you place that all in relationship to each other when we know the reality, there has to be some sort of, there has to be violence in order for the music to, you know, like to secure like this. So just being real, where do we find the balance? Go ahead and now pass it back. Just stop rapping. Birds of a feather flock together, man. Um, I carry a gun every day. Thank the creator. I'll never have to shoot nobody. It's about what you do and what you attract. And it's really like because they carry that much jury in this social economic system that we walk around here, a lot of people rob them and they're entitled to protect themselves and their assets. So like it was a situation with Sauce Walker. Somebody tried to rob that young man and he laid him down. So in respect to their profession and the craft that they also are part of, they have the right to defend themselves. So I don't feel like um, them having security is necessarily bad, but it, the issue is in the root, like how um, DT said earlier, it's in the root, it's the music, it's what's being projected and it's what the people so. are rocking with. That's bottom line, that's bottom line. That, that, it's that energy you keep putting that music, you drawing out, you drawing that activity to you, you drawing it to you. Yeah. Yes, and yeah, the, the 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 ice makes it worse. The, the the jury and all that other stuff makes it makes it more. But still, that the energy you put in your music make people. I'm gonna try you. I'm you. 
you you popping ops and all this other crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's right. the energy. And, and, and look at this. Um, check it out, right? Like, understand this part of it, right? Okay, you got killers around you, and you know you got killers. You brag about it, you rap about it. So again, this that benefit stuff that I'm talking about. Like, I, like again, yes, you, you, you are, you might be a talented rapper, and you might know how to make hit songs, but you know the niggas around you. Oh man, bro, gonna blow that thing, and you bragging about it, and you rapping about it. To me, that makes you a part of it because, see, what I learned is it's an intention. A nigga stealing to feed his family, God ain't mad at him. You feel what I'm saying? But it's saying in the Bible, if he get caught, he gotta pay it back sevenfold. Feel what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, nigga, you just robbing to be robbing. Y'all niggas ain't you over here robbing and then you going to the Gucci store. Nigga, you you deserve whatever's coming to you. And I'm not saying that that anybody because I don't I don't wish jail on anybody. But at the same time, if you like like if you are out here sending hits on people, you know, we hear about it all the time. I can use Lil Dirk, for example. They you you know I, they say they put the bag up and they got niggas killed. Then your brother get killed. Now you crying. Feel what I'm saying? At the end of the day, like for me, if I'm gonna be a part of a criminal enterprise, right? Because we know what these things are, right? Because I'm from the streets. You know, I'm, I grew up in the gang culture and all that type of stuff. And it was times where listen, it's been times even recently where something popped off and. We was just trying to protect some one of my relatives' house, and the feds got photos of all us walking out the house with guns. You know, I carry a gun too, but but I'm legit with mine. It's a little bit different, so ain't much you can do unless you I shoot somebody, and then you know uh, they catch up with me on that on the back end. Nine times out of ten, I'm gonna call the police if I pop you. You know what I'm saying? Hey, come get this nigga! I shot him. But but my point is that um, for gunner, you know what I'm saying? I, I just I feel like, and even with the Takashi, you know, that's a different situation. Cause now I could really say that he might've been some little boy just capping and, you know, you can tell he was immature, right? But for somebody like a gunner, and again, I don't know him personally. It, it seems to me like you kind of had ends on, cause again, you said it's a game. And yes, I, I've been a witness to, to street and illegal activity. And if you ask me, if you riding around with these niggas, you know what I'm saying? Birds of a feather flock together. Bro, so now remember, he, didn't, he didn't say that. Remember, he the woman, she spoke it and then she was like, do you agree to these same, words? Same, same, like, same, no, 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 no. It's can't, not. Can't it that, is not. Yes, you can. Because okay, what the woman say? Let me hear what the woman said. Go ahead, DJ. Bro, I, I so it's it. like because you know how it go when we run mock court and stuff, bro. And like going right. through the actual aspect, some of these words did not actually come out of his mouth. He all he did was confirm yes or no to certain things. She when she asked was YSL the gang, and he said yes. And then she went over a whole statement of these things and this and this and this. And then he was and then she was like, "Do you remember this?" And he was like, "Yes." So she was <laughs> questioning him in order so he can fulfill his plea agreement so his ass can get out of right, prison. Right, right, right. So, so and then multiple of his team did. Let me let me give you an example then. Hey, Marvo, did this did John Doe have some bricks in his trunk? Yes. <laughs> That's snitching, bro. Wait, bro. Hold on, hold on, that, wasn't hold on. that wasn't the question. She asked him. She was like, 
was there a firearm or was there drugs in the vehicle? Wait, hold on, hold on, because we we gonna get stuck here. Look, we gonna go back to the video. We gonna. I'm about to say you got the video. We need to. Yeah, we gonna come back because we got we got a lot. We got a lot of video. Listen, that's the new. I think that's the. That, I think that's the new generation, man. Where they to where they feel like if yes, if it's rules to snitching. It's rules. No, it's yes, it's telling. rules. Yeah, it's rules to it. Like it's it's. That's no, why I was no. saying maybe I believe I'm too old school to. Yeah, yeah, we the old uh, to um. Listen, they the make up their own rules. That no, new generation make their own rules. We read the law. And we know no. <laughs> we can get in. That's listen, the difference. I got right? one question. Do you think his confession helps or hurts young thug? Hurts. Hurts. Ask him. Does he think, yeah. do you think the confession helps or hurt young thug case? Oh, it definitely hurts. I'm about to say that hurts, but everybody no, no, we asked. Let him, let him, let him. What's the name? Let DJ ask. No, DJ it, said it, it hurts. It hurts his case. But okay, they're, nah, they're not this how works. Everybody, no, no, the old schools, charge. the old schools have to school the youngster on this. This is how snitching works. No, you if can't. You said school, anything unless, unless you're the Somebody else in the case. If you said, if you, if you present any type of information, confess, say yes. Or however, anything to further the conviction of your your co-defendants, you snitched, brother. You snitched. That's what that no, is. Bro. I'm trying to change it and make it something hey, different. Let, let, let me no. chime in though. If you're helping the prosecutor, prosecutor, you are cooperating. If you are helping hold the on, prosecutor, Caso, hold on, Caso. We we got we got you we got just we got your statement <laughs> we got your statement on the record <laughs> and we got hey, DJ's statement on the record so hold yes. on let's get the brother that hasn't really chimed in and then we're gonna go back to the video yeah bro hey one thing I'm gonna say about this shit if all these people have got all these statements Young Thug know what's going on right. If Young Thug from the bottom say, hey, look, man, it's real ugly. They get all kind of shit. Hey, go, go take a plea, because they nailing me anyway. I Save y'all family. Save y'all self. It's justifiable if it come down from the head. Outside of that, it's snitching. Fact. Facts. There you go. There you go. There you go. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. OK, but see, look, that's a stipulation, though. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. We don't like know. Until Young Thug say- We don't know, exactly. We, we don't know. Until Young Thug say, man, I, I, I told them, man, go ahead. Man, I'm out of here, do what they gonna do. Then that's this. So look, so see, that's why I was saying the new school gotta do, they got a point. They got a different, I no. don't agree with the point. I'm saying, but no, they, they got a point. they just changing the rules. They just no, changing the, the rules of snitching. But it's yeah, for they, they like trying to make hey, it a gray area. And it's not hey, no gray hey, area. I, it's not a cold, you, it's black or white. That's how you run an organization. You don't let uh, the whole thing <laughs> fall. You let one person take the fall. Everybody else go home and make money and take care of the families. Oh my so god. People don't know business. <laughs> do you, do you so I can't it? argue with people who want to do business. Hey, can I, um, we, well, hey, well, hey. we don't have that's why they don't have no business being in no type of criminal organization oh, whatsoever because of that mindset, right? Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Save yourself, my man. We out oh, here. Sure. Uh, Inky, uh, after you play the video, 
can I chime in? Because I want to piggyback on what the brothers no, everybody no, you can saying. Chime right. You chime in right now. Piggyback and veggie back. I, I yeah, say, yeah, I yeah, say, yeah. I say, veggie I back. say. Yeah, all right, we veggie back. All right, all right. So, uh, shout so shout to Los for say that's Los. Los. <laughs> uh, I say, I say, Los. I say. So, so, uh, so, real quick. First off, um, dealing with Atlanta law, I don't know enough about it, but I know if you take an alpha plea, I'm. I feel like the lawyers can't bring in his it was a certain plea that he actually took it's called an alpha plea where you're not saying that you're guilty and you're saying that they don't have enough evidence uh to convict you or to say that you uh you did it or you didn't do it right so with that being said i like this to me personally i i study codes i feel like this is a whole is this is a psyop right the whole situation right it seems uh with uh the uh with with uh, the Megan Thee Stallion situation going on right now, dealing with the same gun, gun situation, with these groups and with everything that y'all are saying, even even bringing up the argument where you see the younger brother having a different argument than some of the older brothers is enough to put that thought process into to move the goalposts of what you consider to be snitching and telling. Thanks. And even if, when you bring in uh, the, the Akashi situation, uh, I mean, B, um, BMF, all those freaking... Uh, those freaking um uh those auto fifty cent shows that, that is always talking code and talking law talking um they the hardest dudes on there always talking to the police they're always dealing with the police it it, it very that seems go that all now the way back and look that go all the way back to the wire where the hardest guy in the show was not only you know with the police but say, he was you know I, I say I say and different. so and so with that being with that being said. Well, even if he, even if, if it was agreeable or not agreeable, it still seems psyopic in the way that they're they're letting these people out for because you've never heard of even though it's a state RICO, someone getting a time serve on a six six months in on a time serve on a RICO charge. Hold on, hold on, DC. hold on, wait, 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 wait. Before you even say you never heard of, I have never, I have never heard of getting fifteen years of probation. I have never heard of giving the person that actually does the crime uh, probation so you could lock up a nigga that sang a song about the crime. The, 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 that to me is insane. Like, this is like, oh yeah, I was getting ready to kill somebody for Young Thug and Young Thug ain't even know nothing about it because I ain't even asked him about it yet. I was getting ready to do it though and then I was going to ask him about it later on and the, the, the judge is like, oh yeah, you, you go on to the house. You, you straight you, thousand years probation though you don't worry about this 30, 35 years probation i'm like what the i'll say I, all, I thought probation that, had limits i didn't think you could just throw yeah. probation around well like most most and well in, 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 in my in my city uh five years is the max that you can get but i can't speak for anybody same else as new york but I, same as new york i would say i would say in washington dc i i um i'm old enough i'm 44 years old i'm old enough to have been around and i've known uh, some very, very major players in here, and some of them have been very close friends and family. I've seen people tell on RICO charges and get nine years. The one that told. You understand that? The one that tells on RICO usually gets smoke, gets the nine, 10, 12 years. The one he tells on gets 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years. So they're dealing in months. And so that's that seems that seems a lot to for us as as people of unconscious communities to realize even when we argue in these uh different sides of the coin we got to see the bigger picture that they're 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 doing uh, a psyop to 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 even present this uh it's fat into the uh, into it to put this chaos into it take it back I'll to 
Take it back to I T.I. Said. I said. Peace, peace. Can y'all hear me? Peace, peace. Yeah. Can we hear you, brother? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. We can hear you. All right, peace, peace. Uh, it's Sunday great. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm late to the late to the chat. Salute, uh, uh, salute to everybody on the chat. Hey, me, I, I'm digging what y'all saying. But you take it back to T.I., there's absolutely no way T.I. gets out. How does T.I. get out? You know what I'm saying? We were talking about this, me, Malik Kalam, back in the day. You know, we used to call him Clifford the Big Red Dog. You know, down here, the Red Dog is the po was the police. Snicker named Clifford, right? On his wow. first album, he says, he says, the judge see me again, he going to throw the book at me. He gets two other charges after that first album. And one of them is a gun charge. With a, you're a felony with a gun charge and you got a grenade or fucking grenade in your office. Your office that you have to use your thumbprint to open. It's yours, my dude. Ain't nobody put it in there. You did that. He gets out in a year and a half. They set the precedent to show him in Atlanta because they knew what they was doing. Remember, they built the sidewalk before we was coming. They knew we was coming. They know where we walk. This is propaganda tactics and work. Like, like the brother was saying, this is a psyop, but the whole thing is, including including uh, 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 Takashi. Young Thug was the vision that they wanted to bring. Bring the, 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 uh, the special people together with the thug-ass people together, and he was the combination. So he's the one that they got to show and take it. They put him there, they got to put him down. All of this is propaganda work. All of this is behind the scenes. Ain't, ain't but four people running this whole shit. So yeah. They're getting the orders down. Takashi been an agent. He's a he's a felon. He's a he's a child molesting felon. When he gets out and people start to know who he is, and he's telling you he's untouchable. The only way you untouchable is if the government says I got your back. So in your mind you good. It ain't no gang shit. You know in a gang you can get touched by the other gang. So you ain't untouchable unless the government tells you you're untouchable. This is all part of that situation, but it's always been part of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, even admitted. He he admitted to uh he openly wow. admitted, you know what I'm saying, to you know, to them charges, you know what I'm saying? He but we, he we need to he be talking about we need if we're talking about like really a solution, it's the character of the people. The character in the, it, it, it is isn't it the the quality well, let me say of, this. It's missing I, I, because the character of the people is missing. Look, we still got a lot more stuff to cover. So let me say this before I go back to the video. Um, just on the where we at right now with it. I think that for some of us, there's going to be some amount of debate all the way up until Young Thug gets processed because here's the thing. We could go back and forth with some of these nuances of legal strategy, um, which is there's a space for that versus hardcore old school ideals, which there's a space for. But the thing is this, we're going to find out exactly what's what when Young Thug finally go and then they have to... We see who goes on and takes the stand. Because see, if they got to go and take the stand and say those same things that they signed them papers for, <laughs> the doubt, if any, will be removed at that point because they're going to have to... 
Yeah, because you're gonna have to you're gonna have to sit on that stand and say woozy woozy woo 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 woo. And I think that might possibly be the catch 22 where even if there is some legal strategy to it, because the remember the prosecutor got all the evidence, so most of it thrown out. You know what I'm saying? So really all they're working with now is these games that they playing by giving away. Otherwise, I've never seen no cases where they tell people that attempted murder that they could go home. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, Rico or not, I, I, like I, maybe I'm just not that educated in the space, but I've never seen them sending folks home like that afternoon. I'm talking about they looking at their watches. Like, so, I mean, like you could be at the, you could be at the house. You could watch the rest of this with the family tonight. Like we can get you out of here and processed right now. Like, so I'm just saying you know it's that? all different. They do that. They do that when they like, for instance, the cat, the cat who who uh who they say shot Malcolm X. His his record was ridiculous. He should have never seen the streets. But they do that when you work with. Him. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. History says they do that when you work with. Him. Why do we buy so many of these little things that we know we're not gonna take thirty five different pills and everybody mute up, please. We'll take all them things every day. <laughs> Now, there's Blue Magic. Nougat, Sabies Herbs, Inky's Herbs, the Harmine Herbs, Key Irish Mosses, and much more. Each spoonful with no capsules for just $65. Period. You just got to have the nutrients. So are you going to pay $1,000 to have this nutrient profile circulating in your blood? Or are you going to pay $65 and you get all these herbs and the vegan vitamin D3, the harming for your pancreas, the seaweeds from the cold water, and your mother? Everybody was quiet. Until he put that goddamn dress on. The world went fucking crazy. The whole world went crazy. You had other artists putting on a goddamn kilts, because that's all it was. You understand? So now, understand this, the dress situation, so that you all would be clear on that. The dress situation got him a million dollars. I don't want to tell on him, because somebody might try to come kill, kill me or someone in my family. I don't want to tell on him because somebody might try to come kill, kill me or someone in my family. I'm a cow. I'm a cow. I'm not. I'm a cow. I'm a cow. I'm not a cat. I don't say no. I'm a cow. 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 So are you going to pay a thousand?
$1,000 to have this nutrient profile circulating in your blood, or you're going to pay $65. Why are they not created equal? They found that Delta tocotrienol specifically regulate cholesterol synthesis, the making of cholesterol, followed by gamma. That's the first thing. And when they combine any of these vitamin E, only delta and gamma when combined are synergistic. And another point is that they found that alpha tocopherol, the most common form of vitamin E, does not work. And lastly, when they use alpha tocopherol with the tocotrienol, the alpha tocopherol actually interferes and messed up the function of tocotrienol. And then the second area in research is in cancer. And in the cancer area, uh, the jury is still out, but to date we found that tocotrienol work in four particular cancers, breast, prostate, skin, and pancreas. And there are many proposals saying how tocotrienol work on cancer. Tocotrienol work to cut the vessel growth, essentially to starve the tumor to death. I thought that's a very interesting concept and it's gaining a lot of scientific understanding. And two, unlike all the other vitamin E forms, only delta and gamma tocotrienol recruit itself to the tumor, to the cancer site, and in order to kill the cancer. We were hoods. We represent our hoods. And y'all heard all the songs that got that shit in. Let me tell y'all something, ladies and gentlemen. And Big Jeff said this, quoted, unquoted. Big Jeff said this, and I don't care who got a problem with it. There is no such thing as a damn gang in Atlanta. In Georgia, period, to me. Because I've never had to live it. To me, the definition of gang in, in, in Georgia is a bunch of scared niggas in a group. Because one-on-one, I guarantee you, a lot of us sitting right here on this, on this, on this internet right now. One on one, you wouldn't fight. Somebody hit you in your shit, you gonna grab a gun, cause you can't fight. Let's be men. Let's fight. Let's fight. But now, if I'm with five other people. You ain't got to hit me in my shit. Yeah, why? Well, I'm gonna hit you and y'all because I got what? I got help. I got help. But how many of us have been in this situation? When your homeboy or your homegirl called you and said, hey, I'm having some issues. And you said, man, I'm finna pull up. And you pull up and you get there and you looking and you you look at the person that they getting into it with. You said you called me for this shit. You mean to tell me you couldn't handle this right here? That means they're scared. Back in the day, the old folks used to call that one is scared and the other glad of it. Cause don't ever want to want to fight. If they were gonna fight, ladies and gentlemen, they'd have been fighting after they'd have called you after the fight was over. Do you get that? <clears throat> Facts. So everybody ain't fighting. Everybody's not killers. Majority of the people who hang around money are people who wants to be. And that's their way of trying to want to be. And that's to hang around you 
and trying to absorb you. I have a question, um, Big Jeff. This is Kiki at the bottom. How you doing? How you doing? So I want to speak kind of musically. So the last album that we know um, Jeffrey put out was Punk. Do you know anything about um, where the status of, of, of his music is right now? Like what is the um, the next project release? Is it being pushed back? What, what can we look forward to as fans? Well, everything is being pushed back right now because he's not here. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, and I'm sorry for that. Because he did have an album that he was about to release. Mm-hmm. And, it, and that album would have really told you how he feels. You know what I'm saying? Because of all the losses we have had in the last couple of months. That's his way of releasing his 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 mentality of how he's taking it. Right. You know what I'm saying? You know, so, you know, but it's, it's still going to be released. You know what I'm saying? You know, we just got to go through this storm right now. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Hey, whatever the outcome be, hey, man, I'm willing to live with it. That's the street. That's how it go. I'm willing to live with it. And also, um, Big Jeff, if you want to speak to, one of the things that Young Thug was in the middle of, Young Thug was in the middle of pulling back as an artist. He has a huge responsibility. His record label, YSL, is responsible for the careers of at least 20 other artists that signed to them, including his brother, his sisters, cousins, kids that they grew up with, other talented artists that they've been around. So he was in the middle of pulling back himself a little bit to put the shine on the artists that are signed to him. He has a huge responsibility. YSL is a huge music organization. Music organization, record label, business, LMC. And to piggyback what CJ is saying is, along with his artists, I also have my artists that I'm trying to push. So we are a real busy record company. Yes, sir. And he allows me, he's my boss. He allows me to do what I do, to give back on our behalf. And he supports it. Last year, last year, we lost over $300,000 and I ain't telling y'all business, I'm telling you the truth because I'm keeping it real. And it was all on me pushing the artists that I decided to put on my label. But he supported it. We took a loss. I got a quick question, uh, Big Jeff. Um, if if Young Thug was able to come out of this situation favorably, would the music change, or or do you not see a correlation to maybe like um, okay? Because this one thing I, I hear this comparison constantly, like. The other genres of music where they have violence in it. Yeah, I hear a, a, compar- a, a comparison to movies where Arnold Schwarzenegger or these action yeah. heroes kill people in the movie. Yeah. But I think the thing that we don't mention is that these actors and these other genres of music, they make it clear to everybody um, in every interview and every way possible that it's just a act. 
you know, I think it becomes different when we make sure that we are showing the guns and we're saying, nah, this is not we belong to this gang and we belong to that gang. And so it, do you not feel that there's a point where if we keep saying, because earlier you said, do we hear any of this come from Young Thug? I think those of us that heard the music all these years, we definitely heard um, a lot of um, self-admission to criminal acts and criminal affiliations. Do, do you not think that that is a big issue of what's going on right now? Because he said, do that mean he's actually admitting to something? Because he said, do that mean he's actually admitting to something? You know, you know, he also, like I said earlier, he also said something about a lot of things that has taken place in his own life. You know, now, what if he made an album and he spoke on how many times he has had a threat on has had a threat on his life? Then everybody will say, well, he's just trying to say that so he can cover this. Bullshit. You understand? I don't know, you know, when, when you leave your boss, your man, when you leave your mom and your dad's nest, they don't know what the hell you do in the street. They don't know you understand? So the only thing we can do is support it when you get in something or when something happens and we have to come to your rescue. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not looking for the truth. I'm not looking for the untruth. I'm just being real. I'm, in, I'm accepting life. Because this is a part of life. This is a part of being who you are. Now, I'm going to go out the rep to give you a better understanding. We had a man who lived for years as an entertainer. Went through God knows what and then died. Still getting the blame for something that no one was able to prove. Michael Jackson. This was a man ran out of his own country to where he had to go to other countries to be happy. Why is that only in our country? That a black man can't be successful and be happy. The system just released Bill Cosby behind allegations that were put on him from 40 goddamn years ago. My point is, regardless of what you do, young man, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, like I said earlier, the system still say your ass still black. Sorry. Let me ask you this question then, um, because I, I've actually um, been bringing a lot of attention to that very thing right there. Um, I don't think that, I think that we as a people, we need to have a much more clearer understanding of what black means, because I, I've had conversations, but like last night, I don't, you know, I ain't going to say the other people, because I know that on Clubhouse, I'm learning the rules, even in Clubhouse, it's like, dang, they're saying there's another rule, because there's, you know, but, but my thing is, is there's not a real understanding or consensus of what it means to be black. So a lot of people think that black is criminal culture. They think black culture is going in and out of jail. They think the rights of ashes is catching a body or talking like, you know, talking like you in that space. And then 
it even goes that's a step further because that's a false narrative. That's a false narrative. I'm talking about, bro. Not everybody think that because you're black. That's a false narrative. Everybody believes that or thinks that because I don't. But the problem is that, that there are some people that do. So what I'm saying is, is as black people, I think it is our responsibility to create the right narrative so that we step forward on what this is what black is and this isn't what black is. I think that we are the ones that need to determine that. So and that's my protest. That's, that's what I'm speaking on. That's why I say we got to make them realize the, the system is not going to realize because you got you got people all all goddamn. You don't change the system, brother. You got to change yourself as people. That's why we really up to the Let him land his mind. Yeah. I'm listening. I can hear you. I was just saying that to me, man, I've been listening to y'all, man. I just feel like everybody's talking around, but you personally, when it comes to this, before talking about people, bro. It's all about us and our disease, man. We got to get right with self first in order to project the outside influence. You got to get right within self first. You got to get your mind, your culture, and yourself together first before you can make anybody else respect who you are. You have to respect your own blackness. You have to respect yourself. You see what I'm saying? Once you start projecting that, that's just like a man. When you a man, you don't have to speak that you're a man. Your actions, the way you walk, the way you carry yourself, gonna say you a man. We have to project blackness, bro. When y'all talk, when, when y'all talk about black, I heard nobody talk about nothing but gangs, this gang culture, this tough shit. That's not black. Y'all trying to associate everything that's negative or that's supposed to be so hip hop with blackness, and that's not blackness. And I agree. Let me let me let me ask you a question, Big Jeff. Let me ask you a question, though. I agree with you a hundred percent. And that's the mentality, and that's the movement that I'm trying to form, so that we can show them that we're not just what they think of us. I think that the music plays a role in that. Like, maybe we need to change the music because if we keep saying that we drug dealers and we killers and we drug dealers and we killers and we drug dealers and we killers, there has to be a point where people believe us. Okay. Now, let me tell you this. CJ is one of my A&Rs, right? I'm going to let her tell you how many times I have spoke on that within our unit. You understand? And this is the feedback that you're going to get, young man, because I got it. Will Daddy, Will Pops, Will OG, I'm not your damn OG. This is what people want to hear. And that's where they wind up falling out. They're trying to say things to what people want to hear. You understand? It's been it's been several times I have walked in the studio, listened to some tracks, and I have asked them, why in the hell would y'all be saying shit like that? Y'all don't need to have that shit on them song. Pop, that would you folk want to hear. Yeah, that would they might want to hear. But after so long, you gotta say something different. You gotta do something different. Now, slime is 30 years old now. And you can hear it in his music now that he's transformed. He's transformed. You know, the songs that you all like are the songs that have that bullshit in it. 
But you had some songs that he's expressing his damn heart in. And no one listened to him like that. You understand what I'm saying? But as soon as they make these songs with these hardcore-ass beats and put some hardcore shit to it, everybody jumping out the club work. I'm an R&B man. I want to hear some smooth. I want to hear y'all that express your little, your little bullshit, little lives and all that, because you're you going to fall in love for a, long, a lot of times. When you hurt the girl. I like hearing that. But do, but do your age group like hearing that? Well, well, I'll say this. I'm not sure that um, the, the the children or the youth or the, the, the younger folks today are able to get to it because our executives, you know, I mean, if you know anything about the music, you know it takes a lot to push these songs and really make these songs pop. You gotta put you gotta put a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand behind a song to get it to pop. So in the nineties, maybe there was a space where we could say, you know what, white folks, white folks, white folks, but now we have enough black executives where you know some of the responsibility, we gotta kind of put on put this responsibility on ourselves to to an extent, no? And let me back you up right there. We're not just gonna say white folk, white folk, white folk. We're going to say, Yo, excuse me, can I say purple, please? Yes, purple. Please. And we'll, I, 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 Sorry about that. Yeah, we're going to say purple, because I went cool with that nigga. Okay. I told, I told my kids and all the people that's a part of me, I don't want to hear music just for one particular group of people. I want you to make music for everybody, because you are what they call an entertainer. So you have, when you're an entertainer, you have to entertain everybody, everybody. You have to. That's what make that's what make you get to where you're supposed to be. Let me tell you something, little fella. Jeffrey Lamar Williams, the second, I'm the first. Has a 98 to 2 minority fan base. And it's been like that for the last seven, eight years. You understand what I'm saying? So it's not just it's not just us that's enjoying this shit he's saying and doing. But you ain't gonna hear that. You understand what I'm saying? You're not going to hear that. When you go, if you if you rewind the film and look at some of his, a, a lot of his concerts, you'll see more than more of them than us. You will see purple. I think that's always been the case. They they're the ones that really support the the, the, t the ticket sales and the merchandise and the, and the shows and the concerts. But my point is this: I guess taking it a step further, right? Because even like owning your masters, you, you, you notice that, for instance, um, Tupac presented himself a certain type of way, but his song spoke more to a human experience, and therefore his masters are worth a lot more money because the songs. You know, the, the longevity, you know, the, it, it's a different type of longevity to these to the music. And so, like, a lot of people making a big deal out of owning masters right now, a lot of these masters are not even really worth anything outside of three to five years because they got such a short lifespan. Yeah. 
Um, so, so, so my point is, is do you see like, again, you know, like, even like you said, you have your own separate artists. Are you cultivating artists personally that have a different sound to them? Or even are your artists that you are personally signing? Are they also saying that they are gang members, killers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Et cetera? Okay, let me hone it on one second. Yeah. So going back to the music, what Big Jeff was saying, and he's absolutely right. I'm going to give you a perfect example. Y'all remember this artist, Kia or Kaya, K-H-I-A. Kaya was a very positive artist doing a lot of positive things. Didn't nobody want to hear her. She went and threw out a song, My Neck, My Back, Lick My... That's the biggest record. So it is. There's a whole culture of kids trying to be cool. There's a whole culture of kids not wanting to talk about stay in school. What? Whatever, because they feel who's gonna listen? Who's gonna buy that? What? Whatever, because they feel who's gonna listen? Who's gonna buy that? What? stay in school and whatever because they feel who's gonna listen who's gonna buy that how many people in the audience now is gonna go and get a record how many of y'all get gospel there's positive music out there there's clean music out there how many of y'all get gospel there's positive music out there there's clean music out there how many of y'all get gospel there's positive music out there there's clean music out there how many of y'all get gospel there's positive music out there there's clean music out there they're gravitating towards is all the street stuff and all the street lingo lingo and then if you really think about it these artists and the writers because not all artists write everything sometimes it's not them writing these lyrics that we're saying oh they're in a gang they're this true that that may have been a writer a ghost writer a real writer a so another artist but what everybody's gravitating towards is all the trendy stuff that makes you feel like you're cool and you're big and you're popping. I mean, the masters, that's a whole different conversation. That's a, I mean, you know, I, I want to just differ for a second because the biggest artists don't talk like that. Drake doesn't talk like that. Jay-Z doesn't talk like Drake that. Drake ain't uh, on the project. Like Jay Cole doesn't you're talk right. like that. So okay, so where are they so from? Drake ain't from the project. Like that. Jay Cole doesn't You're talk right. like that. Okay, so where are they from? Drake ain't from the project. Drake can't talk like that. I'm sorry, one mic, one mic. Hey, hold on, man. Hey, who you want, Mike? Yeah. Just let me just say this real quick. He did answer the question. Like he asked, he said that he have spoke to them and he asked them to change the music. You're going down a deeper rabbit hole that is probably more than likely above his pay grade. Because at no, the end of the day, they got to get a check from these I, labels. And the labels I, is the one that wants them to rap like this. Thanks. So does anybody else have another question? I want to answer his question. I want to answer him. Thank you. I want to answer him. And my answer to you, young man, is 
the songs that the that those cats you have named, they have songs like that too. Don't don't get it twisted. They do have songs like that too. They are just mindful of when they are going to put them out or if they are going to put them out. But I want you to understand this. Your Drake's, your Jay-Z's, your Kanye West's. My song, my song has albums with them, not just songs. He has albums with them. The albums, the songs on some of the albums just have a they, they pick and choose the one they want to release. So now I want you to just think. If they're making songs with him, don't you think somewhere down the line, out of two or three albums, they gonna have some type of language in there like that? They just being mindful on releasing them. Hey, um, it's smart. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up, Big Jeff? It's Major. Um, uh, hey, what up, Bob? I just wanted to tap in for like two seconds. And say, first off, I want to say, you know, my condolences for Keith. That shit, you know, that, that's our brother that, that shit hurt. And, you know, I know regardless of how we feel, whether it is what it is, it's hard to watch your son go through this. So, you know, much respect to you and much respect to, the, to, to everybody. That Jeff, said, that's major. I don't know if you, you yeah, get I, that. That's major. I hear. I hear. I just wanted to tap in on this candle because it's so interesting. Me being one of the artists that was, uh, you know, around when you would walk in the studio and speak on these things and ask these questions. And as you know, Big Jeff, I'm not really, I don't talk about guns. I don't, yeah. you know, I, these, these things aren't, they're, they're not really in my music, right? Um, yeah. And I'm not saying that to like, to put anybody down or glorify anything, but just to say that um, it's interesting to have the perspective, right? I think looking at somebody like Kendrick Lamar, right? We all seen Kendrick just released recently. Um, I don't know who in this room has heard the thing that he's saying, um, but it's interesting because there's a trajectory, just like the Jeff is saying, like all these people, we have these songs. We we have the songs that are, that we are the worlds. We have, you know, and, and I've sat in the studio and listened to Doug just play songs back to back. He has the arsenal to go put out a, uh, a white left Sean album if, if he wanted to, but you got to remember Kendrick had to start with Good Kid, Mad City. He had to bring you into his world first, and I think I think uh, one of the cra- one of the illest things I ever learned from Tupac just watching watching his uh, interviews and stuff. He said, "Man, I had to go into the fire to bring people out of it." So you have to remember that in order to relate as a artist as a as anything, you have to literally relate to these people that are in a certain place. Remember, the culture right now is is toxic. It's one dimensional. So when we're talking about when we're talking about oh, do these are do these artists have this or are they going to put this out or whatever the case may be, they first have to step into the fire where the culture is at and then bring people out of it. There's no way for people to just relate to like I'm 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 an artist. I've been an artist for for 16 years of my life. I'm 25. Nobody relate, nobody cares unless there's something that they relate to, you know? You just have you have to relate. And for some people, for 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 Thug, the, the biggest thing for him was where he was at. So he relates to the people 
where he's at. So in order to bring them out of it, it takes time. It takes time to get to that place where you can speak to them as, you know, where Kendrick is speaking to somebody now. It's not an overnight thing because people, like, like we said, people don't want to really hear that. You know, people don't want to hear somebody preach to them. Like they just, they just said, at when you know, when I first entered the chat, he said, yo, when we sitting here talking about what people want to talk about, they're all ears going back and forth. As soon as you start actually talking about some real shit, niggas, leave the chat, bro. Let's just keep it real. Is it just me? Am I the only one that... Okay, did I see a hand? Wait a minute, is my mic go up? I'm not sure, but if you had your hand up or if you didn't have your hand up and you just wanna uh, come, uh, you know, you wanna, you wanna add something to the conversation, this is this is definitely that moment to, to add yeah, let something me say to the conversation. Uh, let me say something right quick. Um, you know, we, we all come from a certain place, man, and you know, I, I rap all my life. And if I ever got to a position like where I was like a young thug, you know, we got to be a little bit smarter when we're dealing with more money and, uh, you know, with, with all this opportunity and how your, circumstance, your circumstances may upgrade to a degree. You got to change your mentality with that upgrade. You know what I'm saying? You can't be running around with millions of dollars, but you still on some on the block nigga shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I don't know the, the whole situation with the with the um with, with thug and all that, but you gotta tell your team like, look, we ain't on that no. So you either you either you either own you either rapping about it, doing it, and then you get the consequences of it, or you um you know you understand okay you might just be making music about it, but we ain't moving like that in the streets no. You know what I'm saying? Me personally, I was never the dude to listen to music and then get riled up and want to go and shoot somebody. You know what I'm saying? And it could just be my household, you know, from, from the, the people I grew up around. I just knew not to go do it. You know what I'm saying? I, I heard all the shoot 'em up songs, all that. You know what I'm saying? Grew up around Spice One, all that. You know what I'm saying? And, and my family was some, some street dudes. You know what I'm saying? In the streets for real. But, you know, just I guess the way I was raised, it didn't motivate me to go do no crazy stuff. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, just for the thugger situation, you know what I'm saying? You got to change your circle, man. You got to change your circle. You know, so you got to change the thinking of your circle. Let me say that. You know what I'm saying? And change your circle sometimes too, because some of these dudes, you know, they ain't gonna, they ain't gonna smarten up. And you got to pull like a 50 cent. Like what 50 cent do? He sent a bangum smurf. He was like, nigga, you wilding out. You got to go. You got to get cut off. You know what I'm saying? So that's just my input on some of it. Yo, so um, let me drop this hand. Um, all right. So my biggest thing is, as far as oh, peace, I'm gonna say peace, sis. You just came on. Go ahead, go ahead. You got the floor. Let's be respectful. Peace, <laughs> peace. I'm talking about me, right? Yes, ma'am. Peace and love. Thank you. Um, thank y'all for having me, Doctor. Thank you for inviting me. Um, <clears throat> a lot of the conversation that's being had. I hear it. A lot of gets really um, hot. And I don't know, I guess I, I see it to be very simplistic. The respect that um, we hold, uphold and carry and teach and show 
in our circles and our immediate ciphers and with, with our, our families is the same that you're gonna want to project and receive outside of it. So if we've gotten this far where such a great amount of respect and violation is occurring, or, or disrespect, excuse me, is occurring and violation, it just goes to reflect what's going on within your circle, in your culture, your communities, in your families, in your homes, because at the end of the day, these people are not um, having you sign or looking to uh, come to their record labels. And then even some of us forming our own, um, you know, uh, businesses of music in the industry and then exploiting our own that way as well. None of that is being done by, by force. You know, this is at will. You, you, we're signing contracts or people are that are, you know, entertaining us, assigning contracts, making this music and putting it out. And it's because of what they think they can gain at the end. So you have to get to the root of the issue. That right there is a result of an issue at a root that we're not trying to talk about. And good parenting, <clears throat> upstanding communities and people and, and culture does exist. It's just that not enough of it is being pushed. Not enough of it is being acknowledged and not enough of it is being promoted. So on these platforms and even on some of these radio stations, some of the verbiage and language, there used to be no cursing. Now they're using the B word, the F word. These, that language is used even, and some of the sexual content and innuendos, regardless of what we're talking about here, whether it's the women, the men or the children, it should not be allowed. It should, it should not be supported. And for no dollar amount should it be signed and contract to. And you don't, we don't need anybody to exploit our artistry, our talent, our children, our, 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 um, our sportsmanship. That stuff should be done, done among us and amongst us only. And I'm not, that's not from a racist point of view. That's, that's literally from a, a cultural point of view. That stuff, that stuff belongs to us. And not for nothing, if you're arguing, well, we should not be doing this and this and that, then why, why is not enough of us coming out, making that very well known that is not going to be supported? And even in your own circles, practicing those things that you don't support. Some of the, the, the conversations that I've heard some uh, of our people have with some of our youth that are in the industry. And I do know some people that I've been around in the industry that um, are very well off and do things with youth that are very inappropriate. And when you go to say something, you are looked at like you have, I don't know, a, a chicken nail on your head. I don't, I, I don't know how to, which, <laughs> what needs to be said, but you know, you're not, you're, it's, it's not basically everyone jumping on board. You're looked at like, just be quiet. You know, that goes on here. I'm not, I'm definitely not one of those people. I'm a mother first, I'm a mother of six. I have um, a high standard for how children should be um, treated and adults should behave in front of children. Um, how adults should behave, period, when responsible um, for children, even if it's not there, even if those children are not theirs. And 18 and under is a child to me, right? 21 and under is supposedly legal. But what are we talking about here and what are we doing and how are we dealing with the situation? So to me, it's just a lot of people done lost their way. 
And even the ones that lost their weight, they don't like the way we're going or the direction that we're going in. But don't do too much to fight against it. It's like you rather or not you rather, I take that back. But it's that too many will stand on the side and either not say nothing or what they say is minimal to how far they will go to act. But see, look, let, let me let me say this, because this this right here becomes the problem. Right. Oh, see, this right here becomes the problem. Exactly. What people don't don't understand is almost all of what you see online when you see these videos is money just like this. If I put it up too close to the camera, the light is going to block it. But people that's on my Instagram at Dr. Inky underscore did Dr. Inky did. Right. Um, they know I show people when I unboxed it, you could get like, I think it's like have like half a million dollars for $25 or something like that on Amazon. This is called prop money. A lot of people getting people killed <laughs> for prop money. Like this, a lot of what you think is not real. It's just smoking mirrors. Like it's not, it's and and the problem with it is people let it people let it override their sense of um like the value system. Back back I'm 45, right? So the value system was this. It was about what you did with your money. It wasn't just having money. You know what I'm saying? Like money wasn't a thing. It was what did you do with your money? You buy a little laundry mat in the neighborhood, a little daycare, try to put a little after school, a little basketball court or something like, you know, are you sponsoring some bad, you know, teams like, like, what, what, do, what are you doing with your money? Like nowadays is just flashing it, saying I have it, even maybe throwing it in the air or throwing it on the floor, even like. I think it's the value system. So I'm just saying. That's all marketing, bro. Compliment. That's right. their game. So that, that's why my question, my statement for this particular segment will be like, why isn't the earnest going back towards the labels who are presenting these initial contracts to these artists and they're telling them, we want you to rap about drugs and murder and things like this, because those are the people who are initially proje- continuously to project these lifestyles. And then once you get conditioned that at a young age, then you're going to start doing these things you're you know, like um, you speak it into existence because you start rapping about it. You actually start doing it. Snoop Dogg said he he made the song Murder Was the Case that they gave me well before he got the murder case. So they're literally being conditioned through, you know, like some of the spiritual sciences that a lot of us partake in in order for them to actually be put into these lifestyles. So why aren't the labels actually being the ones that's being taken to court? And then right. even... I'm about to say, that's that's really my main thing. But even when it comes to the money thing, like Jeezy, he said it one time. Um, he was like, he actually went to a movie shoot with, with like all of his money. And like even back home when I was in Detroit, one of my little homies, we went to one of the music shots. I um I still got the videos up on some of my reels. They got they out there, you know how we be in the D. We be having the cars, we be hitting the wheelies and everything, they be having the scat packs. So we out there, they got ARs, everybody got guns and all types of stuff, all types of criminal activities happening right now. And the police are aware they right there because we know the we know the mayor and stuff out there. So like we're filming the video 
And my little homie, he decides he wants to bring 50K of his own cash outside of the house, bro, while everybody has guns. I'm like, what are you doing? And you, but this is what he's conditioned to think is okay in order to be in a music video because this is what that 1990 meeting was about. So why are the labels not the one that's being brought into the RICO charges? Right. That's Follow the money. Can, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait a minute. Because, because they're on the same team. They're on the same team. Wait a minute, hold on. But wait a minute, though. Hold on. We just got to make a point. That shit right there. <laughs> that shit right there. That right there. Let that be known forever that it was said first on the, 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 uh, MDR. American Healer American. Uh, platform. That right there is the one. That's the that I thought. Listen, I thought, and I, I'm the only one that know what the rest of the video look like. I thought that I had, you know, like a good that right there, though. That right there is the question. Going by the laws of what Rico is, and I can't believe, yo, this is one of those things like if you write rhymes, you understand the moment I'm having right now. Because you would hear somebody say something and you'd be like, oh, I should have said that before he said, yo, that right, that right, this shit right here. Like, going by the laws of Rico, some of these labels, the executives actually, they, I don't see, yeah, they, you know what? I think that the only reason they're not is because nobody's discussing it publicly. I think if we make it a thing where we like share the video and get people to really tap into this conversation, I think that can change. I, I don't I don't think I don't buy into this defeatist attitude. I think that if we approach things with our eyes looking forward, head up, like things can we can we can make things, you know, we can make some things move around and that right there might be the thing that changes the game because the, the record labels have to. They benefiting, they getting money, they participating because, oh my goodness. And think about it. Guess what? You know who will flip. You know who will flip? The artists will flip. The art, young, somebody need to get that message to Young Thug that Young Thug need to get the record executives testify on them motherfuckers. Turn, pull a gunner on them. Right All he got to do is be like, when they came to me and they signed me, they told me I had to do about, I had to rap about this and this. And they told me I had to live this particular lifestyle in order to make this money. They all cook then. They cook. And they going to be like, did they put a gun to your head? And Did you feel threatened for your life? <laughs> they made it a part of my contract, though, right? They made you know what I'm saying? Right, but before you signed it, because remember, ignorance of the law is no excuse. So if you sign a contract, just like a nigga who go into foreclosure, they be mad that they got their house foreclosed on when that was in the contract. So for me, like you got to understand, and I'm with you, DJ, you know, I'm just playing antagonism because I got to. And, and at the end of the day, you know, what I'm saying this is how I learned contract law by being in the entertainment industry with these mm -hmm. messed up contracts. Feel what I'm saying? And so. Again, they told me this. Is what I, I'm telling y'all, this was back in 2009. I had a, a dope record. My my wife sitting right here. You know what I'm saying? She was a, a DJ on satellite radio at the time. She will tell you, "Sex Room" was my record, right? And then she was ready for me to drop that record. But I'm like, I'm not dropping that first. If it is, it's gonna be like a third single. And them people had a huddle. 
they called me in for a huddle. Like, um, this new music is different, you know? And so I do agree that it is the influence of, you gotta understand, we, we coming from the ghetto. We coming wait, from having Paolo, nothing. Let me ask you a question though. I wanna be, I yeah, wanna yeah. play the devil's advocate possibly for a uh, ludicrous. Um, know how you gonna do that but go ahead <laughs> I, I well i'm i'm trying to package my thought um here's the thing right did you ever did you ever sit in the room with luda and play that music for him absolutely not so what i'm saying is that's that's where i guess the devil's advocate or at least the idea of come in where i'm saying maybe he don't even know what's going on until later on when you hit him, when you come, and, you know. And, and I would agree with that, but that's not true, okay? Because you can literally go pull up the TMZ interview where he, he tried to clown me. You know, of course, he wasn't going to bring any fame to my name because, you know, I'm the nigga who wrote the record that's suing you. Just so everybody know, I won the lawsuit. So that goes to show show you so what happens is a lot of times right when you write these records for artists the artists ain't always in the building unless you somebody like a Kanye who is all you know overly involved with the creative process because that you know they call that creative control what happens is you got people at the label people who are close to the artist they go out and they hunt for records a lot of times when i write when i wrote records for people you know now you know the young money situation i was down there in the studio with young money because that's how they work everybody worked different some of these artists you know they're a little arrogant so they feel like oh, I'm going to hang back and y'all bring me 10 records and then I'm going to come in and pick or whatever the case may be. Remember, this whole thing was about um, this was my record. We were working on a record and that particular label was looking to sign me as an artist. I wasn't signed to them, but I was working with them under the management perspective. OK, I wasn't even coming in as a ghostwriter. Um, for the, for uh, being with, I, you know, I never was going to sign the DTP, just be 1000 with you. I, I, I already knew no rapper other than Ludacris had a successful run at DTP. And if you want to include Chingy, I ain't finna go there right now. But but at the end of the day, they, they don't have a track record for pushing hip hop artists. So for me, this was me putting together my project. And I'm going to be real with you. The dude who made the beat, I know this online, he going to hate me, but I don't even care. Because even he didn't even stand up for me. But he told me, don't send them that record. He told me, do not send them that record. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, damn, this nigga must be hating. He trying to, you know what I'm saying? And, and I sent them the record. But the point is that they, what they did was they had to, they tried to have another writer come in, rewrite and gave him the credit, which, you know, is, is Chef Tone. They gave Chef Tone the credit for writing that record. But I was filming when we did the record, I had a whole video and this is why they settled out of court because they couldn't even they couldn't even stand in court with me. So we didn't do no split sheets. We didn't do none of that. Wow. But because I had that video with the producer and I, I recording cold. the song, I, I won that case. So so Ooh. they were listen, these niggas will steal records. Let me tell you something. A very prominent. This is my last thing I'm going to say about that. A very prominent 
individual. I ain't going to say his name because I respect him because at least he was 100 up front. I came to him and I was like, how do we get paid for all the records I wrote? And he was like, we don't pay niggas. We make stars. And so at that point, I had a choice to keep working with them or to just walk away from the whole situation. But remember, we utilize these situations to gain further connections and, and to increase. And listen, I didn't get paid from them particular people, but I made a whole lot of money because of the work I did with them outside of them. So, it, it, you know, sometimes as an artist, you got to choose. And me not being a sellout, I found myself in predicaments where, you know, unfortunately, I had to take the short end of the stick. I, I had to, you know, a million dollars sitting on the table in front of me, y'all. I was foaming at the mouth on the inside, but I had my poker face on because I already knew that, okay, what am I going to have to do to get this money? And luckily for me, I had people like, I ain't going to put home blast either because, you know, we live with this, but I had somebody who was a niece of one of these very high level executives pull me to the side and tell me about uh, the homosexual things that go on behind the scenes and all the different things that take place for, for stars to be stars. Oh yeah. It, 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 it gets real. So a lot of these people, they sell out for money, you know, it, you know, they, it might not, it don't even have to be in a contract. They'll put you on the shelf. You ain't got to put it in your contract that you got to rap about, uh, selling drugs and killing niggas. All you got to do is be like, hey, nigga, we going to pull a plug on this album if you hold don't on, do hold blah, on, blah, blah, Hold on, wait a minute, hold on. I'm looking at my producer. Shout out to Carly. We like, wait a minute. What, what did he just, what, what, what just happened? What the, like, what did he just, I told y'all, see, it's testosterone. I'm glad we got at least one sister to step to the microphone. So the testosterone is, so now he done, and I know I'm not the only one that's, oh, yeah, so the, the niece of the homie, what's happening? You know, we, we always got that ear for Illuminati ritual. Like, we always, no matter how far removed from conspiracy theories we are, you know, how <sighs> distinguished and, you know, matured and, you know, how far removed we are, we, you know, we can't, we can't, we cannot turn a blind eye to another episode of Illuminati Ritual starring Marvo from the Shy with your host, Dr. Inky. No, 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 actually, there is no host. This is Marvo all by his motherfucking self. <laughs> yo, yo, but that's how hey, you would say some high shit. Play. And be like, yo. Nah, but go ahead, go in, go in, go in. We want to, we want to hear what nah, you know. Nah, we, so, we, wanna, so, we don't want you to incriminate the the, the girl though, but you know, whatever you nah, can nah, say. No, 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 I can't. And, and you know, out of respect, I won't do anything like that because, I mean, in, on a private setting, you know, I would, I would, I would mention it. Now, understand this, y'all. Um, people don't like, like my, my, my lady sitting here right now, like I told, she used to be on satellite radio, her own show interview, the top stars, all that she used to, when I used to tell her all these niggas is in the night, she used to be like, are oh, you just saying that? Cause you ain't get on, you, you know, like I'm the mad rapper. I'm a bitter. Yo, he been I, with his girl for 600 years too. <laughs> Shout out to them for that. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to them for that. That's a real thing there. No, no, no doubt, no doubt. We brought New York to Chicago. But um, 
So at the end of the day, um, she used to think that. And once we started to like, once I started to tell her about certain things and we used to go through, because one thing I read that I encourage everybody to read, if you really want to know about this industry, um, is morals and dogma. Read some of these books by Helena Blavatsky and um, the, you know, the Luciferian uh, theosophic religious uh, society and all these different people. Albert Pike. Uh, it's the other dude I'm looking for uh, that I just can't remember his name. He the one started all that. Uh, the, the Lucius Trust and all that. There are Alistair Crowley. Alistair Crowley. Thank you, my brother. But it's another one, too. It's one more. But but yes, Alistair Crowley. And so what you got to understand is that there are rituals in order for you to be famous. All right. You're going to do a blood oath. It is what it is. And, and I'm going to share something that I never shared before um, in the public. Right. I remember my mama was on her deathbed from cancer. This is what actually got me in the health, um, the holistic health realm and how I end up, you know, with, you know, pursuing after Sabi and Minister Inky and all these different ones. Uh, I wanted to save my mother's life. And, and I got a call from the entertainment industry basically asking me a question. Now, this is real talk, y'all. If your mother was to die, this somebody in the industry asking me this, would it be considered a sacrifice to you? They're asking me this. And I'm like, hell no, I don't want my mama to die. I want my mama to live and I want whatever the most highs will to be done. Simple and plain. Like I rebuke you, devil, get off my phone. That's kind of how I responded to that, which I always failed the test, y'all. I failed the test every time for me to be the most successful rapper. Because listen, they coined me as the Jay-Z of the Midwest. I'm not making this up. Um, I got people right now who wasn't necessarily... Um, you know, super sellout that that were made like you know my homie Buck Wild from Digging in the Crates. Buck Wild wasn't no sellout type of nigga. He did make some big records. He did Biggie. I got a story to tell, but you don't really know him like that. He ain't really make it mainstream famous like that. But he was one of the people who would put the stamp on yo Marvo. Can't nobody see that nigga in the Midwest and almost in hip hop. He he would tell you that. But guess what? In order for me to reach the level of fame and fortune that I might have wanted to reach. There were certain things that like, listen, I was walking through certain rituals, but because I had already read these books as a teenager, I already knew, oh, wait a minute. They, you know, the ride, the goat ritual, blindfolded and all that. I didn't even go that far because I realized when I was being groomed. So you got to so let me ask you this. So so what you're saying is, is some of the violence we seeing that's that's we, you know, that's being marketed as gang violence, as ritual, sacrifice. Is that what we're talking about? Man, I'm telling you that, and see, understand that it's no, like the problem people think is that it's like some white man behind the scene, right? That's, oh, he gonna die next. The spirit of death, you gotta understand, we dealing with demonic entities and, and things. We dealing with demonic entities, right? And so these people, they don't get to choose. Nobody get to like, you can say, oh, I'm a, I'm a sacrifice. But you got to understand when you get involved with these things, you're just going to lose somebody that you love because it's a spiritual aspect to this. Like I, it, I was depressed a long time when my mom and dad, because I felt like, dang, is it because I was pursuing this, this industry, this career, even though I knew what it was all about? Was it my fault? 
and, and, and grateful, you know, fortunately for me, the most high gave me a sense of comfort that now you didn't you you chose not to sacrifice your mom to do this stuff. But it's all ritual. It's all gematria. It's all some form of spiritual something that, that's unseen that is being made manifest. So like when death happens, like it's like even with takeoff being killed, you know, rest his soul. It happened on Halloween night. Now, what we all know about Halloween night and for the following seven days after Halloween night that that takes place. It is a it is a time of the year where the most demonic ritualistic uh, things are taking place. And that's what's happening. Whether Marble, people want to accept that or not. Marble, listen, you you going in right now, but I got to listen. I got to pass the mic. We got to get back to the video. But let me say please, this. Please about takeoff. Yeah. Let me say this about takeoff before I move around. Um, you know, uh, the boxer Shakur Stevenson, you know, he, he's tied into this situation somehow where, you know, like, I'm sure they're doing their best to, to like, get him out of the way as much as possible. But, you know, that's, that's the complication with, and that's why I'm saying where, even with other types of celebrities, you know, it's not just rappers, but when you're moving around, you have to have a certain type of element with you to protect you, um, depending on what type of person you are. You know, some people could just move around. They don't really need, you know, if you season like that, you know how to, you know, but also that entails you know, you can't you can't look a certain type of way. Like if you're trying to, you know, compete for who got the biggest chain, you know, like you're not gonna really be able to move around everywhere. You know what I'm saying? But that's not. I think sometimes people from outside the communities don't really understand what they're looking at. When you see that, that's not necessarily like gang violence. That's just somebody that's not being smart that day like you just you just in the wrong place with all that stuff on like that's a lot of times it's just that simple you know you're in a place you know you're in a place where people are starving and you got hey here's a half million dollars here's a hundred thousand dollars here's you know like but you can walk you, away with you, <laughs> man, man right did you can walk away with right now look People that like you is, is a part of the robbery. Like these are not, don't think that when these people are getting robbed, that it's all, like, it's always a set of strangers that they don't know. If, no, usually it's, and they just too close to that much money. They're too close to that much money. You, you, they're not supposed to be in that kind of proximity unless you know, and you, you know, you secured in that, in a, in a, you know, a different type of way. You know what I'm no, saying? The like, wild thing is about that, because I always was told this when I was younger, you know, like being from the D, it was like, they, they literally tell you this. It was like, if anybody ever broke into your house and robbed you, it's somebody who's been in your house. Because why else would they know what's in your house? No, 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 no. That's a fact. That's a fact. Um, Anybody, 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 we about to go back to the video. Okay, we're going to get back to the video. Yeah, that we was, we, we was going in for a minute. We was going in for a minute. Just keep it real. Is it just me? Am I the only one that got 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 vitamin pill bottle, herbal bottles all over the place? Why, why, 
Why do we do that? Why do we buy so many of these little things that we know we're not going to take 35 different pills and capsule, herbal capsule? You know you're not going to take all them things every day. Now, there's Blue Magic. You get Sabi's Herbs, Inky's Herbs, the Harmine Herbs, Key Irish Mosses, and much more. Each spoonful with no capsules for just $65. And don't forget to refresh the vitamin C. So are you going to pay $1,000 to have this nutrient profile circulating in your blood? Or are you going to pay $65? That's why it's come back to that, that, that street word, snitch. I'm going to be straight up, Doug. Like, a lot of us, man, we be, uh... I did 20 years, then? Yeah, 20. I did five first, then I did 20. I did five in the juvenile system. I did 20 in the penitentiary. And I went... So you really did more time in prison than you ever did, did on, on, the the earth, on the earth. That's why a lot of times... <laughs> when some of y'all young niggas, some of y'all, when some of y'all young niggas in here that still, that still be living that shit, I don't be talking to y'all on Instagram as some square ass lame ass nigga. I'm talking y'all as a nigga that been in the prison yard and see little young boy come in with his tattoos on his face, and he like, oh gee, like what's up? You know Keisha? I'm here. I don't know about that's your mom. Yeah, she said, could you call her? Call her. And I go back down, let me see your paperwork. Yeah, yeah, how much time? Like, what can I, when, I, when I'm going home? Let's see, 2073. And now, it's, and now all the gangster shit gone. The homies gone, the bitches gone, ain't nobody. So when I'm horny, I'm speaking from a place of trying to get niggas some real game. Because I'm going to tell you some shit, uh, it's lonely than a motherfucker in there. And when life goes on, your family dying. So when I'm seeing young niggas, and I, you know, certain niggas hit me, I damn near give them some game. I be trying to lay it on it because, like, I ain't the nigga that's gonna say, "Hey, young, and take this pistol, take this package." I ain't gonna put you on no dummy mission. And the problem is, so many niggas are scared of y'all. I'm not scared of no young niggas because I'm not coming at you in the wrong way. I'm coming at you the way your daddy ain't coming at you, the way your your, your uncle could come at you because them niggas was dead in the first. So I ain't gonna be on the gram talking some selfish shit to you. Just like I checked the young nigga in here. I don't know who it was. Like you rappers, like the artists, if you don't wanna be an artist, take it to the streets. But don't bring the dumb shit in the game trying to prove that you're a fucking real nigga. And while you're proving that you're a real nigga, you're gonna finesse yourself out of position and out of opportunity that can change your family and generations in your family life. Y'all getting money that niggas never got, huh? Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the legends. Shout out to all the legends that made it possible. They got burnt, fucked up contracts. I mean, ain't never seen 30,000 one time. Shout out to all them. But y'all get money. So when, Had I, a thousand so, when I, so when I speak to the young hits. Yeah. So Still when living I, in the projects. Yeah, some of them died off. So when I'm speaking to niggas, I'm speaking to young niggas like, yo, man, fuck if you ain't trying to hear a nigga. I'm going to keep giving it to you. One day this shit might catch you. But don't wait until it's too late and you, and you got that phone, that burner phone with you and Instagram, and I done told you how your life going to go. And now you got 60 fucking years. Your brother know what time it is. His life, that motherfucker right now going to be sitting in the cell with a phone like, damn, my brother out there living the life. He out there living. He was in that cell. His life was almost gone. No one's going to be labeled as a snitch. Mm -hmm. 
So are you going to pay $1,000 to have this nutrient profile circulating in your blood? Or are you going to pay $65? Yeah, I want to piggyback what you said, Major. I, uh, this is a scenario. For three years, Doug was just relevant. He was just relevant. I sat him down one day, and I said, so let me tell you something about being an entertainer, because I was an entertainer myself as well, but I did R&B. I said, one thing, the, one thing that the audience wants to see for their money is a damn show. So you got to create a gimmick to give people a show. That's what giving people a show is. It's a gimmick. You got to sit down and create something that's going to be real unique. And then you got to be able to have the heart and the courage to display it. For three years, y'all seen Slime walk across the stage, grabbing his cross, just like rappers did. Then he went from that to throwing water in the crowd. Then he went from that to doing a Cinderella thing. Every Everybody was quiet until he put that goddamn dress on. And the whole world went fucking crazy. The whole world went crazy. You had other artists putting on a goddamn kilts, because that's all it was. You understand? So now, uh, understand that? this, the dress situation, so that you all would be clear on that. The dress situation got him a million-dollar deal. He bad films. You understand? That got him a million-dollar deal. And it, and it was a mistake. This man made a million dollars off of a damn mistake that a seamstress made, that a store made, really. He has a large, he has a long upper torso. He bought an outfit to wear for his show, but the shirt was too damn short. So they had a, they had a dress with a similar pattern. He bought the dress, had tried to have the dress alterated. When the box came to the show, during wardrobe change, it was discovered that they didn't alter the damn thing. So him being who he is, want his money. He said, fuck it, I'm finna go get my money. And he throw that goddamn dress out there on and went out there and did just what he's supposed to do, get his damn money. Rockstar status. In his session, he took the dress off Gave it to a young lady in the front of the audience. Guess what that dress might be worth right now for her? Everything. You understand what I'm saying? So, but but you all took it and ran with it. You did what I just said we want you to do. Talk about us. Make us continue to be relevant. Because well, I, I, his life right then. His life changed. It, it, right <laughs> I'm, I'm 44, Big Jeff. My name is Dr. Inky, so I just want okay, you to no. know, like, I'm I'm probably in between your generation and the next generation, you know what yep. I'm saying? But, I, you know, I appreciate you for being so 
you you're saying you're this is pride and I, I just want to thank the platform i'm not landing a plane and none of that i just want to thank the platform because i feel like this is the realest and most important conversation that has been had on clubhouse about this and i, I feel like you've been like a super stand-up person this whole conversation and you went into every you know like you, you just been super honest and transparent so i just want to thank everybody again and just you know leave it like that i appreciate it man I'm going to, that's what you'll always get from Big Joe. Trust me. If you see me on the street and you come to me and talk, you're going to get the same thing. I don't change. I don't change for nobody because that's me. I'm here to do what's got to be done. I'm going to ride this wave with my children throughout the whole situation. He's not the only child I got incarcerated with him. Uncle also my son. Yep. He's my son as well. He had a wrong, he had a wrong setting with law enforcement. My son had a life sentence. We got him out of jail off of a life sentence. His case is not over. So imagine how he feel right now. It's a, it's a murder case. No one wants to go down for it. No one. Devani Benton's younger cousin, Sergio Kitchens, says Benton is on trial for murder simply because his friends turned on him. No, 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 no. Because I didn't, you caught me, you, I didn't, where you going with that? Because I know Gunner. I know Slim Thug. I mean, I said, Slim Thug. Yo, yo, Hassan, Hassan, we, we talked about some mad times. Hassan, let me ask you, because you was the only one in the room. If, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. You going to clear oh, that up? Yeah, I'm going to clear it up. I'm going to clear it up. Watch this. This is my man, right? This is my man. For sure. Me, me, you and him get into a shooting right now, right? Me, me you and him get into a shooting right now. We together, look. We, we all together. We get into a shooting right now. We, we go kill somebody. We go kill somebody over there, right? He's my man. He's my, more my man than you are my man, right? I go on television. I say, yo, bro, it wasn't my man. It was the nigga with the black and the yellow. It was the nigga with the black and the yellow shirt. Hold up. I'm telling. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm telling you, bro. If I say, yo, my cousin didn't do it, it was the nigga with the with the with the black and yellow shirt. Let's tell him. But I'm gonna say something. What, what Act just said, right? The thing that I love about Act, tell me that you gonna tell. Yo, bro, don't sit up there front like you don't tell, bro. Niggas don't bring it up. Come on, hold on, hold on. We know who's who. You know that. And even when the people know who's who, you got all that white hat. We're not clearing it up. We're not clearing it up. We're not clearing it up. What is that? Is that telling? It's telling. All right, that's definitely telling. So if he's my man more than you, gonna. What, what was I, I forgot his name. He said his name on Crime Stoppers. No lie. He said it wasn't my cousin. It was really the nigga with the red shirt. So if I say it wasn't my man, I, we all men. Oh, so we it's a situation. Like, and he's like, yo, it wasn't I my know cousin. About it was the nigga with the red shirt. So in, in our situation, I'm like, it wasn't it wasn't my man. It was the nigga with the black and yellow shirt. So I just gave but enough did somebody information. somebody go to jail? Is somebody in jail? Nigga in jail. 
That's what you said. So, no matter of fact, he got locked up. My cousin got locked up. He said, "Yo, they wrong." They, he said, "They wrongfully accuse him." So nobody's in jail. His cousin is in jail. But he didn't tell him his cousin. He, he said it wasn't my cousin, it was somebody else. And so maybe said, he's trying to set his cousin up for an appeal. No, but the, yo, all right, all right. So he's trying to set his cousin up for an appeal, but he just, there was a nigga with a red shirt in the video. So it's like, yo, bro. So it's like, yo. If the nigga with a red shirt has not been saying. arrested, right, so, so right limitations is over with. doing this, when he could whack and say he's trying to raise reasonable doubt okay. and send him somewhere else. Might be another place. place. All right, cool, and cool. the nigga in the red shirt never went to jail. No, the nigga in jail. Then not to know the cousin's in jail. No, you want to see the, you want me to play the, the nigga in the red shirt ain't in jail. Yo, bro, and not only that, I mean, yo, bro, shut the fuck up. Why are you trying to help with cases, bro? You're not even in the equation, nigga. Just shut the fuck up. Let your club be like, yo, bro, I don't want to. We cleared that up, right? We, we, we see didn't clear that up. No, Is that snitching no, or not? No, we see where you're coming from with it. But we cleared it up. So that that is that snitching or not? When you give a description and you give the right description, you told. When you give a description. So it's gonna rap. You know, oh, yes, I don't know the full details. Oh, no, no. Based off of what you say, based off what he said, he is. Based off what he's saying, but I don't know the full. Based off what he's saying. We started this interview. We started this interview saying. I got another question. Hold on. Hold up. Started based off of what you're saying. We started this interview. Fuck based on what I'm saying. You want me to play? Hold on. You want me to play? You because we can all shut the fuck up and I play the two minute crime stoppers thing and then there's no based on what you're saying. Yeah, bro. Fuck. No, let's not select the politics. Nigga, always do that shit, bro. The two. It's out of Jim Jones. Yeah, bro. Now that we got the The two OGs right now. Hold on. Hold on. Look, look. The two OGs right now started this interview saying, well, don't select the politics, the hood pick and choose, right? That started with that, right? So let's all shut the fuck up and let's play the Crime Stoppers video right now and let the video see. And then there's no more according to what he's saying. Yeah, let's go according it. to what this thing well, is. Hold on, hold on, hold on. See, right. come on, like, okay. you know what I'm saying? It's, it's not a gun in the video. Like, it's my podcast, but I go live. I'm going to I'm referring the people who say, everybody's watching this. It's a murder case. No one wants to go down for it. No one. Devani Benton's younger cousin, Sergio Kitchens, says Benton is on trial for murder simply because his friends turned on him. Just go to, just go to see, like, you ain't got no real friends out here. You know what I'm saying? I learned from that. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm not happy that it that it happened, but you know what I'm saying? I'm I was I'm kind of good to see that be on the outside looking in. Kitchens is now a member of the neighborhood rap group SPC, known as Shady Park Click, like his cousin once was. That's why that's why it's come back to that 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 street word snitch. No one's want to be labeled as a snitch. I don't want to tell on him because somebody might try to come kill, kill me or someone in my family. Kitchen says Benton first lied to police because he didn't want to rat out another member, Clarence Carter. Everybody, like, know, like, the streets know. And so... Everybody looking at it like it was wrong because... This man would let uh, uh, let my family member, you know what I'm saying, go down for something he did. Right. Hitchens claims Ben and Carter were both wearing red the night Jasmine Lynn was shot.
it was just a, co- a coincidence of how it was put out. Like they actually had on the same exact color. He just had on a hood, and Devo didn't. He had on a regular shirt. Kitchens believes that mistaken identity played a big role in this case, and he knows one thing for sure: that his cousin is innocent. And it's not right because you think you have one in jail for the crime, but it's not the right guy. Is that true as it pertains to you, Mr. Kitchens? Yes, ma'am. YSL is a music label and a game, and you have personal knowledge that members or associates of YSL have committed crimes in furtherance of the game. Yes, ma'am. You were created with YSL around 2016. Is that true as it pertains to you, Mr. Kitchens? Yes, ma'am. music playing in the background. You were present along with, along with Jeffrey Williams, where hydrocodone, methamphetamines, and a firearm were recovered. These items did not belong to you. Yes, ma'am. Affiliated with YSL around 2016. Is that true as it pertains to you, Mr. Kitchens? Yes, ma'am. YSL is a music label and a game. I just want to um, <clears throat> hold on. Let me make sure I fix my mic like real quick and, and just ask if anybody feels like this attorney is out of pocket because I could be the only one. I don't think that there's enough conversation on the other side of what's going on on this. So maybe I could be the only one. Maybe I could be under informed, but for me, the the linchpin to, to say we need to have a panel discussion, like we need to sit down and really talk about this is, A, I know there's a historical reference for what's going on, and we're going to get into that before it's all said and done. But B, when the illegal, when the legal side becomes just as dirty or dirtier than what you alleging the criminals are doing, you lose what form of justice and precedence, and it just looks like ambition is driving this woman. I, it doesn't look like she cares about the city of Atlanta. It, it doesn't look like she, you know, she's she's valiant. It just looks like ambition is driving because I think we've all watched these movies where, and again, it could be me and Inky Vision. You know what I'm saying? It could just be me. But it seems like to me, almost every single cop TV show, every cop movie that I that I ever could remember, 
the main hero, even if it goes back to Beverly Hills Cop with Eddie Murphy, like the main hero, the main uh, cop, he has to break the law and be dirtier than the criminals that he's arresting. But somehow by the end of the movie, we celebrate him breaking every law that the criminal, you know, go, going toe to toe with the, and I'm saying to myself, there has to be a psychological component to where we're kind of getting used to the people who are supposed to uphold the law, breaking the law in order to uphold the law at their behest or leisure or their, you know, you know, on their, you know, as they see fit. So I think that that, I think that's, I think that's potentially, you know, it needs to be a conversation. I don't know. It could just be me. I, per, I don't, um, because I've actually studied what an Alfred plea is, I don't necessarily feel like it's an out-of-pocket situation because in the Alfred plea, the individual is saying that there is a level of guilt, but they're, level of guilt, but they're maintaining their innocence through their admission of what they're saying. And that doesn't necessarily mean that that evidence can be used directly against another individual. They have to use the evidence from that they found for that individual for that individual just because the Alfred pleas are in place. So it just necessarily, that's, you got to actually know about the law to actually know what's going on with all of these court cases that we've been seeing in these last few weeks. And that doesn't necessarily mean that the evidence can't be used. Somebody got their thing echo. And they found that individual for that individual. Hey, mute, mute, hell, yo. It's just necessarily that's Alfred, please, when it's when his statements come up, can you pause the video on that so people can read it? Yeah. If it don't, I'll go back to it. I'm a cow. I'm not 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 a cow. Is that it right there? No, that's the condition of probation. That's, yeah, I think that was it. It's right around this one. Go back, that's not it, it's the next one. Before this is just the car. It's another because they got the Alfred plan definition in there.
disposition, guilty, not guilty, guilty, Alfred, guilty, lesser, include no, it's a little blurry, dead docket, first offender. The defendant is a judge guilty. So how much of a gangster is Gunner if he's really a first defender? And we've seen his and we've seen his past. Remember, we asked that question. Is he like one of those good children who just got wrapped up into this because he really ain't no gangster? I think I think a lot of gangsters start off as innocent children who get caught up, who get caught up in, in the street life. That's just that's just how it go. Your peers got a bigger influence than your parents. You can be you can be have a good upbringing and everything, and and your 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 your, your homies in the hood, you know what they got going on, be more alluring to your 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 nine to five parents or your parents who just you know not cool to you. Your your friends is cool, so that's how you end up and street activities, criminal activities, gang activities. And I'm speaking from experience. So, but once you once you involve yourself in that life, like the one brother said, he 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 got personal knowledge of activities he was in. Once you involve yourself in that life, then then you know all deals are off the table when it comes to any type of cooperation that your co-defendants are involved in. You got co-defendants on top. I mean, it, I ain't gonna say all deals off the table because let's get one thing straight. I think the motherfucker who came up with a the code of co, the street code uh don't snitch, I think he was cointail pro. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was co I think the first motherfucker that came that invented this rule, yo. No snitching. I think that nigga was working for the people because <laughs> I was in the feds. And guess what? It ain't a lot of niggas standing up solid. It ain't. No matter how much, you know what I'm saying, this is glory. That, that, that aspect not telling is glorified. It ain't too many people that's strong enough that, that to even hold their weight. Very few people hold their weight. So it's nothing. It's no, it's, it's no big deal. It just is what it is. If that make any sense, mm-hmm. it make perfect sense, and it's really like <laughs> it boils down to the situation. Were you a party to uh, the actual portion of the crimes that was actually happening? Because per his statements, if none of the shit in the car was his, because like I'm I'm somebody and like it's public, right? I carry guns. I've actually been in a situation where I pulled a gun on a cop before, but I did I don't do time for these type of things. I got my stuff in order, but. It was um it was also a time when I got pulled over and they took a firearm from me and there was somebody else in the car and I instantly told the police I'm like no nah, that's mine and it was like I just had to deal with all the paperwork when I went down to the police station to get my gun back that was about it but so I'm speaking from my personal experiences as well I'm from Detroit and like I say I carry and things like this but Detroit is well Michigan itself if you said you were in Milan you know that that's a, a no I'm from, I'm from yeah, Detroit. Detroit. a racist place right. 
Listen, I'm from Detroit. I'm from the west side of Detroit. Same place. I'm from Schoolcraft, bro. <laughs> I'm from I'm from Tyreman. I'm from Tyreman and, and, and Beachwood. Tyreman. I know Beachwood. exactly where you're from, so you know you understand it. Well, Detroit. I'm well. I'll be I'll be out in the burbs and stuff, but even still, you understand how that particular ecosystem works. And we move in a manner in which, like, most of us don't even stop at red lights out there, bro, because we know what can happen. So Facts. it's just like understanding, like you we're put into particular situations and we have to protect ourselves. So it's not, you also got to learn how to protect yourself in a court situation. So you can't, ignorance of the law is no excuse regardless of who you are. So if you are going to be out here doing these things, you for sure supposed to be moved like the wealthy people who actually do these things, put these safety nets in place in order to protect yourself. Because once again, why are the people who, who giving you these contracts, why they not the ones in court? Why are you in court? Because they clearly have a system in order to protect themselves. And not only that, not only that, like you said at the beginning, you said this at the beginning, which I was I'm, I'm very well abreast to the record labels and the prison owners come together. They come together. So this is all oh. we lobbying. Oh, this this the whole thing. We talking about all these are all the same players. Whether you got Joe Biden, Ronald Reagan, uh 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 I, I forgot the name. G is a Geo. That's the name of that the, the, the stock that owned the prisons, the prisons, or Jimmy Jimmy Iveen. Iveen. So Jimmy oh, Iveen, Iveen. right? Jimmy Iveen. We all on the same team. And the team and the, and the, and the name of the gal is keep these niggas, keep our foot on these niggas' neck. By any means necessary, and we ain't finna do it with a gun. We gonna do it by having them do it to themselves. Our music is Willie Lynch on steroids. It's Willie Lynch on steroids. We is self hatred. Everything hate yourself, love, uh, glorify somebody else. Everything about our music is, is is is. I ain't gonna say all of it, but we talk. We talking about the mainstream, the street music. It's is self destructive to the African American male and everybody around him. But remember, and it's, this, and it's a, this was that was the key piece to catch with um, Big Jeff. And and, and again, uh, thanks. Shout out to, to Eban and Big Jeff and, and CJ and everybody who was a part of that little segment. But um, he said it, you know, 98 um, percent of the paying audience is not black people. And the common sense thing is. We're only interested in things that we don't know about. So if you're from a community where you might have been involved in a situation yourself or you've seen some situations, you're trying to escape that. So you're not necessarily getting ready to. But if you're not from that, it's a thing. It's enter, it is entertaining. You know what I'm saying? It's. It's, right. it's something to, so, you know, we got to understand that as vicious as it may sound, there's a market. Bro, it's not the same when you got a match and why you doing it. Facts. It's facts. No, it's but so here's so the thing. No, 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 but here's the thing. Our eyes are closed, which is where I believe the problem is. Yeah, so 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 it's entertainment when it's not my life. It's motivation when it's my life. It's the soundtrack to my motivation. So if I come up in this environment where this is going on, like Tupac validated me, and I and I recruited others. 
When I was in the streets, Tupac validated me. He rapped two weeks of my life as it happened. Whether he lived it or not, he rapped two weeks of my life as it happened. And it made me feel like, oh, I'm doing just doing what, what this just the way it is. I had no idea that I was being manipulated. I was being controlled. I had no, no idea that these record execs strategically put a million dollars of marketing behind this message so I could just so I can feel validated in the, cr the criminal activities I was I was committing. See, I don't think that I think I think that's a subjective thing, though, because everybody it, it does affect people in Look that the way. Numbers. Look at the yeah, numbers. Yeah. The, 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 the statistics don't say subjective. The statistics say objective. The numbers say objective. If you do the objective and take an objective perspective and look at the numbers, look at the prison population, look at the, like he said, from 1990 when Gangsta Rap, when they, like the, 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 the letter said, Gangsta Rap start popping out on an assembly line and look at the numbers of the prison population. Like I said, that, and I, I can look at result, it subjectively or objective. But is that a result of the music per se or is that just the environment? Environment. The music is perpetuating the environment. The music is raising the youth. My, I was in prison and the music raised my son right now. And right now, I can't tell my son nothing different than popping ops. Hey, so cosmometry. Check it out, right? And it just real quick, like, real quick, you know, I'm, I'm out traveling and stuff, so y'all hear some sound. Listen, that letter you're talking about, I just wanted to highlight that because I forgot you said that earlier, and I meant to go back to Savali's letter, okay? DJ, DJ said that. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, DJ, one, one of y'all, my bad. Savali's letter was about the secret meeting that took place in Los Angeles where the record execs said, hey, we're going to do this gangster rap music thing, and we're going to, you know, and again, you got to read the letter. I, I, I read this letter back when I was about 15, y'all, like right before I signed my first major record deal. That's how I actually knew what mm. was going on. See okay, what I'm saying? Okay, so, okay. so understand that this was something, and, and then I got to take it back a little bit further and I ain't going to spend a lot of time on this. There's a book called the Tavistock Research Institute. Now I read mm -hmm. this book around that same time. It says shaping the economic, moral, cultural, spiritual decline of the United States. This is the same group of people who created the MK Ultra Mind Control Program. And mm. I'm telling you, even Inky in some of his older uh, lectures, man, we talked about runway fashion shows and how you never see those clothes out in the market, but it's a ritual. I ain't trying to put you on blast, Inky, but at the end of the day, you got to understand that this mindset has been cultivated. The views and opinions why... of the panel is not the views and opinions. <laughs> so it's all i'm saying is that this is something that has been cultivated for many 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 centuries not just years man like the making of a slave if you want to go all it's still the slave mentality it's the same thing we've been fighting it's weaponized mental warfare mental and spiritual the scriptures say we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. So that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about, and, and what the sister's saying, behavioral patterns. How, listen, I study psychology. Behavioral patterns. When you see some, if you show me enough booty shaking on the television, every time a woman walk past with a fat booty, even a little booty, 
I'm gonna be looking at her booty, looking at her booty. That's <laughs> something that I had to overcome in myself. So a lot of this learned behavior, um, hip hop raised a generation and I'm one of those children of hip hop. I just was fortunate enough to have a higher level of intellect and to actually see. But even with me seeing, I still did a song with Future. After I did the tire mix, I still did songs with DJ Mustard, uh, Mustard on the Beat, talking about some, you know, a, a song about sex. Why? Because at the end of the day, like y'all said, when you get the short end of the stick and you finna hit rock bottom, you're like, oh my God, I gotta make some money real quick. Till you get to that point where now it's like, nah, I ain't compromising no matter what. I had to find something else to bring me money so I don't be influenced by the dangling of the dollar in front of my face to sell out my people. So, you know what I mean? Like, it, it is a behavioral pattern, but it's been psychologically programmed into our mind through audio and visual. So I don't, don't want to argue. But I just, you, you validate, listen, you give me the deeper end of the story. You, you validate it. That's what I thought, but I didn't, you know, like you said, you in it, so you got the uh, more, you and the other brother, Marvo, is that your name? Y'all got a, a deeper understanding of what's really going on. So it's good to, it's good to build with y'all because, so I don't think I'm crazy. You know, at certain times people argue so argue down so much, they you get to down yourself like, well, maybe, but no, nah, I, I I'm, I'm, I, I always, I always felt that. I always, you know, like I said, looking at the numbers objectively and subjectively, this was what the conclusion I came up to, and then, uh, and to hear, you know, what I'm saying people who actually been, you know, uh, invited into the, the the fuckery and decline, you know, just validates it. I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely. It's definitely. Oh wait a um, minute! Hey, we got some sisters. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We got some sisters. We got we got the sisters back in back in the building again. <laughs> yes, yes. Can you do? Um. Okay. I'm gonna put my hand down in a second. I just wanted to respond because a lot of what y'all saying comes back to a space of um prosperity, right? A lot of this stuff is being done for money. So first of all, a lot of that root issue is not enough of the value, the ethic, the morale being put and pumped into the youth because there are youth out here that you're not selling for money. They're just not doing certain things because of their culture. Won't even permit them to participate in certain activities regardless of how much they're being paid. <clears throat> this is put into them very strong and they won't go against it, right? All youth, any child needs direction and looks for that. The same child that's misguided in the Bronx and gets into trouble, the same way that same child could be misguided in uh, uh, upstate in Chesapeake Bay and get into trouble. The only difference is, like someone mentioned, some of the protection that is around some of those children, the lawyers that they have access to, the type of trust that is created that they're in where they cannot actually even be touched the type of information that they are privy to, where our children on the other end in some of the lesser fortunate economically distressed communities in urban communities don't have. And they're literally just resorting to some of the things they do because they're trying to get a pair of sneakers or they're trying to look a certain way at school because of images that they're seeing on TV or pushed through media. Regardless, what is our job? The same way people take vacations, 
they could take and create hobbies and vacations to go to some of these uh, children, adolescent uh, facilities and volunteer their time to give good information and financially and health wise, because some of these children are extremely sick. They can't do half the stuff that they be being penalized for. <laughs> Not to be funny, they, they, they look like pencils. Their, their, their focus is way off. Their emotional states, of course, is definitely imbalanced. But we don't give our children enough credit. They're not stupid. They just lack the information. And some of the people that I've crossed to, to move forward and get to a very important point have information like you can pay bills through your state ID. I know a young brother that I met on Clubhouse. He says he pays his um, car insurance and his phone bill through his state ID. He was trying to find more information of how to um, discharge a bill or a debt that he had on his car. And so he don't have to pay the rest of the note. This stuff is not illegal. And there's people walking around melanated that know it, that do it. And they'll charge you 10,000, 25, 33,000, whatever the, the prices are. Meanwhile, you allegedly, have- Allegedly, 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 allegedly. allegedly. Well, Maybe. I know people that- This, you hot, you hot, you hot. Right. Yeah, she, she knew here, she knew here, but she don't, she don't Okay, I'm sorry, so- all right. She's gonna put us in one of them algorithms. Right now. She's gonna put us in one of them algorithms. And opinions of the sisters specifically is definitely okay. that. I'm gonna Woo. leave that alone, but I'm just gonna say this. I think more of the focus on our youth needs to be committed to. Whatever you know that has gotten you into a better space, it's mandatory that you teach it to the youth. I don't care how you do it. If it's in a right. park, See, I would, the way, I would The way I would right. package that is I would just say, you know, folks got to just understand that consciousness is not online. It, you know, yes, we can come together and build online, but it's got to be what you do when you turn off the laptop. Thank you very much. And um, if they're doing things just for the sake of money and getting involved because they just want to make a dollar and it's that, it's that distressing. Um, for those that are, you know, with records on them, they have grants.gov to get these are grants, right? Some people oppose, but I mean, this is stuff that they can, they, we, they can be shown and looked into. And this is for people with records. They don't discriminate here. Grantwatch.gov, US Department of Labor, helpforfelons.org, inmates to entrepreneurs.org, federal grants, SBA loans. And by the way, the, the, the um, SBA, SBDA oversees all the small SBAs, which is the Small Business Administration. And the SBDA is the one that gets all the money and to then disperse it to the smaller SBAs. So a lot of those grants are written as loans. They say they're loans, but they're not. If you continue to read in their fine print, they then say you do not have to pay this loan back, which is a grant, but they don't mark it as a grant because they don't want everybody to know and apply. And so therefore homes that are basically up for free, like in Washington, they were giving the homes away. You just, you didn't even have to live in Washington, DC. You just needed to just apply and they were giving them away. But you have to be able to have patience and call <clears throat> to, to look for this information and there are things that can be done also in court for some of the youth that are being railroaded um, that they can say where they can uh, literally put their so-called attorneys on trial and for, mis, uh, for misconduct of legal counsel, which happens so much. 
And if some of us literally just get into some of this law and go read, which I'm just going to share, this is a better source to look at if anyone is interested. Um, not the Black Laws Dictionary, but um, the Encyclopedia, Corpus Juris Secundum. Um, it's the official law encyclopedia. And I think it's very important that our youth know that the information there override the information in the Black Laws Dictionary or is at more official. So yes. I, um, sis, just I just want to um, present a perspective because like I'm somebody who's very astute in law. I went to private school and all of this. But I'm also like, I've been fortunate enough to, you know, like elevate my life throughout my learnings and stuff. So I completely agree with what you're saying. Like I live like a rap lifestyle off some book stuff for real. And, mm. but being able to introduce that to children versus, you know, I get to hop on stage. I get all these women, I get all this jury in comparison. All right, you got to make that sound sweet because like, you also got to show where the money come with this too. And if you can't be, if you can't provide that model, you're not going to be able to sway these children. Well, now, here, um, wait a minute, right here. Hold maybe. on, maybe. Hold on, sis. We're going to start back with you when we come back. I want to get back to the video so we don't get too far away. Um, when we come back, you the first, you got the mic the first time. You know, you got the mic as soon as okay. it opened. Um, but I do, yeah, that was a good point right there because. The whole key is communication. And I think that a lot of what me and Young Thug Father was saying was centered around two opposite sides of communication where I'm saying, and, you know, present like you, you, you don't have to make the sacrifice for the money in terms of the actual content, the music. There's such a large market for every type of music that being used to nothing, poverty, you know, welfare, you know what I'm saying? I can speak from experience, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're getting a large end of something, but the thing you're getting the large part of is a small thing. That's why I showed the comparison of just singles, just a single of, you know, Jesus Walks or God's Plan. These are two songs that popular artists did that they put out in the gospel circuit. Bro, and to just to your point about the the Kanye aspect, because somebody said earlier, nobody has outward has outwardly came and said that like, this music is harmful to our community. Kanye directly did. Absolutely. He came out and directly said that this music is bad. No, we will have to ignore that though, because there's a lot of people came out and said the music is definitely bad for the you know like, yeah. A even, lot of people. Even those of us that listen to it know that it's like I mean. I don't think, yeah, I don't think nobody should argue that point. Yo, Doc, though, a lot of people didn't come out and say that the 808s have been changed so that the behaviors that they want can be gotten. Kanye came out hey, and hey, said hey, that, hey, and, and that goes, was taken out of the interview. That goes back to yes. the Tavistock Research Group. Yes. That's where all that science came from. Hold on, the hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We'll run, that, run that back again, Marvo. Say that out loud, a little bit louder. We need some more volume. I said... I said that that came from the Tavistock Research Institute, the people who made the MK Ultra 
program, they study the effects of sound. Listen, Inky started this video off with cymatics, all right? Cymatics is the study of sound on matter. They did all, of, they used all of our sciences, took them all, weaponized them against us. So when they changed the frequency, it wasn't the, the 808 that's the problem, it's the frequency of the 808, which is 440 hertz versus 432. See what I'm saying? That 440 frequency is aggressive. It make you wanna get mad and fight and do all kind of crazy stuff. So yeah, uh, all of that go, that, see, I'm taking y'all back to the root. When I say go read the Tavistock Research Institute, read that book. It'll tell you about how they got some all. hot boys. We get back to the video. Y'all hot. Y'all are hot. Who is that written by? I, I forget the, the guy who wrote it, but I'll put it in the chat for y'all. Give me a second when I pull up to my store. specifically regulate cholesterol synthesis, the making of cholesterol, followed by gamma. That's the first thing. And when they combine any of these vitamin E, only delta and gamma when combined are synergistic. And another point is that they found that alpha tocopherol, the most common form of vitamin E, does not work. And lastly, when they use alpha tocopherol with the tocotrienol, the alpha tocopherol actually interferes and messed up the function of tocotrienol. And then the second uh, area in research is in cancer. 
And in the cancer area, uh, the jury is still out, but to date, we found that tocotrienol worked in four particular cancer, breast, prostate, skin, and pancreas. And there are many proposals saying how tocotrienol work on cancer. Tocotrienol work to cut the vessel growth, essentially to start the tumor to death. I thought that's a very interesting concept and it's gaining a lot of scientific understanding. And two, unlike all the other vitamin E form, only delta and gamma tocotrienol recruit itself to the tumor, to the cancer site. And you know, is it just me? Am I the only one that got 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 vitamin pill bottle, herbal bottles all over the place? Why do I, why do we do that? Why do we buy so many of these little things that we know we're not going to take 35 different pills and capsule, herbal capsule? You know you're not going to take all them things every day. Now, there's Blue Magic. You get Sabi's herbs, Inky's herbs, the Harmine herbs, key Irish mosses, and much more. Each spoonful with no capsules for just $65. What? And don't forget to refresh the famous screen. Order to kill the cancer. Who magic? nutrient profile circulating in your blood or you're going to pay $65 and you get all these herbs and the vegan vitamin D3 the harmony for your pancreas, the seaweeds from the cold water and your mom. Imagine y'all old ass niggas. Imagine y'all old ass niggas sometimes. Ooh. 
the law constantly and neglect their children. They drink. Now we're going to find out who raised these niggas. Hey, them was bars, though, that you just spit on that last one. But go ahead. Back. <laughs> constantly and neglect their children Appreciate they drink too much and their moral standards would shame an alley cat for some reason or other they absolutely refuse to accommodate themselves to any kind of decent civilized life this was said in 1956 in indianapolis not about blacks or other minorities but about poor whites from the south nor was indianapolis unique in this respect a 1951 survey in Detroit found that white Southerners living there were considered undesirable by 21% of those surveyed, compared to 13% who ranked blacks the same way. In the late 1940s, a Chicago employer said, frankly, I told the guard at the plant gate to tell the hillbillies that there were no openings. When poor whites from the South moved into northern cities to work in war plants during the Second World War, Occasionally, a white Southerner would find that a flat or a furnished room had just been rented when the landlord heard his Southern accent. More is involved here than a mere parallel between blacks and Southern whites. What is involved is a common subculture that goes back for centuries, which has encompassed everything from ways of talking to attitudes toward education, violence, and sex and which originated not in the South, but in those parts of the British Isles from which white Southerners came. That culture long ago died out where it originated in Britain while surviving in the American South. 
Then it largely died out among both white and black Southerners, while still surviving today in the poorest and worst of the urban black ghettos. It is not uncommon for a culture to survive longer where it is transplanted and to retain characteristics lost in its place of origin. The French spoken in Quebec and the Spanish spoken in Mexico contain words and phrases that have long since become archaic in France and Spain. Regional German dialects persisted among Germans living in the United States after those dialects had begun to die out in Germany itself. A scholar specializing in the history of the South has likewise noted among white Southerners archaic word forms, while another scholar has pointed out the continued use in that region of terms that were familiar at the time of the first Queen Elizabeth. The card game whist is today played almost exclusively by blacks, especially low-income blacks, though in the 18th century it was played by the British upper classes and has since then evolved into bridge. The history of the evolution of this game is indicative of a much broader pattern of cultural evolution in much more weighty things. Southern whites not only spoke the English language in very different ways from whites in other regions, their churches, their roads, their homes, their music, their education, their food, and their sex lives were all sharply different from those of other whites. The history of this redneck or cracker culture is more than a curiosity. It has contemporary significance because of its influence on the economic and social evolution of vast numbers of people, millions of blacks and whites, and its continuing influence on the lives and deaths of a residual population in America's black ghettos, which has still not completely escaped from that culture. From early in American history, foreign visitors and domestic travelers alike were struck by cultural contrasts between the white population of the South and that of the rest of the country in general, and of New England in particular. In the early 19th century, Alexis de Tocqueville contrasted white Southerners with white Northerners in his classic Democracy in America, and Frederick Law Olmsted did the same later in his books about his travels through the antebellum South, notably Cotton Kingdom. De Tocqueville set a pattern when he concluded that almost all the differences which may be noticed between the Americans in the Southern and in the Northern states have originated in slavery. Olmsted likewise attributed the differences between white Southerners and white Northerners to the existence of slavery in the South. So did widely read antebellum Southern writer Hinton Helper, who declared that slavery, and nothing but slavery, has retarded the progress and prosperity of our portion of the Union. Just as they explained regional differences between whites by slavery, so many others in a later era would explain differences between blacks and whites nationwide by slavery. Plausible as these explanations may seem in both cases, they will not stand up under a closer scrutiny of history. It is perhaps understandable that the great overwhelming moral curse of slavery has presented a tempting causal explanation of the peculiar subculture of Southern whites, as well as that of blacks. Yet this same subculture had existed among Southern whites and their ancestors in those parts of the British Isles from which they came long before they had ever seen a black slave. The nature of this subculture among people who were called rednecks and crackers in Britain before they ever saw America needs to be explored before turning to the question of its current status among ghetto blacks and how developments in the larger society have affected its evolution. Emigration from Britain, like other migrations around the world, was not random in either its origins or its destinations. 
Most of the Britons who migrated to colonial Massachusetts, for example, came from within a 60-mile radius of the town of Haverhill in East Anglia. The Virginia aristocracy came from different localities in southern and western England. Most of the common white people of the South came from the northern borderlands of England, for centuries a no-man's land between Scotland and England, as well as from the Scottish Highlands and from Ulster County, Ireland. All these fringe areas were turbulent, if not lawless, regions, where none of the contending forces was able to establish full control and create a stable order. Whether called a Celtic fringe or North Britons, these were people from outside the cultural heartland of England, as their behavior on both sides of the Atlantic showed. Before the era of modern transportation and communication, sharp regional differences were both common and persistent. In some of the counties of colonial Virginia, from nearly three-quarters to four-fifths of the people came from northern Britain, and similar proportions were found in some of the counties of Kentucky and Tennessee, as well as in parts of both the Carolinas. Although they predominated in many parts of the South, such people also had some northern enclaves in colonial America, notably western Pennsylvania, where Ulster Scott settled. What is at least equally important as where particular people settled is when they emigrated from the borderlands, Ulster, and the Scottish Highlands. Scotland in particular progressed enormously in the 18th century. The level from which it began may be indicated by the fact that a visitor to late 18th century Edinburgh found it noteworthy that its residents no longer threw sewage from their chamber pots out their windows into the street something that passers-by had long had to be alert for, to avoid being splattered. Such crude and unsanitary living had long been characteristic of earlier times, when rural Scots lived in the same primitive shelters with their animals, and vermin abounded. A similar lack of concern with cleanliness was found among others in the borderlands of Britain, and among their descendants on the other side of the Atlantic in the antebellum south. For example, a 19th century politician built up a political machine in the poor white districts of Mississippi by such practices as this. He did not resort to any conventional tactics of kissing dirty babies, but he pleased mothers and fathers in log cabins by taking their children upon his lap and searching for red bugs, lice, and other vermin. Back in the British Isles, the life of the Scottish people was transformed dramatically from the masses to the elites, as they advanced from being one of the least educated to one of the most educated peoples in Europe. However, what is significant here is that much of the migration to the American South occurred before these sweeping social transformations. This timing was crucial, as Professor Grady McWhiney has pointed out in his book, Cracker Culture. Had the South been peopled by 19th century Scots, Welshmen, and Ulstermen, the course of Southern history would doubtless have been radically different. 19th century Scottish and Scotch-Irish immigrants did in fact fit quite comfortably into Northern American society. Significantly, the Irish, who retained their Celtic ways, did not. But only a trickle of the flood of 19th century immigrants came into the South. The ancestors of the vast majority of Southerners arrived in America before the Anglicization of Scotland, Wales, and Ulster had advanced very far. In earlier centuries, Scotland was a poor and backward country, like Wales and Ireland, and like the turbulent northern borderlands of England, where the Scots and the English fought wars and committed atrocities against each other for centuries. 
Local feuding clans and freebooting marauders kept this region in an uproar, even when there were no military hostilities between the English and Scottish kingdoms. Ulster County had a different kind of turbulence, as the English and Scottish settlers there encountered the hostility and terrorist activities of the conquered, dispossessed, and embittered indigenous Irish population. These were the parts of Britain from which most people migrated to the American South. Before the political and cultural unification of the British styles, or the standardization of the English language, the rednecks of these regions were what one social historian has called some of the most disorderly inhabitants of a deeply disordered land. In this world of impotent laws, daily dangers, and lives that could be snuffed out at any moment, the snatching at whatever fleeting pleasures presented themselves was at least understandable. Certainly prudence and long-range planning of one's life had no such payoff in this chaotic world as in more settled and orderly societies under the protection of effective laws. Books, businesses, technology, and science were not the kinds of things likely to be promoted or admired in the world of the rednecks and crackers. Manliness and the forceful projection of that manliness to others and advertising of one's willingness to fight and even to put one's life on the line were at least plausible means of gaining whatever measure of security was possible in a lawless region and a violent time. The kinds of attitudes and cultural values produced by centuries of living under such conditions did not disappear very quickly, even when social evolution in North America slowly and almost imperceptibly created a new and different world with different objective prospects. What the rednecks or crackers brought with them across the ocean was a whole constellation of attitudes, values, and behavior patterns that might have made sense in the world in which they had lived for centuries, but which would prove to be counterproductive in the world to which they were going, and counterproductive to the blacks who would live in their midst for centuries before emerging into freedom and migrating to the great urban centers of the United States, taking with them similar values. The cultural values and social patterns prevalent among Southern whites included an aversion to work, proneness to violence, neglect of education, sexual promiscuity, improvidence, drunkenness, lack of entrepreneurship, reckless searches for excitement, lively music and dance, and a style of religious oratory marked by strident rhetoric, unbridled emotions, and flamboyant imagery. This oratorical style carried over into the political oratory of the region in both the Jim Crow era and the Civil Rights era, and has continued on into our own times among Black politicians, preachers, and activists. Touchy pride, vanity, and boastful self-dramatization were also part of this redneck culture among people from regions of Britain where the civilization was the least developed. They boast and lack self-restraint, Olmsted said after observing their descendants in the American antebellum South. While Professor Grady McWhiney's cracker culture is perhaps the most thorough historical study of the values and behavioral patterns of white Southerners, many other scholarly studies have turned up very similar patterns, even when they differed in some ways as to the causes. Professor David Hackett Fisher's Albion Seed, for example, challenges the Celtic connection thesis put forth by Professor McWhiney but shows many of the same cultural patterns among the same people, both in Britain and in the American South. 
Popular writings of the 19th and 20th centuries have likewise described similar behavior, including the Indianapolis residents' comments on white Southern migrants to that city, which sounds so much like what many have said about ghetto blacks. None of this is meant to claim that these patterns have remained rigidly unchanged over the centuries, or that there are literally no differences between whites and blacks in any aspects of this subculture. However, what is remarkable is how pervasive and how close the similarities have been. Centuries before black pride became a fashionable phrase, there was cracker pride, and it was very much the same kind of pride. It was not pride in any particular achievement or set of behavioral standards or moral principles adhered to. It was instead a touchiness about anything that might be even remotely construed as a personal slight, much less an insult, combined with a willingness to erupt into violence over it. New Englanders were baffled about this kind of pride among crackers. Observing such people, the Yankees could not understand what they had to feel proud about. However, this kind of pride is perhaps best illustrated by an episode reported in Professor McGuiney's Cracker Culture. When an Englishman, tired of waiting for a Southerner to start working on a house he had contracted to build, hired another man to do the job, the enraged Southerner, who considered himself dishonored, vowed, tomorrow morn, I will come with men and 20 rifles, and I will have your life or you shall have mine. In the vernacular of our later times, he had been dissed, and he was not going to stand for it, regardless of the consequences for himself or others. The history of the antebellum South is full of episodes showing the same pattern, whether expressed in the highly formalized duels of the aristocracy or in the no-holds-barred style of fighting called rough and tumble among the common folk, a style that included biting off ears and gouging out eyes. It was not simply that particular isolated individuals did such things. Social approval was given to these practices, as illustrated by this episode in the Antebellum South. A crowd gathered and arranged itself in an impromptu ring. The contestants were asked if they wished to fight fair or rough and tumble. When they chose rough and tumble, a roar of approval rose from the multitude. This particular fight ended with the loser's nose bitten off his ears torn off, and both his eyes gouged out, after which the victor himself, maimed and bleeding, was chaired round the grounds to the cheers of the crowd. This rough-and-tumble style of fighting was also popular in the southern highlands of Scotland, where grabbing an opponent's testicles and attempting to castrate him by hand was also an accepted practice. Scottish Highlanders were, in centuries past, part of the Celtic fringe, or North Britons, outside the orbit of English culture, not only as it existed in England, but also in the Scottish lowlands. The Highlanders lagged far behind the lowlanders in education and economic progress, as well as in the speaking of the English language, for Gaelic was still widely spoken by Highlanders in the 19th century, not only in Scotland itself, but also in North Carolina and in Australia, where immigrants from the Scottish Highlands were unable to communicate with English-speaking people including lowland Scots, who had also immigrated. In the Hebrides Islands off Scotland, Gaelic had still not completely died out in the middle of the 20th century. What is important in the pride and violence patterns among rednecks and crackers was not that particular people did particular things at particular times and places, nor is it necessary to attempt to quantify such behavior. 
What is crucial is that violence growing out of such pride had social approval. As Professor McWhiney pointed out, men often killed and went free in the South, just as in earlier times they had in Ireland and Scotland. As one observer in the South noted, enemies would meet, exchange insults, and one would shoot the other down, professing that he had acted in self-defense because he believed the victim was armed. When such a story was told in court, in a community where it is not a strange thing for men to carry about their person's deadly weapons, each member of the jury feels that he would have done the same thing under similar circumstances, so that in condemning him, they would but condemn themselves. The actions of Southern courts often amazed outsiders, Professor McWhiney said. But what may be even more revealing of widespread attitudes were the cases that never even went to trial. As another study of white Southerners put it, to many rural Southerners, rather than a set of legal statutes, justice remained a matter of societal norms allowing for respect of property rights, individual honor, and a maximum of personal independence. Any violation of this pattern amounted to a breach of justice requiring a specific response from the injured party. Upon learning that a youthful neighbor had approached his wife in an overly friendly manner, Robert Leard of Tangipahoa, Louisiana, promptly tracked the young man down and killed him. Under the Piney Woods Code of Justice, anything less would have invited shame and ridicule upon the Leard family. Intensity of personal pride was connected by Olmsted with the fiend-like street fights of the South. He mentioned an episode of public murder with impunity. A gentleman of veracity, now living in the South, told me that among his friends he had once numbered two young men who were themselves intimate friends, to one of them, taking offense at some foolish words uttered by the other, challenges him. A large crowd assembled to see the duel, which took place on a piece of prairie ground. The combatants came armed with rifles, and at the first interchange of shots, the challenged man fell disabled by a ball in the thigh. The other, throwing down his rifle, walked toward him, and kneeling by his side, drew a bowie knife and deliberately butchered him. The crowd of bystanders not only permitted this, but the execrable assassin still lives in the community, has since married, and, as far as my informant could judge, his social position has been rather advanced than otherwise from thus dealing with his enemy. Again, what is important here is not the isolated incident itself, but the set of social attitudes which allowed such incidents to take place publicly with impunity, the killer knowing in advance that what he was doing had community approval. Moreover, such attitudes went back for centuries on both sides of the Atlantic, at least among the particular people concerned. During the era when dueling became a pattern among upper-class Americans, between the Revolutionary War and the Civil War, it was particularly prevalent in the South. As a social history of the United States noted, of Southern statesmen who rose to prominence after 1790, hardly one can be mentioned who was not involved in a duel. Editors of Southern newspapers became involved in duels so often that cartoonists depicted them with a pen in one hand and a dueling pistol in the other. Most duels arose not over substantive issues, but over words considered insulting. At lower social levels, Southern feuds such as that between the Hatfields and the McCoys, which began in a dispute over a pig and ultimately claimed more than 20 lives, became legendary. 
It has been estimated that, while at least three-quarters of the settlers in colonial New England originated in the lowland southeastern half of Britain, a similarly large proportion of the population of the South originated in the Scottish Highlands, Ireland, Wales, or the northern and western uplands of England. Those arriving from Ireland in colonial times would have been from Ulster County, where Scots and Englishmen settled, since substantial immigration of the indigenous Irish did not begin until near the middle of the 19th century. Radically different cultures could develop and persist during this era before transportation and communication developed to the point of promoting widespread interactions among people in different regions. In colonial America, the people of the English borderlands and of the Celtic fringe were seen by contemporaries as culturally quite distinct and were socially unwelcome. Mob action prevented a shipload of Ulster Scots from landing in Boston in 1719, and the Quaker leaders of Eastern Pennsylvania encouraged Ulster Scots to settle out in Western Pennsylvania, where they acted as a buffer to the Indians, as well as being a constant source of friction and conflict with the Indians. It was not just in the North that crackers and rednecks were considered to be undesirables. Southern plantation owners with poor whites living on adjoining land would often offer to buy their land for more than it was worth in order to be rid of such neighbors. Because there were no racial differences to form separate statistical categories for these North Britons and for other whites who settled in the South, or in particular enclaves elsewhere, indirect indicators must serve as proxies for these cultural differences. Names are among these indicators. Edward, for example, was a popular name in Virginia and in Wessex, England, from which many Virginians had emigrated. But the first 40 classes of undergraduates at Harvard College contained only one man named Edward. It would be nearly two centuries before Harvard enrolled anyone named Patrick, even though that was a common name in western Pennsylvania where the Ulster Scots settled. This says something not only about the social and geographic differences of the times, but also about how regionalized the naming patterns were then, in contrast to the fact that no one today finds it particularly strange when an Asian American has such non-Asian first names as Kevin or Michelle. Even where there was no conflict or hostility involved, Southerners often showed a reckless disregard for human life, including their own. For example, the racing of steamboats that happened to encounter each other on the rivers of the South often ended with exploding boilers, especially when the excited competition led to the tying down of safety valves in order to build up more pressure to generate more speed. An impromptu race between steamboats that encountered each other on the Mississippi illustrates the pattern. On board one boat was an old lady who, having bought a winter stock of bacon, pork, etc., was returning to her home on the banks of the Mississippi. Fun lovers on board both boats insisted upon a race. Cheers and drawn pistols obliged the captains to cooperate. As the boats struggled to outdistance each other, excited passengers demanded more speed. Despite every effort, the boats raced evenly until the old lady directed her slaves to throw all her casks of bacon into the boilers. Her boat then moved ahead of the other vessel, which suddenly exploded. Clouds of splinters and human limbs darkened the sky. On the undamaged boat, passengers shouted their victory, but above their cheers could be heard the shrill voice of the old lady crying, I did it, I did it, it's all my bacon. On the Mississippi and other western rivers of the United States, as it existed in the early 19th century, 
It has been estimated that 30% of all the steamboats were lost in accidents. Part of this may have been due to deficiencies in the early steamboats themselves, but much of it was due to the recklessness with which they were operated on southern rivers. The comments of a fireman on a Mississippi steamboat of that era may suggest why a river voyage was considered more dangerous than crossing the Atlantic at a time when sinkings in the Atlantic were by no means rare. Talk about northern steamers, the fireman of a Mississippi steamboat sneered to an eastern traveler in 1844. It don't need no spunk to navigate them waters. You ain't bust a bother in five years. But I tell you, stranger, it takes a man to ride one of these half-alligator boats, head on a snag, high pressures, valve soldered down, 600 souls on board, and in danger of going to the devil. This was no mere idle talk. Among the steamboat explosions in the South, one on the Mississippi in 1838 killed well over 100 people, and another near Baton Rouge in 1859 killed more than half of the 400 people on board and badly injured more than half the survivors. Southerners were just as reckless on land, whether in escapades undertaken for the excitement of the moment or in the many fights and deaths resulting from some insult or slight among people touchy about their honor and dignity. Again, all of this went back to a way of life in the turbulent regions of Britain from which white Southerners came. Nor is it hard to recognize in these attitudes clear parallels to the behavior and attitudes of ghetto gangs today who kill over a look or a word or any action that can be construed as dissing them. Pride had yet another side to it. Among the definitions of a cracker in the Oxford Dictionary is a braggart, one who talks trash in today's vernacular, a wisecracker. More than mere wisecracks were involved, however. The pattern is one said by Professor McWhiney to go back to descriptions of ancient Celts as boasters and threateners and given to bombastic self-dramatization. Examples today come readily to mind, not only from ghetto life and gangster rap, but also from militant black leaders, spokesmen or activists. What is painfully ironic is that such attitudes and behavior are projected today as aspects of a distinctive black identity when in fact, they are part of a centuries-old pattern among the whites in whose midst generations of blacks lived in the South. Any broad-brush discussion of cultural patterns must, of course, not claim that all people, whether white or black, had the same culture, much less to the same degree. There are not only changes over time, there are cross-currents at any given time. Nevertheless, it is useful to see the outlines of a general pattern even when that pattern erodes over time and at varying rates among different subgroups. The violence for which white Southerners became most lastingly notorious was lynching. Like other aspects of the redneck and cracker culture, it has often been attributed to race or slavery. In fact, however, most lynching victims in the antebellum South were white. Economic considerations alone would prevent a slave owner from lynching his own slave or tolerating anyone else's doing so. It was only after the Civil War that the emancipated blacks became the principal targets of lynching. But by then, Southern vigilante violence had been a tradition for more than a century in North America, and even longer back in the regions of Britain from which crackers and rednecks came, where retributive justice was often left in private hands. Even the burning cross of the Ku Klux Klan has been traced back to the fiery cross of old Scotland, 
used by feuding clans. Observers of the white population of the antebellum South often commented not only on their poverty, but also on their lack of industriousness or entrepreneurship. A contemporary characterized many white Southerners as too poor to keep slaves and too proud to work. A landmark history of agriculture in the antebellum South described the poor whites this way. They cultivated in a casual and careless fashion small patches of corn or rice, sweet potatoes, cowpeas, and garden products. Women and children did a large part of the work. The men spent their time principally in hunting or idleness. The men were inveterate drunkards, and sometimes the women joined them in drinking inferior whiskey. Licentiousness was prevalent among them. Among their equals, the men were quarrelsome and inclined to crimes of violence. The poor whites were densely ignorant. Their labors tended to be intermittent, often when they were pressed for money rather than a steady employment career. Frederick Law Olmsted called it lazy poverty, with whatever work they did being done in a thoughtless manner. Summarizing his observations in the antebellum South, Olmsted said, I know that while men seldom want an abundance of coarse food in the cotton states, the proportion of the free white men who live as well in any aspect as our working classes in the North, on an average, is small, and that the citizens of the cotton states, as a whole, are poor. They work little, and that little, badly. They earn little, they sell little, they buy little, and they have little, very little, of the common comforts and consolations of civilized life. Their destitution is not material only, it is intellectual, and it is moral. When Olmsted found work done efficiently, promptly, and well during his travels through the South, when he found well-run businesses, good libraries, impressive churches, and efficiently functioning institutions in general, he almost invariably found them to be run by Northerners, foreigners, or Jews. Nor was he the only visiting observer to reach such conclusions. Another observed that nearly all of the Old South's successful storekeepers were either Yankees or Yankee-trained Southerners. A French visitor said that, when you saw a plantation in better condition than others, you would often discover that it was owned by someone from the North. A history of Southern agriculture presented this picture of North Carolina in the early 18th century. Many of the inhabitants were rough borderers who lived a crude, half-savage existence. Some were herdsmen, dependent mainly on the product of the range and under the necessity of eating meat without bread. There were also many thriftless and lazy families who had been attracted to the country by the mild climate and the ease with which a bare livelihood could be obtained by hunting and fishing, raising a little corn and keeping a few head of swine, and possibly a cow or two on the range. On the other hand, there were small farmers, many of northern or European extraction, living industrious and thrifty lives amidst a rude abundance and considerable diversity of food supplies, they maintained good-sized herds of cattle, swine, and sheep, and the women made butter and cheese. Borderers, at that point, would refer to people from the borderlands of Britain, those included in what Professor McWhiney and others have called the Celtic Fringe, and what Professor Fisher called North Britons. While the making of butter and cheese might seem to be an unremarkable activity in most rural communities, Butter and cheese making by these farmers of non-Southerner origins was in fact exceptional in the South.
One of Frederick Law Olmsted's complaints during his travels through the antebellum South was the scarcity of butter, despite all the cows he saw. Even among plantation owners, he said, as for butter, some have heard of it, some have seen it, but few have eaten it. Hard data support his conclusions about the scarcity of butter in the antebellum South, despite an abundance of cows. In 1860, the South had 40% of all the dairy cows in the country, but produced just 20% of the butter and only 1% of the cheese. As a study of antebellum Southern agriculture noted, attempts to stimulate greater attention to commercial production were futile, and even the bluegrass regions imported a large proportion of the cheese consumed. The study concluded, in short, while the South abounded in cattle, the reported production of dairy products was very small. A table based on census statistics shows that some of the southern states, such as Texas and Florida, had far more cattle per capita than important dairy states like Vermont and New York. And in most of the southern states, cattle per capita were nearly or quite as numerous as in the northern states. Yet the production of butter and cheese per capita in most of the southern states was insignificant as compared with per capita production in the principal northeastern states. A speaker before an agricultural society in Orange County, North Carolina, said, It is a reproach to us as farmers, and no little deduction from our wealth, that we suffer the population of our towns and villages to supply themselves with butter from another Orange County in New York. In colonial times, butter was imported from as far away as Ireland. Where butter was not imported, it was often produced locally by people of non-Southern origins. As a scholarly history of Southern agriculture reported, in 1858, the dairies producing whole milk for the city of Louisville, Kentucky, were described as probably as well-conducted as any in the country, but almost without exception, managed by Swiss or German operatives. Meanwhile, a newspaper in South Carolina said in 1857, Good butter is indeed a luxury to almost every planter in the southern country, and there is perhaps no one article of food that is more eagerly sought after. In antebellum Virginia, a Richmond newspaper likewise complained of the scarcity of good butter, saying that the quality of butter available in the local market would hardly be thought good enough to grease the cartwheel. When considering legislation to try to remedy the situation, a member of the Virginia legislature attributed the poor quality of that state's butter to the carelessness with which Virginia farmers prepared it. One reason for the contrast between the abundance of butter and cheese produced by German farmers in states like Wisconsin, for example, and the scarcity of butter and cheese in the South was that German farmers, wherever they were located, tended to build fences and huge barns for their livestock and to feed them there during the winter. Southerners more often let their cows and hogs roam freely during the winter, even though this meant that in the spring they turned up half-starved and it took the summer for them to put on normal weight. This, too, was a continuation of patterns found among their ancestors in the British Isles and was part of a more general pattern of carelessness. Many other observers noticed the broken fences and the stunted cattle running at large, unfed and unprotected. Their manure was put to no use. Artificial pasture long remained a rarity, and few farmers stored feed for the winter. In Virginia, a French traveler of the late 17th century saw poor beasts of a morning all covered with snow and trembling with the cold, but no forage was provided for them. 
They eat the bark of the trees because the grass was covered. Wild animals, wolves, bears, and savage dogs attacked the helpless cattle and made the raising of sheep difficult. Germans were better able than Southerners to milk their cows regularly and prepare dairy products, while cows owned by Southerners were more likely to run dry after calves were weaned. A contemporary observer said that even Southern farmers with many cows will not give themselves the trouble of milking more than will maintain their family. As late as the 1930s, a scholar studying the geography and economy of the South wrote, the close attention to duty, the habits of steady, skillful routine accepted by butterfat producers of Wisconsin, as a matter of fact, are traits not yet present in Southern culture. At that point, the Southern states, with 26% of the country's dairy cows, produced just 7% of processed dairy products, such as butter, cheese, ice cream, and condensed milk. There was a similar contrast between German farmers and Southern farmers when it came to clearing land for farming back in pioneering days. Germans cleared frontier land by both chopping down trees and laboriously removing their stumps and roots so that all the land could be plowed thereafter. Southerners more often cut down the tree or even simply girdled it and left it to die and rot, but in any case, leaving the stump in the ground and plowing around it. Although the erosion-prone soils of the southern uplands have been blamed for the poverty of the whites living on them, nevertheless, on that same land, Germans were able to cultivate the hill soil so as to avoid erosion and were willing to expend upon it the additional labor which its topography required so that these soils in their hands yielded excellent regular returns. Comments on the lack of enterprise by southern whites were made by numerous observers in various parts of the South. In Alexis de Tocqueville's classic, Democracy in America, he contrasted the attitudes toward work among Southern and Northern whites as being so great as to be visible to the casual observer sailing down the Ohio River and comparing the Ohio side with the Kentucky side. These were not just the prejudices of outsiders. No Southern man, South Carolina's famed Senator John C. Calhoun said, not even the poorest or the lowest will, under any circumstances, perform menial labor. He has too much pride for that. General Robert E. Lee likewise declared, Our people are opposed to work. Our troops, officers, community, and press all ridicule and resist it. Many whites, according to a leading Southern historian, were disposed to leave good enough alone and put off changes till the morrow. Very similar kinds of comments were made about these Southerners' ancestors in the parts of the British Isles from which they came. Although the term lazy appears frequently in comments on these people on both sides of the Atlantic, there has been no evidence of any such aversion on their part to strenuous physical activity in dancing, fighting, hunting, and other recreational activities. So sloth was not the real issue nor have rednecks or crackers been prominent in such less physically demanding activities as entrepreneurship or scholarship. It is the nature of the particular activities in which they have taken an active interest and on which they have expended their energies, rather than the physical demands of those activities, seems to have been crucial. Not only did many of the groups who settled in the South disdain business as a career, as their ancestors had in those parts of Britain from which they came, they typically lack the kinds of habits necessary to be successful in business. 
among the habits needed to run a business, none is more basic than a steady application to the tasks at hand, doing things in a business-like way. But those relatively few Southerners who did run businesses often displayed no such business-like attitudes. Even when there was business to transact, Southerners would often stop to go watch a cockfight or a parade or visit a saloon or go hunting. In traveling in the South, a Northern visitor commented in the 1850s, you become astonished at the little attention men pay to their business. Such views were not confined to Northerners, however, nor to urban businesses. According to a noted history of the antebellum South, the Richmond Enquirer attributed the success of Northern farmers where Southerners had failed to the social nature of the latter, which led them to gather around the courthouse and country stores to smoke, chew, talk politics, and in general, to waste time. Many Southern businessmen were unreliable about either paying their bills or delivering goods and services when promised. Among Southerners in general, their improvident spending and the indebtedness to which it often led was widely commented on in the United States and in the places from which their ancestors came in Britain. Even large Southern plantation owners with lavish lifestyles were often deeply in debt. Among the Virginia gentry, extravagant and even ruinous bets on horses were common, according to a scholarly study. Nor were Southerners alert to profitable investment prospects, according to observers in the antebellum South. For example, although there were large coal deposits and a beautiful quality of marble near Tuscaloosa, Alabama, the people there bought coal from Philadelphia and marble for tombstones was imported from Italy. In antebellum Virginia as well, Olmsted observed the natural resources of the land were strangely unused or were used with poor economy. Nor was he alone in that conclusion. A 20th century scholar also commented on the coal available in Alabama. The Alabama Iron District is one of the cheapest, if not the cheapest, iron district in the entire world. It possesses a phenomenal natural equipment. Jutting out of the hillsides that flank one side of the broad, open valley are thick deposits of iron ore. On the other side of the valley are the coal mines and coke ovens, and the limestone is at hand. Instead of carrying ore a thousand miles, as at Pittsburgh and the English furnaces, or fuel 600 miles, as at Lake Champlain, the raw materials for these southern furnaces are shifted across the valley by switching engines, and the local supply of cheap black labor helps to give a wonderfully low cost. Yet it was more than 20 years after the Civil War before Birmingham became an iron and steel production center. As for the reasons for the belated development of such a promising combination of natural resources, in spite of the favors of geography, the iron and steel industry in the South was slow in its beginnings and development. Like everything Southern, the industry was retarded by lack of capital and technical skill. Capital was available from outside the South, or indeed from outside the country, as foreign capital was used to finance the building of the Pennsylvania Railroad and the Illinois Central during the same era. But the other factors had to be there to create a promising prospect of profitability that would attract investment. The difficulties of developing those other factors in Alabama was shown by the fact that in 1888, Birmingham saw its first ton of steel run through the furnaces of the Henderson Steel Company and burn out the crude furnace linings in the process. Early explorers and settlers in the antebellum south wrote in
wild fruits, especially the wild grapes of unusual. <laughs> y'all still, y'all still alive? Oh, very well and alive. This is actually confirming when I mentioned uh, about the uh, the morals and dogma, you know, the, the, the Scottish free right masonry, that whole concept like this, this is talking about them people. So, yeah, I appreciate this one for sure. Yeah, I, I just I, I wanted to take it back to the whole, you know, because when I when I had the conversation with Young Thug Father, like the whole the whole idea was it was like almost like a time warp where even some of the conversation is like we got to try to get the audience to a point where we can't really address them like a Drake or a Kendrick Lamar would be able to do it. I'm like, you saying that as if you exist in a bubble or in a different time period than the same people that's buying those albums right now. Those same people that are buying those albums right now exist right now. You can just have a, you could just tap into a different audience. You know what I'm saying? Like that is what shows the creativity level. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like. Oh, facts, facts. I mean, it's, go ahead, sister. Oh, thank you. Oh. Sorry, finish your um idea, God. I'll, I'll wait to you. I'll wait to you. No, no, no. You got it. You got it. You you had it after the video anyway. So you know. Um. Thank you. <laughs> I just I just wanted to um to say because the the brother um DJ had mentioned that you have to appe basically appeal to um the youth a certain way or like they're not gonna find it attractive um or that population interested in the arena of which music has been created to look like with hip hop to be negative. Um, you have to have a certain appeal. My thing is power is very appealing. Power is very appealing. Wealth is very appealing. But those two things are being used against, particularly our youth and against our artistry and expression in terms of what we're speaking of in relevancy to hip hop. So how do you make that an appealing thing and not take away the integrity while you appeal, so to speak? Because teaching law or showing law and having the, the youth be interested in law, there's many ways to appeal on their level. If they knew that they could make money by advising or even helping a lot of their family members get out of jail, <laughs> I think they would be very interested. It's that a lot of us don't have the time or the knowledge and don't know how to create the space or have the creativity for it. So maybe it's more so that, you know, that that type of creative thought is not present in a lot of the circles and ciphers that um, is needed to create the solution. And then when we're speaking of, in terms of, of the wealth, right? <clears throat> they're not getting money like they're supposed to get because they're getting played. This is something that is put in the media, in their face, and everybody's face is made public that they sign these contracts and don't get what they are um, 
supposed to get. So what is it that keeps them signing a contract if it's the wealth that they're going after, but they know they're going to get played for it, right? Mm -hmm. What is it that they're actually um, so intrigued about, right? It's not just the money, I really don't think. You know, it's a certain a certain type of image and prestige that they're looking for and way that they're looking to be recognized as well. Image means a lot. And and that and that is a cultural thing as well for I know for for a lot of us. So in that in that way, when you're appealing to youth, how many different ways on that level can you appeal to them? I well, really I, I I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go, I, I want to cut you off. I want you to land, you know, land first. Okay, all right. Um, so I, I'm going to just say this. There are so many different avenues that can be taken. So many different avenues that can be taken. So many different places that the appeal to these youth can be met at. It's not taken serious enough to be done. That's my personal opinion. And not enough of us have the knowledge and are not looking to open the doors to go and retain that knowledge to then use it for the purpose of taking and putting the power back where it belongs. And that's first with our people and then with our youth because they're the ones that's gonna lead the next generation um, in, in the future. So to have that type of information or any information that will put them in a, in a better position and a beneficial position and a protective position for themselves and their, and their families and communities it doesn't do any good in a book or in someone's uh, uh, classroom being isolated to a nominal figure in order for you to obtain. Because if they get rid of you, that there's that there that goes. This is why elders used to teach so much the youth, or when they were ready, right? At a certain age, they give it to them because it's of no avail, it's of no use if only one person has it or a few selected people. So, what is the point? Like that, that power sits with who has that information. Knowledge is power. So you need to be able to share that. They need to be able to know that. However, it needs to be met. It needs to be made appealing. It needs to be. It has to be. It's mandatory. I don't think. So does the I don't music think have to change? Does, does the music have to change? First, for well, personally, and, and I'm a land because I'm not a brother one to speak, but personally, the music done changed several times already. And it changed, <laughs> it changed basically at at our level, at, at our um um That's creative um, fortitude. It, it it changed because of us. The music has changed. Uh, um even when even when they um um EPMD, right, Dr. Dre, Snoop, and and before and before them were expressing and using hip hop to express their issues in a community. It was messages. It was messages being pushed. You know, it, it was like this is how we feel about where we're at. Not necessarily like now, um, which I just asked my son. I said, "Why do you like the music that you um, and your friends listen to sometimes?" Because I don't allow a lot of that stuff in my house. Um, I said, "I said, do you like the message?" He said, "No." I said, "So why do you listen to it?" He said, "It's the rhythm." He said, "The rhythm and." And and yeah, because it's good. It's said. good music. It's good music. No, no, he didn't say it was good music. He said he said that he just liked the rhythm. He said and the right. He said the wittiness. He said of how they rhyme. I said, but do you like the do you like the actual words? Right. He liked everything he said, except no. for the subject matter. Right. 
Right. Yeah. yeah. He, said, he said, no, I do not like the message. I said, do you think it's cool? He said, no, I do not. Now, here's so, the problem I got. Yeah. Wait, wait, let me, let me say this. I, I no, 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 no. You, you can finish. But here's my problem. A lot of the smarter, you know, like a lot of the what's considered conscious music is exactly the opposite. It's all substance, but it's very little, you know. Wittiness. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? The swag. Really? It's like, it's just not really, you know, it's not this. Come on, it's, it's terrible. No, that well, I don't know. I beg to differ. I read some. I, I, I've heard some really, like okay. Stop that! Um, stop, that. stop that! Don't you start that nurturing? Over here. <laughs> that, start nurturing. Don't that you start nurturing. That presence. <laughs> no, I'm, that I'm presence. Really, of course, that presence fire. But I'm saying, like some of the guys, trying, for real. You know, like I mean, the, I mean, look, you if 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 some of us, to be honest, the, the truth of the matter is we're still holding on to a lot of that negativity. And you're trying to make negative positive, you can't play two sides of the fence. You, you, you need to pick a side. That type of, that messaging from the so-called negative witty side need to sit somewhere. You, you we, we can't entertain it, period. It's just like, you can't, you're not supposed to use a profanity in front of children. You're not supposed to be talking about sex in front of children. You're not supposed to be doing certain things, adult things in front of children. You can't do it. You can't say, oh, do as I do. I mean, do as I tell you, don't do as I do. I'm all right. Well, I mean, you can say that. You surely can. But we all know that you have certain children that's not going to listen to that. They want to be just like you, and that's just what they're going to do. So if we sit here and say there's no conscious music that is as witty or as entertaining or that can be pushed as, as hard, that's we know. Come on, that's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, doggone. Creativity, real art, real art. When people right. um, appreciate it, they're gonna go to buy it. There's there's so many different um, genres of music that we have entertained. So how can you not say, or how can you say the same type of music or the same type of linguistic um, expression, right? Uh, the hip hop can't be pushed in a positive manner and it won't be it won't be accepted or it won't be as you know dope as the hip-hop with all this negative content that's I, I don't think that's true at all and I think that all the negative hip-hop actually there should be a there should be a place where some or some artists communicate with them and they'd be willing to turn that into positive because them lyrics could definitely be turned that energy could definitely be turned and it could be re remade and covered I think if the record labels become a part of the Rico uh, counts, it'll, this will change overnight. Yeah, would. Yeah, would. But how, how many, how, before we get to that point, because that's like, okay, you need a law to enforce what you're doing on a positive. And that, that's a little, well, for me personally, that annoys me. It's like, I don't need you from, the, from, from a judge seat to tell me what I know I need to do as a mother with my children, as a father figure in a community. No, 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 no judge need to tell you what you need to do as a man to protect your, your women and children in your community. Like before it gets to that, of course, yeah, put them charges up on them. But what are we doing immediately at home to make sure that there is no more infiltration with our children and what and with what we decide to do and say? They asking permission to, to, to pimp you. And all you're doing is saying, yeah, go ahead. Nobody's forcing you into that stuff. Nobody's forcing us. 
And at what point do you take seriously not to put your babies in the hands of other people and then cry about what those people are doing? This is why some people won't send their children to school, right? I'm not giving you the opportunity to educate my children inappropriately and improperly. So I'm just going to have to make it away. And some see it so serious where they won't go to work or they'll struggle or they'll suffer or whatever. And others say, you know, feel like, look, I'll leave you until I can make a better way. And I'll, I'll use the law if, if anything happens that I don't care for and blah, 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 right? It depends on how serious you take it. It depends on how serious you are about it. So how, how far are you willing to go or how fast are you willing to act? This is not something I think that's just left up to um, an opinion of somebody when, you, when you're directly being affected. And, and it's, your, it's your child that probably got caught up in something like that, you know, and, and they're part of a record label and made it, and, and you're like, wait a minute, but hold on. This is just an art, a art form. Like this, my, my child doesn't, it doesn't even, my, you know how uh, people, uh, we can get some time. They're not involved in this, they're not involved in that. And like the brother said, ignorance is not permissible in the court of law. I, I have four youth right now that I'm trying to help in regards of their freedom. They've been detained already. And there's some very unfair things that has been being done. Rico Act is put on one of them and he's a baby. Like he's a baby. He, he's the baby of eight brothers. And it's, it's just sad. Like it's sad. He just got in the studio and probably drank some liquor and didn't know what the heck was going on half the time being associated and around. Went to a whole nother state and got picked up, which is, which is a Rico law violation anyway, because that's, that's trafficking. But okay, if you don't know that, um, and I'm talking about on the lines in, in, in regards to the, the officers that came and got him. If you don't know that, what do you say? If you don't know what to say in the court of law, how do you defend? If you can't get to your family, what do you do? So like, this is not a joke. It's one thing if they were, you know, you were just getting a little rap sheet for it, you know, with your, with your, your character, your name online, but no, your freedom, people's freedom is being taken from this. Like, no, I'm sorry that, that, that this has to just, has to have an end. You can't support it, put no money to it be partners with nobody involved in it, none of it, none of it, seal it up, as simple as that. So, so I agree with you, Empress, the thing is that, again, um, for me, um, and my concept of thought is that, uh, and that's why I appreciate him for bringing up that video, and that's why I, I dropped the link to the Tavistock Research Institute PDF document, because in order for you to reverse the psychology that has been um, bombarded into our minds, right, by these people, uh, you have to understand, going back to the root, is understanding what actually happened. That, like, that's the real truth of it, understanding what actually happened to get us into this place. Because you got to undo all of the programming. It, yes, it's a simple, listen, let me tell you something. We the crack babies, babies, that had babies. You see what I'm saying? Like you gotta like think about all the things that have been propagated in our community from uh you know we we were strong households and all these things, things like women's rights brought people out of the household, et cetera, et cetera, brought our women up out of the the motherly position and brought them into the corporate workforce, not to say that a woman yeah. can't do do this that and the third go, go ahead, what you gonna say no, I just said the masculine position go ahead no, you good. I just I wanted I want everybody to you know what I mean. So so for me, at the end of the day, if you got situations where um, 
they have used so much, they're <coughs> taking crafty counsel on such levels against our people. But this is how you know we we are those people of God or the people of the most high God in the flesh, whatever you want to call it, because they work so hard to, I mean, from, from the mental, physical, and spiritual perspective, they didn't they didn't did everything in their power. And you got 400 years of programming even with with this whole concept of slavery and what has happened to our minds. So so for me, um um Kate uh Kasanometry, yo uh mic is hot. But you know what I'm saying? So for me, it's kind of like, I agree with you. Yes, it starts at home. But most of us got dysfunctional parents in the house. They ain't even got no dang on sense. So where do you really start? You know, and, and that's to me, and this is what was told to me by, my, by some of my elders. They said, focus on the youth because that's what the, the enemy is out here doing. They focusing on our children. So we got to focus on the youth. Forget these old niggas who washed up and ain't trying to do nothing. No disrespect to them. But if they ain't trying to shake nothing and they 50, they ain't finna try to shake nothing between the years of 50 and 60. So they in the way. So put your energy and effort towards cultivating the minds of the youth. And so to give an example, to be a walking and living example of that, right? I have a son, I have three, two sons, and a daughter and, and, a, and a newborn on the way. All right, my, my youngest son right now that's in the world is nine years old and by the age of seven, he was a published author, right? Um, my daughter they, and my son, they learn how to speak multiple languages. They learn about business, credit, trust. Um, they learn about uh, the wickedness of the world. Hey, this ain't what we into. It, I, let me tell y'all something. On Thanksgiving, we went over my little sister's house. They was playing uh, some... Uh, some of that music, uh, Kevin Gates and somebody else, and they got a bunch of women's booties on the screen. Now, my son, he's nine. He ain't never saw stuff like this, nine. And he was like, he pulled me to, he looked uncomfortable. He said, Dad, is this worldly music? And he looked very uncomfortable. So so the reason why he respond like that is because there has been a new program placed into his mind. My children don't go to no school. Now, my oldest son, he in school. So when you talk about homeschooling, you hit the nail right on the head. You sending your children off to be educated in the public school system. The same people who came up with the curriculum is the same people who opened up the prisons. This is the whole concept of this. So we have a whole, the, the job that we have to do as a community, y'all, right, is so deep. It's so vast. Like, we got to have our own schools. We got to have our own food, grow our own food, et cetera, et cetera. The food got chemicals. Uh, and, and again, Inky, I got to give you your props because when when bro came into Chicago back many, many years ago, right, he did, a, he did lectures on how these chemicals affected people long term. So you can base, basically see what a person's eating habits are. And then you know if there'll be a an overly aggressive, a sex crave maniac, so on and so forth, based upon the chemicals that they ingest. In. And, and that's why I always give Inky, you know, uh, when I'm not even DJ or vouch for that, when when Inky ain't around, I'm giving him his flowers because the lectures that he did showed you the 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 chemical warfare side of it. Because we already knew about the the mental and the spiritual and the physical, but not knowing that everyday foods you putting inside your body. You know, uh, when they testing the cow's milk in our communities versus the, which I, of course, you know, we all advocates for 100 percent vegan. But um, they test the cow's milk and it's a different kind of cow's milk in our communities than the ones that's in these predominantly white communities where 
uh, they're financially uh, more stable or economically stable, let's just say economically, because we've been economically disenfranchised as well. So there are all these things, but but the thing about like this whole topic that we're speaking on, uh, music is God, or okay, uh, it, it can have you, music ha- or vibration, because that's really what it is, sound, vibration, when you listen in the music, it has an effect on the matter. And I have a course, I have an online university um, called UniI University right now. And I have a course in there called The Rules of Grammar. And, and I'm going to tell you, one of, one of Inky's books, um, Cyclops and the Magical Tongue, um, inspired me to create this course. And in this course, you got uh, Dr. Emoto, uh, who did an, uh, an experiment with water, where he, he had three jars of water with rice in them. He cursed one, blessed one, ignored the other one. And then these particular three different jars took a different form. The one that he blessed, the rice fermented. The one that he cursed, it turned black. The one that he ignored, it turned green and, and, and basically rotted. So what the, the, my perspective of that is, if we, we're 70% hydrogen, right? And this, this is what you got to understand is being applied, the science that's being applied to your children, the weaponized warfare right? You're 70% hydrogen. So if your words have an effect on a, a cup of water with rice in it, with organic matter inside of it, what type of effect do you think it has on your children, on the water inside of their body, the, the essence of their being? And so when he did this, he froze the water and put it under a microscope. I'm telling you, it's a, it's a, a beautiful experiment. And, and we've done this experiment ourselves. Um, me, my empress, and my 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 young son. Um, we've done these experiments and froze the water, put them under a phase contrast microscope, and then you see the beautiful crystals when the music was uh, for uh, thirty two hertz and tuned at the proper frequency. And then you see the sickness in this very same uh, substance when you put it under the microscope when it's being bombarded with uh, uh, throw that ass in a circle or or. Uh, ride or die some crazy song like that so for me um again it, it's so many different things that we have to do but i'm gonna I'm tell you like you said in in the ancient text come out of her my people that's what the heck need to happen separation is what we need we don't need uh fair rights and equal opportunities we need separation we holding all of the money we got all the money we yes white people buy more of the um the wicked music that we, um, you know, that we put out, because again, they have a natural frequency of this, this, this harmony and 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 going against nature and so on and so forth. You know, we've been just bamboozled, tricked, and again, when you look at the people who run in the entertainment industry, that gives you a, a clear view. And then why they own this and own that. So uh, I could go on and on and on, and I don't really want to just be be rambling on, but. It's so much work that need to be done. We look, and I'm, let me just end with this. All right, I was, I did a program. Don't forget, I got them greens, bro. I did a program, right? It was a music program right here in Illinois. Um, had a lady getting the grants for us and all that type of stuff, right? Now, when I did this program, they paid these children to be in the program. They got like a, like they worked a job. They had a. A, a, a weekly or whatever I think it was every every week they got a check at the end of the week and even with that because they'd be like oh well we got to show them they could get money and this that and the third 
that didn't really fix anything. I'm just keeping it real with y'all. And a lot of them, they think it's lame. Oh, that's lame. I don't want to, I don't want nothing to do with that because the psychological program that's been installed in their mind is you're not cool unless you got a fat blunt in your mouth, unless your girl got a BBL and and she's shaking it on the internet and showing everybody, unless you got a, a, a money phone up to your ear or, uh, you know, uh, less work and more profit, credit card fraud, all these different things that our people are getting into that helps them make some money. And it's like, yo, what you going to tell a, a shorty who just took a laptop, made $30,000 off fraud, uh, and you, and even if you got a program that's going to pay him $2,000 a month, what are you telling him? Like, you got to understand what you up against and, and what we up against is, is, is pretty deep. So I'll land my plane right there. I just, I just, I just want to say that those are the things that are good to know. Cause you're right. Those are, those are factors that, um, can definitely be obstacles trying to reach youth that are dealing with those things, but most of the children that I, that I talk to and deal with, I'm an educator and I take my, I take it upon me personally to communicate with the youth, right? <clears throat> Ages, um, what, for the most 12 to around 21 um, in my community freely. And then because I have six children, so they in different grades and my son plays varsity basketball and uh, he goes to all boys school. So a lot of, Matter of fact, recently, um, they had a game in New Jersey and they were in the car and we were right. I, I, I was taking them, I, I um, volunteered to chaperone and a car full of boys. Some of them use profanity and, you know, have conversation that I, I wouldn't care for. But all I said was, listen, young men, young kings, that's how we refer to them. Young kings, you get in this vehicle, watch your mouth. And don't horseplay so we don't have an accident, okay? Can y'all give me that? They say, yeah. One of them say, yes, ma'am. They're not rude. They're not out of control. They want guidance. Some of them can be. But most of them are just looking for guidance. They feel when you genuinely care, and they respond to that. And they feel when you genuinely do not, and they respond to that. As we were riding and coming into areas that were very uh, suburban, they were saying things like, oh, this is serene. I like this. I said, what? You like this? I said, and then over here, but um, the orange trees and, you know, uh, driving, I'm into New Jersey, you see a lot of landscape, right? So they was like, yeah, I like this quiet. I said, you like the quiet? Several of them said this, including my son. They said, yeah, I like the quiet, they, just to be at peace. And when I tell you that really... I was happy to hear it at the same time. It was a bittersweet moment because for youth that see a lot of chaos in their communities, right? It's not quiet. It's gunshots. My son been in the middle of four and didn't have nothing to do with anything. And one of those, we were all in the middle of as a family. I seen, I was so close to the gun. I seen the gunpowder. All right. For them to be around things like that on a constant basis, Gangs being an issue for them and in their conversations on an everyday uh, uh, note. For them to say that, it means that they are not conditioned to their communities where the chaos is present. They do want more. They do want different. They do want better. They were saying that they wanna, they wanna buy that house and this house 
and they would like to be away and they could have just peace and quiet and they liked it up there. And I was very surprised because shoot, I'm not trying to be funny, but even I don't mind a little bit of the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the urban life. It's just that I don't want to be around, you know, a uh, violence, but I don't mind having a house in the Bronx. They said they didn't want to be here. So sometimes what we think our children have become adapted to, it's only because really and truly the conditioning is looking and realizing that the adults are not going to do anything. So they conditioned probably more so to me personally, seeing how the adults deal with their circumstances and then allow them to have to be a part of that. And they don't have any faith that that may change. So they act in accordance. But if they were given options, they would want differently. I know a lot of youth that they wanted to do the summer youth program, meaning they wanted to work. That's not lazy children. I've heard adults say these children don't want to do nothing. That's disgusting. They, they, they don't have the option to do anything else. How can you create financial difference for them if they don't, if they don't know and they don't have the information and they're not literate? A lot of, like you said, your children, which you just said, your children, um, they were learning about trust, but the operative word was learning. Who was teaching them? Who's teaching these children that? They don't know about trust. They don't, they don't know, they don't know about um, UCC laws. They don't know about common law. They don't know, these things are important because they're shaping how their um, communities are being reshaped. And they don't know what they can do about it. They don't know at 16 years old, you can sit on a community, um, on a, um, on a uh, community board at 16, and you can actually stop a building from being put up or taken down in your community. They don't know that. I know they don't know because I'm the one I was telling them. I'm, I, I was, I was, I was literally, literally going to some of these schools and asking, can I come and give um, notice and uh, like literature that you can pass out to the youth? Oh, well, we gotta, and this and that and that. Some of these principals and some of these people that work in our communities are no good, straight like that. They ain't no good. They will sit and not know what's happening from the top, don't question it. But something they got the authority to give as simple as a handout of information. They could find a way to do that. That could. I know that could have went to the parent PTA. How do I know? I sat on the CEC board. That's the Community Education Council. They oversee all five boroughs in New York State. New York City, like, there's ways around all types of things when you want to, to, to do it. And it's unfortunate because this is what we, our, 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 our children lack, adults that actually put the work forward and care enough to make the changes. Because honestly, a lot of these adults have been subjugated to the same thing. And they are conditioned. They are conditioned. These babies are being conditioned, but these adults are conditioned. And so where you wanna break the tie of what is actually accessible to these children, it is with you. Nobody gonna care more than you. When I say you, I mean us, you know, being our own answer, you, you being your own self-savior. That stuff, that comes from an active move from us. Nobody else is gonna make that. Not, nobody else is, is gonna care and do as much and understand at that, how badly um, we're being affected. So I personally feel that a greater connection needs to be made and more action needs to be taken and not out of fear. What, how worse can it get? 
you don't have you don't have anything now anyway you you i mean i'm talking about for those that like you know live uh and don't and don't have the education don't have the resources you know and you could you could go on and on and on right like how worse can it get what are you losing what are you losing if you're not willing to fight for your freedom then you're willing to fight to be a slave and i don't think that makes much sense at all so i i mean i land i i land my plane there if that's how we do it that's how you're going to hit Yeah, that, that's some old clubhouse talk I've been picked up on because I wasn't never saying I, I right? land my plane. That's just unfortunately, <laughs> well, you know, I, we we we're like very I influential. Just, I'm, I'm in, no, I'm, no, I'm through what I'm saying, <laughs> and, and I <laughs> respect what you. No, no doubt, and I respect what you're saying, sister. I don't think that, um, like, I don't want to be confused and saying that I think you should sit around and fold your hands, and I'm not saying that's what you're saying. I'm saying. But I know what right. I'm no doubt. But what I'm saying is, right, um, when it comes to healing, for example, right. And I'm telling you, I learned a lot just by uh, learning how the body works and all these different things. Right. If you want to reverse an ailment or some disease that's in your body, you have to get to the root cause of the problem in order for you to resolve that equation. And so, like for me, I keep on tracing back until I find out what that dang on root problem is okay uh proper in parenting you know like like we say it starts at home right but before it before it started before that house became a home what what happened because people wasn't a part of something else before that home was together so that means that okay like for example our grandparents they told us to go to school get jobs and and be slave workers i don't care what nobody say they didn't realize that they were coercing us into slavery but that's what they was doing now luckily for me i had parents that owned you know my dad owned stores my mama had a clothing store when i was growing up you know i I saw and my dad was in a drug game at first too he's a preacher now but at the end of the day i seen some different things that broadened my horizon and perspective that made me say i ain't finna go work for nobody we own our own business see what i'm saying but that wasn't in my homie them house so they didn't they don't they don't know that type of stuff so you know when they say it take a village to raise a child you know what i mean it, that is the most truest thing ever so my and, and and it's funny how you say how do we make it look appealing i have this whole campaign called make nation building great again all right and, and i'm gonna tell you uh because when we start getting into that concept and perspective of uh, thinking about the infrastructure that we need to have as a people that's what it all boils down to. I'm telling you, my, my children's aunt is in New York. We in Chicago, but she homeschooling my children on the, over Zoom calls every day. And then when they, when they ain't on there, my empress is working with the children and so on and so forth. It's all about building that community because if we don't have enough warriors out here effectuating change, right? It's easy to say we need our own schools. Well, point me to one so I could put my children in and then it's crickets because we ain't got one that like it's it's just that infrastructure work and that's what America has done um they have created the infrastructure that ultimately leads to our destruction and demise but it looks like the American dream looks like a, a dream of stability it looks like something that is going to provide security for you and your family and then once you start 
feeding into the BS and realizing, oh man, look at the injustices in this. The system is fixed to where they know that out of every 10 people that come in here, seven of them gonna be white, one of them gonna be Mexican, one of them gonna be homosexual, and one of them gonna be a black woman. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, and I'm just giving an example. I'm not saying that's the exact variables, but this this stuff is already set up like this when we moving in. So even though your children might graduate from college with a degree, you know how many people I know got degrees. I mean, I smoked them in one month of, uh, of profits for a whole year. You know what I'm saying? And it, and I ain't saying that to brag, but I'm just saying like. Uh, People get degrees in these things and then they 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 working at Starbucks somewhere as a manager and nonsense like that. So like when you look at how this whole system is set up, what we really need is honestly a, a whole new system. And, and that's going to be a lot of work for our people to do. And the reason I'm screaming so loud with this right now is because I don't watch people say all the things we need for all these years. Again, I don't sit at the table with some of the most prominent artists and millionaires and health people and all these different things. And I've listened to what everybody has said we need to do. And everybody is right about all of those things, but those are just compartments or departments under a major umbrella that we need our own, just like Tulsa, Oklahoma, we need our own economies. We know how they do too. And we got to be able to defend those things because they came and tore that down, you know? And so, Going back to the video that Minister Inky played, right? He showed you we didn't act all like wild redneck hillbillies. That ain't part of a uh, so-called black culture. I hate the word black, but that we we not that ain't come from us. That came from like they said them drunk Irish people who was came from Ireland over here on the boat as immigrants. Donald Donald Trump, great great great. And I'm not against you know I ain't mad at Donald Trump, but I'm just talking about. These are the people who came across the Atlantic with all that debauchery, debauchery, however y'all say it, you know what I'm saying? Um, that You know, they came with that stuff. And then they settled in the South and, you know, they, they moved up. Listen, Chicago is ran by the Irish mob. Real talk. I'm keeping it 1,000, which I'm, I grew up in Chicago all my life. Mayor Daly. Come on now. Let's, let's put it together. The old man Daly. That Irish mob, that's what we're talking about here. So when you when I tell you about don't his brothers, hey bro, don't his brother on the music label. No, nah, you talking about Ryan Emanuel, and that's that's Ari Emanuel, but but you know what I mean? This all again, you still leaning toward the same concept of thought. A group of people who work together to maintain their level in society. And they by by uh, the, the most effective way that they can do this is by keeping us divided because we have been turned into the consumers. So uh, consumer slaves, debt slaves, all these different things. Um, I mean, like I, I could go on and on and, you know, I, I ain't going to just want to fool out rant. I was waiting on Inky to stop me, but he was <laughs> like, nah, nigga, run. You know what I'm saying? But um, but but at the end of the day, um. It's that's, so much that work. Is, we that gotta is do. what I was. That's exactly what I was saying in my mind too. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Please do it now. But so, no, so I was but saying, just nah, I was no, no. I was saying, run, nigga, run. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you were saying, run, nigga, run. Got you, got you. Look, I was over here trying to get you to stop me, but it ain't going. So, but but like me and DJ, we we've even had these bills before about what we do with our own. Like you know, I'm a I'm a uh, a chief of a 
so-called Indian tribe. And I use words like so-called because I know where we got some of these terms from, but I, you know, I, I get it. And, and so we talk about infrastructure for our people. And that's one thing that, that we've been on heavy. Like uh, my, my homie Los, he put us on, on this crypto and DJ been talking about the crypto for the longest. And here I am in the crypto, you know, I'm getting 1% on my money every single day. You know, like things that I didn't know that, you know, I'd be scared to take certain loans because I'd be like, man, what am I really finna take out a half a million for? You know, where am I gonna put this money at? So on and so forth. But Let me the ask education, you a like, Wait, yeah, yeah, go ahead. True question. How do you feel about all of those crypto billionaires that mysteriously died back to back? Well, I, I read the backstory because, you know, I'm never going to just take whatever they put on the surface. Inky. And so I think it's weird, you know, for sure. But what those crypto billionaires were involved in, they were unearthing. Uh, they were trying to unearth that uh, the, the human trafficking you know, Epstein type of, they, they were getting in over their head okay. they thought okay. because they had money. So listen, okay. hold on, hold on. So yeah, so we get ready to close out. So um, I want to, we're going to, uh, Marvis, yeah, he's definitely hot. Marvo is hot over there. So we're going to go ahead and let the, <laughs> let the, let the family who maybe um, haven't spoke so much or want to get something in, get something in. I know we got a lot of folks on the panel. Uh, we want to hear from everybody. So, yeah, iPhone, Ray Tola, um, House C. I don't want to mess up nobody's name, but House yeah, Cino. House Cino, bang, yeah, yeah. I just say that we, at this point, what we dealing with that the people before us didn't deal with is the level of concentration of all the things that y'all been discussing. Um, so even with the music, it's not so much that the music today is new or the circumstances is new. It's that the level of concentration that we have to deal with that is much higher than um, before. So it's these levels of concentration of sugar, of music, all these different things that we're dealing with. Um, and that's what, like Marvel said, that's what we got to do. We got to put the system in place um, and create the culture for to counteract this type of stuff, create our own system for our own benefit. Any um anyone else? We got anybody on you know, a lot of y'all on the bottom. I was about to say, yeah, you, you know, folks done uh folks is in the mix of running around, getting half drunk, and uh you know, it's a little crazy out there. I'm about to um I got a debate coming up. I wonder if the brother wanna postpone the debate. We might postpone the debate because I know the is out of work today. Yeah, chakra debate. Uh, yeah, we're supposed to, yeah. So I don't know if I want to mix the two energies though. You know what I'm saying? Plus the brother said he gotta work. So I don't know if I want to do a debate with a time limit. Nah, you should I recommend you possibly push that. Possibly till tomorrow. And I was like, you just, how, how long we been out here? <laughs> no, 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 no. We rocking. You know what I'm saying? But I'm saying like, I don't want to do a debate with a time limit. That's going to be a little, to me, that I don't, that don't, because I know I, you know, I could just, I could blink and two, three hours pass. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
But I think today we we got a really good conversation and we got a good bill. We had, you know what I'm saying, um, every side of the argument presented. I don't think that, um, I don't think that it turned into a uh, everybody jump on an attack young thug father. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't think everybody attacked young thug. I, I don't think everybody attacked Gunner. And I'll be honest, I try to make the video as spicy as possible. You know what I'm saying? While, while you know, to incite as much mental riot, you know what I'm saying? As much, you know, mental riot. And I know that there will still continue to be, you know, comments uh maybe or in the chat or whatever um but it was a pretty well balanced you know and and i i feel like we had a good you know like i said we had some 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 ogs from you know from the street side from the business side from the industry side from you know, we we got we got a mom on here, which I thought was super important. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to her for coming on and you know, mothering, as I feel like that's Big Jeff had um his assistant with him. That's the this the sister as you almost hear, like she like hyping it up. She like when he say something, she says something, you know what I'm saying? But that energy is missing when we have these conversations because it's about fathering, but it's also about mothering. You know what I'm saying? So we can't not, we can't have a conversation about what to do with our badass kids. You know what I'm saying? Without bringing mom Duke up in here, you know what I'm saying? For, for better or for worse to, to, to get her perspective on, you know, how she, how how you know she feels or whatever the case may be so my yeah. question still stand how active was a parent was he for him to be able to have these type of say so because he said he was in the industry from what he said well that's why i had the clips that's why i thought it was important to have like um i didn't edit i didn't take anything out of my conversation with him you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, you know, that's what it is. But certain other things, because we able to look in hindsight and go, okay, if you watch Million Dollars Worth of Game, you know what I'm saying? I lived in Philly. You know what I'm saying? In fact, I was in Philly. I got introduced to Gilly. I met Gilly, like, way before I was – I went to – I went to – um. I went to Philly with uh, with Gotti and Boo. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, Mister Mister and Boo. No, no, no. I think I had it right the first time. Um, but I, they was working on their album, and that's how I like I met the Neptune. You talking about from Chicago, Boo and Gotti? No, 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 oh. no, no. Philly. You know what I'm saying? Philly's most wanted. I think is is the name. Philly's most one. I might be messing it up and then respect to them. I'm I'm sorry if I'm butchering it. You know what I'm saying? But this is a long time ago. This is this is probably like 20 years ago for, for sure. You know what I'm saying? 
But I, I was in the studio with them the whole time they recorded their album. You know what I'm saying? And um, so, yeah, I, I was kind of like around for the project and met some, some people and just understanding the different dynamics of bringing, you know, certain things to the table. When we have, like when we have a conversation, right? Here, here's, how, here's a way to look at it. When we have a conversation on a platform, say it's my conversation or a million dollars worth of game, Hassan Campbell, Sinetta, uh, you know, who, whoever, you know what I'm saying? If the conversation is driven by a person, that's why I thought, yeah, yeah no, I don't do this on my page. I don't do open uh, platform because it get too goofy and it can get crazy. So actually I want to thank everybody on here um, for for being like good panelists, especially uh, Caso and DJ that really gave us a little, you know what I'm saying, some good content type shit, you know what I'm saying. Um, but it get a little crazy. But with the subject, because here's the real thing, you can't have a real conversation on street violence or um, anything even like outreaching to the children in real time or anything like that without multiple personalities in the conversation because in the street, it's never gonna be an isolated personality involved in a situation. Any situation you have in the street, you have multiple types of personalities. You know, so in order to think of something that really is gonna be applicable and workable that we could really grab from the situation and move forward because this is a massive this is a massive teaching moment like this is this is it right here like all of the fathers like okay for instance when kobe came out and was like yo i'm injured and i'm going vegan so i can heal my injuries faster and get back into the league that was the moment all of the fathers, especially, you know what I'm saying? We grabbed the hold to that. It was like, hey, back at the children, like, let's revisit this, this uh, vegan thing. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, Kobe said, you know, like, this is that moment where we can kind of look at this in a negative, in a reverse, you know, especially with, Okay, so Takashi 69 was the first popular situation where it got really popular and everybody watched what happened. Um, now you have this situation where the jury's still out. Like we still left the debate up in the air as far as DJ and Caso. We, you know, um, even though um on on the show. We got more people going with Caso than DJ, but that's because they don't know the law. Because you showed the documents. No, 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 no. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I think it's just a, a, a philosophical difference between the ages because I can see both sides. And I'm going to say this the definitive death blow for you or your side or Caso and his side. It is not going to come until the end of the case. We got to see if them folks got to go on the stand. If if nobody has to go on the stand, I'll be honest, I'm not on your side right now. But 
if nobody goes on the stand, I'm gonna have to eat crow like everybody else that agrees with Costco. You know what I'm saying? No, like, no, no this no, may no, not no. be snitching. If you look at the look at the No, 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 no. Listen, hold on, hold on, Costco. Before you jump in, in, listen. Let me chime in. Wait, wait. I, I, I'm gonna pass it to you right now. Wait, wait. Let me. I'm gonna pass it right to you. But I'm gonna just say this. I'm on your side so far. I'm agreeing with you that once you tell that, especially in situation where it's only two people, it's just, you know, it's me and you here with this pistol and these drugs. And I make a declaration to say, well, it's, it's not mine. So I'm also clearly saying that it's definitely yours. At the moment when I say it's not That's mine. That's not what that means. It's, it can be a whole nother person, bro. Because multiple I got you. Listen. No, 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 no. Wait, wait. Wait, don't hold on, hold on. You. you don't need to re-argue your points because listen, I'm leaving the door open that I'm undereducated on it. So I may not fully know the laws like like you do. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm cool. I'm I don't have no problem with not knowing as much as you do in that. But also, I'm leaving the door open to say that maybe it is whatever you know they saying it is that this somehow you can make a plea and the things in the plea not be used against the other. I don't, I don't know that like that sounds insane to me, but I'm going to be honest, giving out seven, 10 and 15 years of probation sounds insane to me too. So all of this is so outside of like, it's also outside of the norm. Remember my opinion is that the prosecutors are also just as, like everybody that's saying, and like Crumb earlier, Crumb was like, yo, young thug need to go to jail forever. <laughs> listen, I'm I'm with like listen, I'm I understand every side of the argument, but I'm saying there's another side of the argument where we gotta look at these laws, law. The, let, let me let me the, the people that's supposed something. to uphold the law gotta uphold it. Go ahead, Castle. I am a victim of a snitch. I am a victim of a snitch, and that snitch did not have to come to the court and testify on me. But when I looked at my discovery and I seen CI, CSI, and exactly what date and what time and what happened, I knew exactly who I sold, sold drugs to at that time. So I knew at that moment he set me up. He didn't have to testify. He didn't have to testify, but yeah, you you snitched. You ratted me out. I know exactly who you was. You were Yo, working hold with up, the fans. Hold up. It's a video. It's a video on YouTube. It's called uh, The Moment You Realize Somebody Snitched on You. It's some Detroit guys. That shit is yeah, yeah. hilarious. Listen, listen, listen. Let me let me finish it. Let me finish. If I go in the court of law and admit to something that somebody else is trying to say is not so. I then is co-op, I am cooperating with the prosecutor's side. I am agreeing with the prosecutor's side and the prosecutor's okay. side is to convict. No, no, you convict. Good. no, 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 listen, you good. You don't gotta re-argue. Sure I'm, I'm saying, saying either, listen. Have to go, we don't have no. to go to trial for that and see if somebody gets no, listen, Caso, that. Caso, we In got the court you, of listen. law, you were stated. That means oh, that's we, telling, that's snitching, that's cooperating. It's all the same thing. No, you that's, good, that's, listen. We go, listen, we got it. What, that's why I'm saying we got your side, the argument and his, but with the- Yeah, that, that the new iron, way, it don't matter what a, it don't matter what the law says. The, 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 if the if the law said if the 
listen, the, if the law say you have the right to remain silent and you and you choose not to remain silent and, and what you say is incriminating to yourself and others, then yes, that's cooperating. That's the same thing as snitching. This new wave, the new generation, they coming in, the alpha plea, it doesn't matter what, it, what plea it was. If it involved other people and conviction of other people, don't care. If, we don't, if nobody else goes to stand, no, nobody has to testify if young thug plea out or whatever. That in that instance, when no, you yeah, they say this and hold on, this is a no, criminal wait. gang, you are cooperating and you snitch. No, 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 look, no, let me tell you what I know. We
looking in the mirror watching YouTube. Even him making it up. Even him making it up. I understand what you're saying, but he's not built like you. You can't make a nigga be built like you. But what I'm saying is, I can't, I can't, I just don't understand when you say built like me because I'm not saying that I'm built a certain way. I understand. I'm not saying I'm built silent. I'm saying I'm built just normal. Like, but niggas, normally, listen, you shouldn't tell. But I understand you. I understand you. But that dude that created himself in the mirror ain't normal in his room in the suburbs, but somehow slid and ran into AR to say, oh, we're going to put some juice on this and manufacture the street nigga. Because a lot of these rappers is manufactured street niggas. They was manufactured by the machine. That's crazy. Bro, listen. Bro, dudes wasn't no... Dudes ain't grow up their mom, seeing their mom smoke coke and mom do this and mom do that, dad go to prison. A lot of these dudes is manufactured street artists. This shit is, ain't nothing organic no more. Hip-hop is not... A, it's majority of it. I ain't gonna say anybody, but a lot of this shit ain't organic. Like you said, the numbers. A motherfucker say, oh, this is a girl, organic artist. Oh, he was independent. No, he been getting money from the label. That label side, they made nobody know about it. Well, I ain't saying no names. Ask I seen a nigga that used to sing at church tell a nigga on Instagram he was gonna put a bag on his head. He's not he just talking about grocery. Wait, wait, you trying some money? This nigga was just he probably just was talking about a real band. Recently he singing the lead singer in the choir. No, no, no. This nigga was recently. No, this nigga was recently. This nigga was recently singing in church and then switched right over to a street nigga. And now you tell me you put the bag on the nigga head. This is a real question. Come on, man. I'm going to ask you. So a lot of niggas is not being them, man. I'm going to ask you a great question. At what age is it okay for you to start being next? Because you're not born next. At what age you have to be? I mean, this heat or you want me to cut it off? Listen about you. Doing some gangster shit, and they like this. Me, am I the only one? <laughs> okay, so here's where here's where I'm at with it. Hold on, let me get my mic together. Here's where I'm at with it now. Um, let's not discuss our personal opinions. We all on the record. Those of us that spoke today on how we feel on the argument. We gotta, we gotta let the people decide. Let the people in the chat, the comments, let the court. Well, the court is people right now. We like, um, what's those motherfuckers that come on the bootleg movies? One, one time betting. <laughs> right now, we like one time betting. You know what I'm saying? We, we gonna find out exactly what's what with this outfit plea, because to be honest, lawyers get paid the money they get paid because jargon, loopholes, et cetera, et cetera. So you don't really know the full extent of this stuff until you can see how huh? it fully plays out. We see what we saw. No, 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 no. no. I but see what I see too. I'm, I'm from a I say if Young Thug was like, yeah, like yeah. Young Thug was like, yeah. Young Thug was like, yeah. Young Thug was so it's like 55 hours. Brother Marvo, your mic hot. Oh, yeah. Turn your mic. Marvo, oh, my your mic hot. Um, but brother, here's what I'm saying. Brother, here's what brother, I'm saying. I want to discuss. Hold on, hold on. I just want to, for one second, I want to discuss Young Thug's opinion that we saw in that clip right there with him and Wilo having a discussion, especially the part where he says to Gilly and Wilo, all right, so what age do y'all think is acceptable to become a gangster? See, the, 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 the foundation of that question is a faulty premise, but 
it's one that I personally attack because for a while I've been saying that people are um, people keep coming back to the hood with this story, right? And it's over and over and over and over. The shit is like a fucking pet peeve already for me right now. You know, I got shot this amount of times, but then I came back to be a successful entrepreneur. I did 10 or 20 years in prison, and then I came back to be a successful entrepreneur. I blah, 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 cocaine, heroin, blah, 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 but now I'm a successful entrepreneur. Or for the, the ladies, you know what I'm saying? Even, you know, I used to be a gold digger and I gave blowjobs to mad married men in the industry. And now I'm a successful author and entrepreneur. Oh, you know can't be saying? talking about the VP like that. You got chills, huh? Wait, hold on, hold on. So what I'm saying though is this. There was a point in our development as a people that we kind of needed the dirty people around us to provide the story that, and this is why I'm speaking directly to the part where me and Big Jeff is going back and forth. And then his assistant comes in with this idea that it's either gangster music or singing about staying in school. Like it's a lot of, it's a lot more black experience to talk about. So, just this thing where we locked in subject matter and it's like we're not we're not having an opportunity to grow or just not taking the gamble like kanye took a gamble with jesus walks when he put that out it wasn't no it wasn't no you know and looking at the backstory first of all them guys that did the documentary didn't even agree with kanye on putting it out or whatever they just did what they was doing according to kanye a yay, excuse me, respectfully, according to yay. Um, but it was inspirational to me, regardless, to see some of the stuff that yay did behind the scenes and see how alone he was in the process of pushing his music forward until it really hit. So the risk that he was taking was his risk. Now, this other artist, like when you hear, I, got, I think I got to play some, I, I think I might have to play some back. But you hear Big Jeff say that he he got conscious or positive <coughs> artists that they invested $300,000 in. And because the subject matter isn't necessarily the gangster content, they lost money on the artists. Now, I'm going to be honest. Having been assigned to labels that folded and been involved in stuff like that, I'm going to say that I believe based on numbers and statistics and what the market really is, that any positive artist that they had that failed, that caused them to lose $300,000. First of all, when they say that in public, I don't know if they, that might be totally fake. They might just be trying to get rid of some bread, you know, and some other shit. But um, it's possible that I would think that the artists were not that, that talented or they didn't know how to package the artist because they didn't have any experience packaging an artist outside of the niche market that they're in. So 
it's not just the jump to maybe they had some artists that didn't make it. It's not to say, oh, well, it's because this is the only type of music that's selling, which is the reason why I pulled the no, the, the numbers out to show respectfully. You can't say that, you know, it's only you only able to sell records to the black community if you're talking about you know, Draco's and all this other shit because most he, he said it 98% of their record sales going to the European. Right. So that's what I'm saying. But but even to that market is still other people making money that's not talking about you know so but even even still though because yeah. just I'll go I'll say this on the record because people may not know this gang affiliation is not a crime. All right, so think about that. Okay, I'm mute. Clearly not, because you got people right. <laughs> that, that that announce themselves as gang members all day, and it's, it's not a. Um, but yeah, but that go say, on record. You say it's a gang. It's but what that means. I was about to say it. It only. It only. Um, it's only something that is nothing as long as it's not advantageous. But if somebody is uh, saying that they're gang members and they're in close proximity to somebody that they want, oh, your gang affiliation is getting ready to become relevant and you're getting ready to get pressed, you know, if you can be compromised in a situation. You know what I'm saying? That's why when we look back at all of our... um situations where we had maybe positive movements or whatever and they was infiltrated the character that infiltrates the movement is always the same character with multiple felonies in and out of jail you know bottom of the barrel scumbag type of individual you know what i'm saying that just repackaged themselves because one of the things about black folks we're loving and accepting of everybody so you can have a hundred felonies on your record and, you know, come back to the community tomorrow and say, you know, your name is Akbar, whatever. You was locked up. You became Muslim in prison and all this other shit. And, you know, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, and some people make natural transitions as they grow in their personality, regardless to what the situation is, but it becomes different to separate the two. And I, I don't know, it gets all mixed up. I guess I think that, like sister said, the moral compass, and I will go back to what I was saying earlier, the value system, which is why I think this conversation between me as a father and then big Jeff as a father. Now, I know you getting ready to come back to your main question over and over. How much time did Jeff spend as a father if, his kids are, you know, in these situations. Like he said, his other son had a life sentence. They got him out of jail. Then he went back to jail with this situation. And he also took a plea and pleaded out. So not only gonna plead it out against Young Thug, but Young Thug's own brother pleaded out against him at this point. You know what and I'm his saying? His father and them not saying nothing about his son doing it so clearly they're not snitching in order to take the Alfred plea, there's some type of arrangement in place. No, listen, hey, no, 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 no,
that's why I'm not, that's why I'm saying I, I'm going to respectfully disagree, but that's why I'm saying I respect your position because on the flip side, there's so many different nuances that honestly, I do not understand about what's going on that I have to say, I have to reserve some open doorway to figure, you know, to understand this shit that's going on right now. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, you know, I, my mind can't really process it. I'm with the the, the old school. Like if you plead, you, you pleaded. I don't know about a plea that kind of like, it like, like, it's almost like it, it vanishes after you plead. <laughs> Is that what we're saying? Like, I don't know how, like, so that's why I'm saying, the, the Tory Lane situation, out. the little girl, she set up for a plea and had immunity. It's they reserve certain situations per what it is, the type of community. Oh, I got you. No, that part, the immunity part, I don't think anybody is unclear on. I think the major, I think the major impetus of where you get the labeling as a snitch comes from how what you do to take care of yourself impacts the other people for instance bobby schmurter is seen as a hero um regardless to his behavior since he's been released you know what i'm saying um but he's a hero because when they went through the system his guy wound up with more time and he asked his lawyer to ask the judges hey can you know he had less time? I think he had seven years, and his homeboy had like twenty-two years. So he was like, "Yo, you know, can I get seven of my homeboy's years so that way we get out around the same time?" Like, he's he's that's that's valiant. Like you you positively impacted your co-defendant's sentence. So this is why I'm saying, respectfully, I love you and Caso. You know what I'm saying. Um, in emergency, y'all phones is going to ring back to back. You know what I'm saying? Y'all are my brothers. But I'm saying that we don't even have to figure it out definitively on the show one way or another because the court is going to explain this whole thing to everybody when we see if these folks got to take the stand. It's a wrap. Everything is out the window. There's nothing else to understand. If these folks got to take the stand... It's a wrap. If they don't have to take the stand, I might have to just say I stand corrected and shit. We just learned some new shit about the law. You know what I'm saying? Alfred, please, some some next next level. Some, I don't know. I don't even, I never heard of it. I never heard of 15, 100 years. Yo, they getting like 100 years on community service. Like, I don't, I don't even understand some of these things that's going on right now. Like, yo, just snitch on Young Thug. We're going to give you 100 years community service. I don't understand some of this stuff, so I, I'm just tapping out. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I did jujitsu for a while, so I know you tap early. And this that other, it's other prominent Alfred pleas you could check out. Look at the Memphis Three, um, and as far as like the the plea goes, the stuff that you've seen in court, him saying yes to, that's not the Alfred plea. So that's stuff that they that he said in court. That's the equivalent of an affidavit. So she got him on record saying some stuff that's adverse to their group as a whole. That's separate from the alpha plea. The alpha plea is I saw that the evidence against me could be damning. I'm not saying I'm guilty. When you look it up, it's going to say this. I'm not saying I'm guilty. I'm saying that y'all got so much evidence that a jury would see this and think I'm guilty. So before I get into this, I'm going to just plead this alpha plea 
retain my innocence as well. I know it sounds crazy. That's why you got to read it. And then you'll see what that is. And then you see when he got in court and they were reading that stuff off to him. It's almost like she just started reading it and he's saying yes to it. That's not the Alfred plea, though. So that's the stuff in court. Okay. That he just said. Okay. So hold on. So hold on. Now, you just gave us more insight, but I don't know if you meant to. But basically, you basically explaining that two things can be right at the same time. because on Absolutely. The same- that's what oh, DJ yeah. Okay. Saying. Okay. Okay. Back. So we on the same page. So, so basically, we, yo, the Alfred plea does protect you in some instances if you know what the hell you're doing is what you're trying exactly. to say. Exactly. Hey, look, it can protect your whole squad because they can't use that against your squad. But what they can use is that shit you said in court. So the reason why they got him to say that in court because he probably not going to hit the stand. But these words are, bro. That's why I no no no. That's why I have the words because <laughs> that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. No, that's listen. That's Caso. I'm with you because I'm saying to myself, it's a lot of people saying no, and I'm like, okay, everybody seems to be insane to me. The community that's watching the story, the players <laughs> involved in the story, the parents, the judge, the lawyer. I'm like, this shit is like a wild episode of the Twilight Zone to me. I'm like, yeah. all this shit upside down. I'm listening to what he's saying. He like, did they do drug activity? He like, yes, ma'am. Is they a drug organization? Yes, ma'am. Did you witness this? Yes, ma'am. I'm like, shit. He, what, what are you talking? With the the I, older generation, this your statement that they must end. I'm like, shit. That's he's saying some yeah, hellified shit, shit on the, the record. The, Boy, the that's snitching, snitching, snitching. The shit they said about the end, about the the organization having the end, and it's being bad for the community. But what I think the older the older heads is gonna be upset set with is y'all might be agreeing with this and not know that you were agreeing with what you would deem to be snitching so what this dude is doing right he's saying this stuff right he might be copping out to something but you got to see why the lawyer is asking him to do that if they had evidence of them doing these things then they wouldn't need this okay so, like, now, hold, on, hold on hold on let me stop you right there now that's where that's where they're throwing out the wrinkle. hold on hold yeah, on that's, that's the another wrinkle that's that's why i gotta come here that's where another wrinkle comes into this because these these insane deals where you know what That's I'm saying curve like this, ball. yeah wheel of fortune this didn't start happening wheel of fortune with with t- jail time didn't start until they threw out the evidence that they thought they had an ironclad case right, on right because they didn't have the they didn't have the authority to keep that phone that's why I'm saying. What is so, he actually saying? Snitching. What is he now, snitching? Now to? hold on, hold on. Do Wait, let me put this on the let me put this on the record. This is the reason why I was saying I don't understand the Alfred plea is because I I understand what I'm reading. I'm understanding what I'm hearing, right? But I have to still reconcile those with with a comp a competitive spirit, meaning. Even if I look on the Alfred plea, I never heard it before, but I'm literate. I'm a smart, grown adult. I could read the shit and right. see what it's like. I can listen to you explain it and be like, okay, I can hear what you're saying, DJ. I get it. You know what I'm saying? But listening to what you're saying, reading what that damn paper say, it doesn't add up when you understand that the lawyer is up on the other side making a deal. It's like... If none of this works to the prosecutor's advantage, they wouldn't be giving these deals out. Like these deals nah, is insane. Inky, Inky what so, you saying so is they, 
Wait, so that's why I'm saying I, I'm just leaving the door open. That's all. I'm just saying the door's open for learning experience for everybody. Go ahead. You, what you're saying is that prosecution is is reaching. They've been reaching the entire oh, absolutely. time. Absolutely, absolutely. And now absolutely. It's, com- no, no, no. it's coming out. Plastic man reaching. They, no, they right. go crazy. So they now, crazy. now they trying yeah, to. Reach. You can't they, do that type of shit in Atlanta. That's what she came out saying, right? She was like, they. She's trying to make us. Um, she's trying to make an example of YSL right now, right? Exactly. But who offered the only people that can offer the Alpha plea is the prosecution. So they literally knew their evidence wasn't going to stand because they've been asking for their phone back for a while. That judge was going to be like, yo, y'all not going to be able to use this evidence. So all they got right now, what they had was some hearse, the test, uh, the, the rental hearsay. car. Shit. No, 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 not hearsay. The company, the, the rental car. Um, okay. I think it's Hess. So. They they hurts, got that, hurts. but hurts. But they they got hurts, but they couldn't use. Uh, hey, wait a minute! Because- I got a I got a crazy question for y'all. Now here's a super crazy question. Y'all got to dig in y'all bag for this one. There's no right answer to this exactly, but I yeah, want to see. What I want to hear what he this. said. Do you think? Do you think that Gunna is already on paperwork? And he's cooperating based on previous cooperation agreements. Now, I'm going to say this while I'm asking the question. When you cooperate and do certain things, a part of your protection in the future is that you continue to cooperate on anything that should happen in the future. When we go back and we see him on Crime Stoppers and he's a full participant and he's doing videos representing the brand and all that is this what we're seeing an action of some new strategy of the young generation figuring out some loophole to work with the alpha plea or is gonna doing something that might be attached to something else i don't know gonna didn't have no charges before i say remember his paperwork said first time offender fam so, yeah, he he didn't have no charges. He was trying to help his peoples out. With the and the Alfred plea didn't come from us figuring that shit out. That came from the prosecutor. <laughs> the prosecutor was in a position where it's like, I don't got nothing left. I got to get these people on on paper. That's why she got him in court under oath saying X, Y, and Z. So now, if he don't, uh, if if somebody tries to go against those words, they can bring him forward and say, Hey, I got this under oath that this person said this. It'd be like if you took the fifth. You can take the fifth. I can still use it against you, though, because it might not match up with some statement you made prior to that. And just to to veggie back off what bro just said, even him making those statements in a in a like in a court, you know, sworn testimonies aspects. If he's not directly saying it's the other individual, it still leaves the prosecution right. their due diligence. That's why I'm like, he not directly telling. He just saying it wasn't him. Okay. I think these young see, niggas might have then came up, bro. But see, hold on. The whole conversation. Hold on. It's a murder case. No one wants to go down for it. No one. Devonnie Benton's younger cousin, Sergio Kitchens, says Benton is on trial for murder simply because his friends turned on him. Devonnie, you caught me. I didn't. Well, where you going with that? Because I know Gunner. I know. Slim thug. I mean, I'm slim thug. We we talked about it many times. Hassan, let me ask you, because you're the only one in the room. Excuse me. No, 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 no. You're going to clear that up? Yeah, I'm clearing it up. I'm clearing it up. Watch this. This is my man, right? This is my man. For sure. Me, me, 
you and him get into a shooting right now, right? Me, me, you and him get into a shooting right now. We together, look, me, we all together, we get into a shooting right now. We, we go kill somebody, we go kill some nigga over there, right? He's my man, he's my, more my man than you are my man, right? I go on television, I say, yo, bro, it wasn't my man, it was nigga black and yellow, it was nigga black and yellow shirt. I'm telling. Hold up. I'm telling. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hold on. Hold on. Hey, bro, wait, wait, wait. If I say, yo, my cousin didn't do it, it was the nigga with the with the with the black and yellow shirt. Let's tell him. But I'm gonna say something. What what just said, right? The thing that I love about at. Tell me that you gonna tell. Don't sit up there in front like you don't know who's who. You know that. I take and even when we know who's who, we still got to go to the car. He got on that white hat. We're not going on that. We're not going on that. We're not going on We're not clearing it up. What is that? Is that telling? It's telling. Yeah, that's definitely right. telling. That's definitely telling. So if he's my man more than you, Gunna, what, what, what's, I, I forgot his name. He said his name on Crime Stoppers. No lie. He said it wasn't my cousin. It was really the nigga with the red shirt. So if I say it wasn't my man, I, we all men. Oh, so we it's a situation. And he's like, yo, it wasn't my cousin. It. it was the nigga with the red shirt. So in, in our situation, I'm like, it wasn't it wasn't my man. It was the nigga with the black and yellow shirt. So I just gave but enough did somebody information. Go to jail? Did somebody nigga in jail? jail? Nigga in jail. That's what you said. So, no matter of fact, he got locked up. My cousin got locked up. He said, yo, they wrong, they he said they wrongfully accusing. So nobody's in jail. His cousin is in jail. But he didn't tell on his cousin. He, he he said it wasn't my cousin, it was somebody else. And so they, maybe he's trying to set his cousin up for an appeal. No, but uh, yo, all right, all right. So he's trying to set his cousin up for an appeal, but he just some there was a nigga with a red shirt in the video. So it's like, yo, bro, so it's like, yo. If the nigga with a red shirt has not been arrested, statute of limitations is over with. What he's doing is, when he could whack and say he's trying to raise reasonable doubt and send him somewhere else. Might be another place. And the nigga in the red shirt never went to jail. No, the nigga in jail. Then not to know the country's in jail. No, you want to see that? The nigga in the red shirt ain't in jail. Yo, bro, and not only that, I'm, yo, bro, shut the fuck up. Why are you trying to help with cases, bro? You're not even in the equation, nigga. Just shut the fuck up. Let your cousin be like, yo, bro, I know- We cleared that up, right? We, we, we see didn't clear that up. No. Is that snitching no, or not? No, we see where you're coming from, Woody. But we cleared it up. Sorry, that is that the snitching or not? When you give a description and you give the right description, you told. When you right. give a description- So it's gonna write. You know, I don't know, know the full details. Oh, no, no. Based off of what you say, based off of what he said, he is. Based off of what he's giving me, but I don't know the full. Based off of based off of what he's saying. We started this interview. We started this interview saying. I got yes, another like question. Hold on. Hold on. Based off of what you're saying. Started this interview. Fuck based off what I'm saying. You want me to play? Hold on. Just, you, want, just hold on. You, you want me to play? You because I we can all shut the fuck up and I play the two minute crime stoppers thing and then there's no oh, based shit. off what you're saying. You a problem? Wow. Yeah, bro. Fuck. No, let's not select the politics. Nigga, always do that shit, yeah, bro. The two... It's out of Jim Jones. Yeah, bro, look, me. I didn't look, know who the fuck was the going The two OGs on. right... I still don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Hold on, the two... The, look, look. The two OGs right now 
started this interview saying, well, don't select the politics, the hood pick and choose, sure. right? That started with that, right? So let's all shut the fuck up and let's play the Crime Stoppers video right now and let the video see. And then it's no more according to what he's saying. Yeah, let's go according serious. to what this well, thing well, hold is. Hold on, saying. hold on, hold on. See, right. come on, like... It's not a gun interview, my man. It's not a gun interview, bro. That's out. It's my podcast, but I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm the people who say, everybody's watching this. It's a murder case. No one wants to go down for it. No one. Giovanni Benton's younger cousin, Sergio Kitchens, says Benton is on trial for murder simply because his friends turned on him. Just go to see, like, you ain't got no real friends out here. You know what I'm saying? I learned from that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm I'm not happy that it that it happened, but you know what I'm saying? I'm I was I'm kind of good to see that be on the outside looking in. Kitchens is now a member of the neighborhood rap group SPC, known as Shady Park Click, like his cousin once was. That's why that's why it's come back to that that's that street word snitch. No one's want to be labeled as a snitch. I don't want to tell on him because somebody might try to come kill kill me or someone in my family. Kitchen says Benton first lied to police because he didn't want to rat out another member, Clarence Carter. Everybody like know, like the streets know. And so Okay, so real once again, saying it was not one person does not necessarily directly mean that you have snitched on another. Be like, yo, <laughs> wait a minute. How do you answer the, the question before I guy. ask the question? <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. But but I but I was getting ready to ask what but I you know I want to go around the panel and see what everybody besides you and Castle think. You and Castle they just moved the goalposts, that's all. They just moved the goalposts, it's changed. They redefine what snitching is. Snitching is- So wait a minute. Is. See, that's what I'm saying. Just being on, literally being on a program called Crime Stoppers is like, that's open and closed. Like you, you're on Crime Stoppers. There's an unsolved crime that your family's directly involved in. And you told the name of the other person. It's not like you just said red shirt, whatever. He said red shirt. This is the man's name. You know, blah, blah, blah. Like that's. But, hey, I get it. I got a lot of children. So I understand how something that we could be very certain of. It may not be. That's, that just may not be it. You know, the first duty is no, yeah, they just changed it. Let's just say that. Say they changed it. No, absolutely. It, they, I'm, I'm leaving room that the, the game is, you know, it's, it's something different now. It's, it's, it's a new thing. Right. It's completely right. different. You see the way these little boys dress and stuff out here? I was like, I'm not saying that's how I operate. I've actually, when I was younger, I had somebody tell on me. And I realized, like, if I'm going to do something out the way, I'm going to do it by myself because I ain't going to tell on my damn self. So that's just how I developed, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, you got to understand. Yeah, no, you got to understand how. That's right. You couldn't be successful if you didn't understand how to move. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's one of the basic, you know what I'm saying? Like that's that's what it is. And once again, just for the record, gang affiliation technically is not illegal. It is when they try and 
twist criminal activity into it, then they start to add the word racketeering on top of it. So that's the reason why they're even asking this young man, is YSL a gang? Because they're trying to connect the two racketeering charges. So you got to understand the premise of what the prosecution is even coming with. Like they're really trying to set up in order to take down someone. So they're they're collecting evidence because like- This is the reason why, so here's, so this is the reason why I wanted to show the connection. So you got me and Young, we you got me and Big Jeff going back and forth, right? A couple other people chimed in, but it was really just me and him for a good part of maybe about half hour or so. But then give the cultural context from the South because did we keep hearing that this is expression of the culture, this is what it is, this is the community. This is the way out, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, nah, this is that familiar story we keep hearing about nigga, you know, going through prison and da-da-da, coming back to do good. Why don't we start to just get past those stories and go to the guys that avoided prison and just did good off rip? They didn't need to get shot like 17 times or do, you know, 48 years in jail to figure out, take care of your kids and stay at the house. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that there's a space for that as well but so i wanted to just show like this is not a part intrinsically of the black community so this is not even a thing where some people might have thought it was set up to sandbag jeff and even your question i don't feel like it's maliceful of you asking how much time did he spend i hear i hear street lingo when i listen to jeff talk so i know that he might he might have did time or he might have, you know, you know, he so he might not have, you know, it might have been wow if, you know, his kids obviously is in, you know, in the system like that. You know what I'm saying? It might have been rough and tumble. You know what I'm saying? That's how it is for some of us, though. I ain't going to hold that against nobody. But I understand there's a pretext. But for the most part, you as, a, you as a present parent, your main thing is to ensure that your children don't go through that type of stuff, right? <clears throat> a lot of people hey, don't, I, know I'm just don't know better. Yeah, no, no, it's a fact. That's why I said I'm gonna tap out early and often. You you a thousand percent correct. You know what I'm saying? Um, but the thing is, I'm 45, you know what I'm saying? And I'm from the Bronx. I was born the same year as rap. We're rap, like me and rap might be twin brothers, or you know, like fraternal twins or something, like you know what I'm saying? Like, so. I believe Jeff is probably like my mama's age. My mom is 68, she said, right? My mom's 68. That's what she said. My mom could be 67, 69. My mom is around that age. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like when I was talking to him, and that's why I kind of told him on the convo, I think I got to bring back a play, play it back again. Um, but that's why I told him, like, I'm in between the generation. So I may not agree with Thug and how they moving because my thing is this, and I just want to clarify this for the record. I'm not saying that we should be, you know, eliminating crime and everybody should be a square and that's the way to do things. I'm, I'm by, I, by no stretch of the imagination, I'm saying that. Every family that has real lasting wealth in America did it with crime. So 
I understand the value of being able to have a criminal enterprise, make a create a situation for your family, and then the laws change and close the door behind yourself. So now y'all just wealthy aristocrats and you know, whatever, whatever, and y'all got money circulating through the family and blah, blah, blah. So I would never say that crime, but petty crime and all those kind of things, and you know, yeah, all of those things gotta be dealt with. You know what I'm saying? But I'm saying, when I say the music has to change, I'm saying it has to include a more well-rounded experience. Um, when I say the music has to change, I'm saying one of the problems that I have, and I spend a lot of time with the youth, talking to the youth, right? Because we got to make sure we, we keep in our conversation solution-based, right? But one of the things that I, is, is not just money, is how things are packaged and they're very you know it's just common sense if the way we've been doing things is leading to a failure they're going to try to do something else we got to show them that there are other successful blueprints you know what i'm saying there are other successful blueprints that's why i'm like yo when i tell you i get money off the books i'm an author I get money off the books. <laughs> like, like I, I, I try to, you know, put it in the music the same way I would say it to somebody, you know, like so the youngins if they was in front of me, like, yo, it's other options. You could, you could figure out some shit. You know what I'm saying? And everything that you learn, maybe in the street, is applicable in other places. You know, I didn't know that because if you're not exposed to other places, you don't know that you know useful shit already. You know, but are you, um, are you familiar with Toby Nawaji, um, the rapper out of Houston? He's a great example of an upstanding artist. He put his family out front. He don't do nothing. He don't even cuss in his music and his stuff be selling. He's like, oh, one of the I think I know exactly you're talking about. Cole, yeah, he, he, yeah, yeah. Yep. He independent rocking. Yeah. What about La Russell? You up on La Russell? Oh, come on. Of course. I got I got a little clip of come yeah, on. You gotta go play the clip back. Too, in fact, listen, that's why I know I gotta play the video again. Cause I got him in there when the sister is arguing me down and she's trying to say certain type of music won't won't go. I'm like, yo, I got clips of him in there because clearly he's a prime example of like somebody coming in on a Drake wave. It's he not by much literacy. But no, no, but it's not even just that, the subject matter. People still saying what they saying, but it's not about self-snitching. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a difference between saying there's, that there's crime and there's a difference saying that, like it's a difference saying I will. Like if you saying in the rhyme, yeah, you know, if a, if a, if a, if, a, if if somebody mess with me, I do this to him, and people know I I do this because I I done did this before, and blah blah blah. If you saying those things, and that from an abstract space, it's still crime. You know what I'm saying? And, and even considered still glorification of crime, but it's not the same as yeah. Last August on the eleventh. On 117th Street on the corner of Johnson, I shot him three times, twice in the leg. I threw the gun right by 1127, by the stairs. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
that's the kind of music that's going on now. And then it's like, we're surprised when people are going to jail afterwards and they're saying, hey, we're just going to use the music. Why would we think they shouldn't use the music? Like, I would think that that's the super cheat code. Like, wait a minute. Why would we chase these guys down to figure out what's going on if they already told us? No, no, no. We don't have to figure out if you're a criminal because you already told us you was. You, you said it on the record. Wait, 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 wait. Listen, listen. Hold on. Because I think that we're forgetting the use of regular words, right? Listen, um, a part of that that statement that uh, Gunnar put out, he said he didn't make any statements on the record. I'm saying to myself, are you forgetting that you niggas sell records? Like you, you literally, every time you make a song, you're making a statement on the record. Like you got thousands of statements on the record, champ. So that's why I'm saying, like, we don't really understand. Is any of his lyrics being used for that? We don't know what's... Well, listen, they took that plea very quick. He was the first one to jump out the gate in the parachute. So we don't know what was presented to him in that office where they sat down to negotiate. Because, you know, that's how it goes. It's like, hey, listen, so, yeah, we thinking we're going to go ahead and crash up against Look, this. I'm going to tell you, what, I'm gonna tell you why he took it. He, he tried, he got, they didn't give him bond almost three times. And I seen, I seen Gunna. It was a party down here in Miami and Gunna was there. Tiana Taylor was there. And that was the last, he had to leave from Miami and fly into Atlanta to go get his affairs in order. Then he turned himself in, bro. When you coming from that type of shit to going into that, no, you're going to do the first thing you can do to get out of that. When you know you got the ability to. You not nobody wants to on concrete and steel, fam. When you when you got Olympic queen and king beds with now women, listen, hold on. As much as I agree with that side of the argument, again, there's another side of the argument that says you're not in position to meet those people or enjoy that lifestyle if you're not directly benefiting from the blood, sweat, and tears of the energy of the movement of the unit. You know what I'm saying? So. If there's no unit moving the way they moving, and listen, I don't know, like I said, that extent that people been in the street and been into music, real side of music, you know, before CD and all this kind of stuff, like music, music. Like I said, you got to have that muscle, especially early on. You know what I'm saying? Get the clubs to play it. You know, it's take a lot of money that got to disappear and vanish. <laughs> It take a lot of energy, a lot of gorillas around. It's a lot of extra activity that doesn't necessarily it, train. It's not like that in Atlanta, though. It's not like that in Atlanta. Atlanta music culture is completely different, bro. They rock with each other. Like, I know what you're saying in New York. In New York, you used to have to run down and press people to get your stuff spun. But it's not that way in Atlanta. And, like, they really, the Atlanta music culture is locked in. All them people dance and rock with each other down there. So if you tied in to the right, and remember, Thug came up first and then he put his other people on. So he already had the channel in order for him to like migrate his people on. Because remember, he put Lil Baby on. This is a fact. This is a fact. That's why I think it's so valuable to have this conversation with, with his dad. Hold on, let me go back to this for a second so we can, we can tie back into this original source. Because we got some new folks tuning in, they might not even know what we are right now. This is this is what we are. Y'all heard all the songs that got this shit in. 
Let me tell y'all something, ladies and gentlemen. And Big Jim said this, quoted, unquoted. Big Jim said this, and I don't care who got a problem with it. There is no such thing as a damn gang in that now. Enjoy the period to me. Because I've never had to live it. To me, the definition of game in, in, in Georgia is a bunch of scared niggas in a group. Because one-on-one, I guarantee you, a lot of us sitting right here on this, on this, on this internet right now. One-on-one, you wouldn't fight. Somebody hit you in your shit, you gonna grab a gun. Cause you can't fight. Let's be men. Let's fight. Let's fight. But now, if I'm with five other people, you, you ain't got to hit me in my shit. Yeah, why? I'm gonna hit you in your cause I got what? I got help. I got help. But how many of us have been in this situation where your homeboy or your homegirl called you and said, hey, I'm having some issues. And you said, man, I'm finna pull up. And you pull up and you get there and you looking and you you look at the person that they getting into it with. You said, you called me for this shit? You mean to tell me you couldn't handle this right here? That means they're scared. Back in the day, the old folks used to call that one scared and the ain't glad of it. Cause don't they don't want to want to fight. If they were gonna fight, ladies and gentlemen, they'd have been fighting after they'd have called you after the fight was over. Do you get that? <clears throat> Facts. So everybody ain't fighting. Everybody's not killers. Judge oh, other people who hang around money are people who wants to be. And that's their way of trying to want to be. And that's to hang around you and try to absorb you. I have a question, um, Big Jeff. This is Kiki at the bottom. How you doing? How you doing? So I want to speak kind of musically. So the last album that we know um, Jeffrey put out was Punk. Do you know anything about um, where the status of, of his music is right now? Like, what is the um, the next project release? Is it being pushed back? What, what can we look forward to as fans? Well, everything is being pushed back right now because he's not here. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, and I'm sorry for that. Because he did have an album that he was about to release. Mm-hmm. And, it, and that album would have really told you how he feels. You know what I'm saying? Because of all the losses we have had in the last couple of months. That's his way of releasing his 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 mentality of how he's taking it. Right. You know what I'm saying? You know, so, you know, but it's it's still going to be released. You know what I'm saying? You know, we just got to go through this storm right now. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Hey, whatever the outcome be, hey, man, I'm willing to live with it. That's the street. That's how I go. I'm willing to live with it. And also, um, Big Jeff, if you want to speak to, one of the things that Young Thug was in the middle of, 
Young Thug was in the middle of pulling back as an artist. He has a huge responsibility. His record label, YSL, is responsible for the careers of at least 20 other artists that signed to them, including his brother, his sisters, cousins, kids that they grew up with, other talented artists that they've been around. So he was in the middle of pulling back himself a little bit to put the shine on the artists that are signed to him. He has a huge responsibility. Yeah. YSL is a huge organ a music organization. Music no. organization, record label, business, LMC. And to piggyback what CJ said in the us, along with his artists, I also have my artists that I'm trying to push. So we are a we are a real busy record company. Yes. And he allows me, he's my boss. He allows me to do what I do, to give back on our behalf. And he supports it. Last year, last year, we lost over $300,000. And I ain't telling y'all business, I'm telling you the truth because I'm keeping it real. And it was all on me pushing the artists that I decided to put on my label. But he supported it. We took a loss. I got a quick question, uh, Big Jeff. Um, if if Young Thug was able to come out of this situation favorably, would the music change or or do you not see a correlation to maybe like um Okay, because it's one thing, I, I hear this comparison constantly, like to other genres of music where they have violence in it. Yeah, I hear a, a, comp a, a comparison to movies where Arnold Schwarzenegger or these action yeah. heroes kill people in the movie. Yeah. But I think the thing that we don't mention is that these actors and these other genres of music, they make it clear to everybody um, in every interview, in every way possible, that it's just a act. Yeah. I think it becomes different when we make sure that we are showing the guns and we're saying, nah, this is not an act. We belong to this gang and we belong yeah. to that gang. And so it, do you not feel that there's a point where if we keep saying, because earlier you said, do we hear any of this come from Young Doug? I think those of us that heard the music all these years, we definitely heard um, a lot of um, self-admission to criminal acts and criminal affiliations. Do, do you not think that that is a big issue of what's going on right now? But because he said, do that mean he's actually admitting to something? But because he said, do that mean he's actually admitting to something? You know, you know, he also, like I said earlier, he also said something about a lot of the things that has taken place in his own life. Now, what if he made an album and he spoke on how many times he has had a threat on has had a threat on his life? Then everybody else say, well, he just tried to say that so he can cover this. Bullshit. You understand? I don't know, you know, when, when you leave your boss, your man, when you leave your mom and your dad's nest, they don't know what the hell you do in the street. You understand? So the only thing we can do is support it. 
when you get in some or when something happened and we have to come to your rescue. Y'all understand what I'm saying? I'm not looking for the truth. I'm not looking for the untruth. I'm just being real. I'm, in, I'm accepting life. Because this is a part of life. This is a part of being who you are. Now, I'm going to go out the rep to give you a better understanding. We had a man who lived for years as an entertainer. Went through God knows what and then died. Still getting the blame for something that no one was able to prove. Michael Jackson. This was a man ran out of his own country to where he had to go to other countries to be happy. Why is that only in our country? That a black man can't be successful and be happy. The system just released Bill Cosby behind allegations that were put on him from 40 goddamn years ago. My point is, regardless of what you do, young man, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, like I said earlier, the system still say your ass still black. Let me ask you this question then, um, because I, I actually um, been bringing a lot of attention to that very thing right there. Um, I don't think that I think that we as a people we need to have a much more clearer understanding of what black means because I, I've had conversations, but like last night I don't you know I ain't gonna say the other because yeah. I know that on Clubhouse I'm learning the rules even in Clubhouse like they say there's another room because then there's so. But, but my thing is, is there's not a real understanding or consensus of what it means to be black. So a lot of people think that black is criminal culture. They think black culture is going in and out of jail. They think the rights of ashes is catching a body or talking like, you know, talking like you in that space. Then it even goes a step further because that's a false narrative. That's a false narrative. Not everybody think that because you're black, that's a false narrative. Everybody believes that or thinks that because I don't. But the problem is that, that there are some people that do. So what I'm saying is, is as black people, I think it is our responsibility to create the right narrative so that we step forward on one thing. This is what black is and this isn't what black is. I think that we are the ones that need to determine that. So and that's my protest. That's that's what I'm speaking on. That's why I say we got to make them realize the, the system is not going to realize because you got you got people all all goddamn inches or you change the system. We got to know. change your system. Let him land his meeting. I'm listening. I can hear you. I was just saying that to me, man. I've been listening to y'all, man. I just like everybody talking around, but you personally, when it comes to this, and football talking about people, but it's all about us and our disease mind. We got to get right with self first in order to project an outside influence. You got to get right within self first. You got to get your mind, your culture, and yourself together first before you can make anybody else respect who you are. You have to respect your own blackness. You have to respect yourself. 
You see what I'm saying? Once you start protecting that, that's just like a man. When you a man, you don't have to speak that you're a man. Your actions, the way you walk, the way you carry yourself, gonna say you a man. We have to project blackness, bro. When y'all talk, when, when talk about black, I heard nobody talk about nothing but gangs, this gang culture, this tough shit. That's not black. Y'all trying to associate everything that's negative or that's supposed to be so hip hop with blackness, and that's not blackness. And I agree. Let me let me let me ask you a question, Big Jeff. Let me ask you a question, though. I agree with you a hundred percent. Let me ask you a question, though. And that's the, and that's the mentality, and that's the movement that I'm trying to form, so that we can show them that we're not just what they think of us. Do you think that the music plays a role in that? Like, maybe we need to change the music because if we keep saying that we drug dealers and we killers and we drug dealers and we killers and we drug dealers and we killers, there has to be a point where people believe us. Okay, now let me tell you this. CJ is one of my a rs right? I'm going to let her tell you how many times I have spoke on that within our unit. You understand? And this is the feedback that you're going to get, young man, because I got Will Daddy, Will Pops, Will OG, I'm not your damn OG. This is what people want to hear. And that's where they wind up falling down. They're trying to say things to what people want to hear. You understand? It's been it's been several times I have walked in the studio, listened to some tracks, and I have asked them, why the hell would y'all be saying shit like that? Y'all don't need to have that shit on them song. Pop, that would they folk want to hear. Yeah, that would they might want to hear. But after so long, you gotta say something different. You gotta do something different. Now slime is 30 years old now. And you can hear it in his music now that he's transformed. He's transformed. You know, the songs that you all like are the songs that have that bullshit in it. But he has some songs that he's expressing his damn heart in. And no one listened to him like that. You understand what I'm saying? But as soon as they make these Songs with these hardcore ass beats and put some hardcore shit to it, everybody jumping out the club work. I'm an RB man. I want to hear some smooth beats. I want to hear y'all express your little, your little bullshit, little lives, and all that, because you're you going to fall in love for a lot of times. I don't know when the girl hurts you. I want to know when you hurt the girl. What's in there? But, but, but do your age group like hearing that? Well, well, I'll say this. I'm not sure that um, the, the the children or the youth or the, the, the younger folks today are able to get to it because our executives, you know, I mean, if you know anything about the music, you know, it takes a lot to push these songs and really make these songs pop. You got to put you got to put 100,000, 200,000 behind a song to get it to pop. So. In the 90s, maybe there was a space where we could say, you know what, white folks, white folks, white folks. But now we have enough black executives where, you know, some of the responsibility, we got to kind of put on, put this responsibility on ourselves to, to an extent, no? And let me back you up right there. We're not just going to say white folk, white folk, white folk. We're going to say... Yo, excuse me, can I say purple, please? Yes, yeah, purple. And we'll... I, 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 Sorry about that. 
Yeah, we're gonna say perfect. I went cool with that needle. Okay. I told I told my kids and all the people that's a part of me. I don't want to hear music just for one particular group of people. I want you to make music for everybody because you are what they call an entertainer. So you have when you're an entertainer, you have to entertain everybody. Everybody. You have to. That's what make that's what make you get to where you're supposed to be. Let me tell you something, little fellow. Jeffrey Lamar Williams, the second on the first, has a 98 to two minority fan base. And it's been like that for the last seven, eight years. You understand what I'm saying? So it's not just it's not just us that's enjoying this shit he's saying and doing. But you ain't gonna hear that. You understand what I'm saying? You're not going to hear that. When you go, if you if you rewind the film and look at some of his, a, a lot of his concerts, you'll see more than more of them than us. You will see purple. And that's always been the case. They they're the ones that really support the the, the, the ticket sales and the merchandise and the, and the shows and the concerts. My point. my point is this: I guess taking it a step further, right? Because even like owning your masters, you you, you notice that, for instance, um, Tupac presented himself a certain type of way, but his song spoke more to a human experience, and therefore his masters are worth a lot more money because the songs. You know that the longevity. You know that it, it's a different type of longevity to these to the music. And so, like a lot of people making a big deal out of owning masters right now, a lot of these masters are not even really worth anything outside of three to five years because they got such a short lifespan. Yeah. And then, um, so, so, so my point is, is do you see like again, you know, like even like you said, you have your own separate artists. Are you cultivating artists? Personally, that have a different sound to them, or even are your artists that you are personally signing? Are they also saying that they are gang members, killers, etc., etc., etc.? Let me. I want to take one second. Yeah. So going back to the music, what Big Jeff was saying, and he's absolutely right. I'm gonna give you a perfect example. Y'all remember this artist, Kia or Kaya, K H I A. Kaya was a very positive artist doing a lot of positive things. Didn't nobody want to hear her. She went and threw out a song, My Neck, My Back, Lick My... That's the biggest record. So it is. There's a whole culture of kids trying to be cool. There's a whole culture of kids not wanting to talk about stay in school. Whatever, because they feel... Who's going to listen? Who's going to buy that? What? Whatever, because they feel... Who's going to listen? Who's going to buy that? What? About stay in school and whatever, because they feel... Who's going to listen? Who's going to buy that? How many people in the audience now is going to go and get a record? 
How many of y'all get gospel? There's positive music out there. There's clean music out there. How many of y'all get gospel? There's positive music out there. There's clean music out there. How many of y'all get gospel? There's positive music out there. There's clean music out there. How many of y'all get gospel? There's positive music out there. There's clean music out there. gravitating towards is all the street stuff and all the street linger lingo and then if you really think about it these artists and the writers because not all artists write everything sometimes it's not them writing these lyrics that we're saying oh they're in a gang they're this true that that may have been a writer a ghostwriter a real writer a so another artist but what everybody's gravitating towards is all the trendy stuff that makes you feel like you're cool and you're big and you're popping. I mean, the masters, that's a whole different conversation. That's a, I mean, we could go there. I, I want to just differ for a second because the biggest artists don't talk like that. Drake doesn't talk like that. Jay-Z doesn't talk Drake like that. Drake ain't uh, from the project. Like Jay Cole doesn't you're talk right. like that. So you're right. So, where are they so from? Drake ain't from the project. Like that. Jay Cole doesn't You're talk right. like that. So. Yeah, so where are they from? Drake ain't from the podcast. Drake can't talk like that. I'm sorry, for a second. So is it one mic? One mic. Hey, hold on, man. Hey, who you want, mic? Yo, just hello. Let me just say this real quick. He did answer the question. Like he asked, he said that he have spoke to them and he asked them to change the music. You're going down a deeper rabbit hole that is probably more than likely above his pay grade. Because at no, the end of the day, they got to get a check from these labels. And the labels is the one that went through the rap like this. So does anybody else have another question? I want to answer his question. I want to answer him. Thank you. I want to answer him. And my answer to you, young man, is the songs that, the, that those cats you have named, they have songs like that too. Don't don't get it twisted. They do have songs like that too. They are just mindful of when they are going to put them out or if they are going to put them out. But I want you to understand this. Your Drake's, your Jay-Z's, your Kanye West's. My song, my song has albums with them, not just songs. He has albums with them. The albums, the songs on some of the albums just have a, they, they pick and choose the one they want to release. So now I want you to just think if they're making songs with him, don't you think somewhere down the line out of two or three albums, they're going to have some type of language in there like that? They just being mindful on releasing them. Hey, yo. It's smart. Hey what's, up, hey, what's up, Big Jeff? It's Major. Um, uh, hey, what up, Bob? I just wanted to tap in um, for like two seconds um, and say, first off, I want to say, you know, my condolences for Keith. That's it. You know, that, that's our brother that, that shit hurt. Um, and, you know, I know regardless of how we feel, whether it is what it is, it's hard to watch your son go through this. So, you know, 
much respect to you, much respect to the to to everybody. That I think means, that's uh, major. I don't know if you, you yeah, get I, that. That's major. I, I, I just wanted to tap it on this candle because it's so interesting. Me being one of the artists that was, uh, you know, around when you would walk in the studio and speak on these things and ask these questions. And as you know, Big Jeff, I'm not really, I don't talk about guns. I don't, yeah, you know, I, these, these things aren't, they're, they're not really in my music, right? Um, yeah. And I'm not saying that to like, to put anybody down or glorify anything but just to say that um it's interesting to have the perspective right i think looking at somebody like kendrick lamar right we all seen kendrick just released recently um i don't know who in this room has heard the thing that he's saying um but it's interesting because there's a trajectory just like the jeff is saying like all these people we have these songs we we have the songs that are that we are the worlds we have you know, and, and and I've sat in the studio and listened to Doug just play songs back to back. He has the arsenal to go put out a a, a white left Sean album if, if he wanted to. But you got to remember, Kendrick had to start with Good Kid, Mad City. He had to bring you into his world first. And I think, I think uh, one of the crazy, one of the illest things I ever learned from Tupac is just watching watching his uh, interviews and stuff. He said, "Man, I had to go into the fire to bring people out of it." So you have to remember that in order to relate as a artist, as a, as anything, you have to literally relate to these people that are in a certain place. But remember, the culture right now is, is toxic. It's one dimension. So when we're talking about, when we're talking about, oh, do these, are, do these artists have this or are they going to put this out or whatever the case may be, they first have to step into the fire where the culture is at and then bring people out of it. There's no way for people to just relate to you. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm an artist. I've been an artist for, for 16 years of my life. I'm 25. Nobody relate. Nobody cares unless there's something that they relate to, you know? You just have, you have to relate. And for some people, for, 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 for Thug, the, the biggest thing for him was where he was at. So he relates to the people where he's at. So in order to bring them out of it, it takes time. It takes time to get to that place where you can speak to them as, you know, where Kendrick is speaking to somebody now. It's not an overnight thing because people, like like we said, people don't want to really hear that. You know, people don't want to hear somebody preach to them. Like Big Jeff Jeff said, you know, when I first entered the chat, he said, yo, when we sitting here talking about what people want to talk about, they're all ears going back and forth. As soon as you start actually talking about some real shit, niggas, leave the chat, bro. Let's just keep it real. Is it just me? Am I the only one that got 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 vitamin pill bottle, herbal bottles all over the place. Why, why, do I, why do we do that? Why do we buy so many of these little things that we know we're not going to take 35 different pills and capsule, herbal capsule? You know you're not going to take all them things every day. Now, there's Blue Magic. You did. Sabies Herbs, Inky's Herbs, the harming herbs, key Irish mosses, and much more. Each spoonful with no capsules for just sixty-five dollars. 
So are you going to pay $1,000 to have this nutrient profile circulating in your blood? Or are you going to pay $65? That's why, that's why it's come back to that, that, that street where it's snitched. I'm going to be straight up, Doug. Like, a lot of us, man, we be... Uh, you did 20 years, then? Yeah, 20. I did five first, then I did 20. I did five in the juvenile system. I did 20 in the penitentiary. And I went, so you really did more time in prison than you ever did on, on, the the earth, on the earth. That's why a lot of times... <laughs> when some of y'all young niggas, some of y'all, when some of y'all young niggas in here that still, that still be living that shit, I don't be talking to y'all on Instagram as some square ass lame ass nigga. I'm talking to y'all as a nigga that been in the prison yard. See little young boy come in with his tattoos on his face, and he like, oh gee, like what's up? You know Keisha? I'm here. I don't know about that's your mom. Yeah, she said, could you call her? Call her. trying to get niggas some real game. Because I'm going to tell you some shit, uh, it's lonely than a motherfucker in there. And when life goes on, your family dying, when I'm seeing the young niggas, and I, you know, certain niggas hit me out there and give them some game, I'll be trying to lay it on it because, like, ain't the nigga that's going to say, hey, young nigga, take this pistol, take this package. I ain't going to put you on no dummy mission. And the problem is so many niggas are scared of y'all. I'm not scared of no young niggas. Because I'm not coming at you in the wrong way. I'm coming at you the way your daddy ain't coming at you, the way your, your, your uncle couldn't come at you, because them niggas was dead in prison. So I ain't gonna be on the gram talking some selfish shit to you, just like I checked the young nigga in here. I don't know who it was. Like you rappers, like the artists, if you don't want to be an artist, take it to the streets. But don't bring the dumb shit in the game trying to prove that you a fucking real nigga. And while you proving that you're a real nigga, you gonna finesse yourself out of position and out of opportunity that can change your family and generations in your family life. Y'all get money that niggas never got, huh? Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the legends. Shout out to all the legends that made it possible they got burnt, fucked up contracts. I mean, ain't never seen 30,000 one time. Shout out to all them. But y'all get money so when Half I, a thousand so when, I, so when I speak to the young Yeah. So Still living I, in the projects. Yeah, some of them died off. So when I'm speaking to niggas, I'm speaking to young niggas like, yo, man, fuck if you ain't trying to hear, nigga. I'm going to keep giving it to you. One day this shit might catch you. But don't wait until it's too late and you, and you got that phone, that burner phone with you on Instagram and I done told you how your life going to go. And now you got 60 fucking years. Your brother know what time it is. It's like that motherfucker right now could be sitting in the cell with a phone like, damn, my brother out there living the life. They out there living. He was in that cell. His life was almost gone. No one is going to be labeled as a snitch.
So are you going to pay $1,000 to have this nutrient profile circulating in your blood? Or are you going to pay $65? And I want to piggyback what you said, Major. I, uh, this is a scenario. For three years, Doug was just relevant. He was just relevant. I sat him down one day. And I said, so let me tell you something about being an entertainer, because I was an entertainer myself as well. But I did R&B. I said, one thing, the, one thing that the audience wants to see for their money is a damn show. So you got to create a gimmick to give people a show. That's what giving people a show is. It's a gimmick. You got to sit down and create something that's going to be real unique. And then you got to be able to have the heart and the courage to display it. For three years, y'all seen Slime walk across the stage, grabbing his crowds, just like rappers did. Then he went from that to throwing water in the crowd. Then he went from that doing a Cinderella thing. Every everybody was quiet until he put that goddamn dress on. And the whole world went fucking crazy. The whole world went crazy. You had other artists putting on a goddamn kilts, cause that's all it was. You understand? So now understand this the dress situation so that you all will be clear on that. The dress situation got him a million dollar deal. He bad films. You understand? That got him a million dollar deal. And it, and it was a mistake. This man made a million dollars off of a damn mistake that a seamstress made, that a store made, really. He has a large, he has a long upper torso. He bought an outfit to wear for his show. But the shirt was too damn short. So they had a they had a dress with a similar pattern. We bought the dress, had tried to have the dress alterated. When the box came to the show, during wardrobe change, it was discovered that they didn't alter the damn thing. So him being who he is, want his money. He said, fuck it. I'm finna go get my money. And he throw that goddamn dress out there on and went out there and did just what he's supposed to do. Get his damn money. Right. End of his session, he took the dress off, gave it to a young lady in the front of the audience. Guess what that dress might be worth right now for her? Everything. You understand what I'm saying? So, but but you all took it and ran with it. You did what I just said we want you to do. Talk about us. Make us continue to be relevant. His life right then. His life changed. I'm 44, Jeff. My name is Dr. Inky, so I just want you to know, like, I'm I'm probably in between your generation and the next generation. You know what I'm saying? But I, you know, I appreciate you for being so 
you you're saying you're this is pride and I, I just want to thank the platform i'm not landing a plane and none of that i just want to thank the platform because i feel like this is the realest and most important conversation that has been had on clubhouse about this and i, I feel like you've been like a super stand-up person this whole conversation and you went into every you know like you, you just been super honest and transparent so i just want to thank everybody again and just you know leave it like that i appreciate it man I'm going to, that's what always get from Big Joe. Trust me. If you see me on the street and you come to me and talk, you're going to get the same thing. I don't change. I don't change for nobody because that's me. I'm here to do what's got to be done. I'm going to ride this wave with my children throughout the whole situation. He's not the only child I got incarcerated with him. Also my son. Yep. He's my son as well. He had a wrong, he had a wrong sentence with law enforcement. My son had a life sentence. We got him out of jail off of a life sentence. His case is not over. So imagine how he feel right now. It's, it's a murder case. No one wants to go down for it. No one. Devonnie Benton's younger cousin, Sergio Kitchens, says Benton is on trial for murder simply because his friends turned on him. No, 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 no. Because I didn't, you called me, you, I didn't, where you going with that? Because I know Gunner. I know Slim Thug. I mean, not Slim Yo, yo, Hassan, Hassan, we, we talked about the mad times. Hassan, let me ask you, because you was no. in the room. If, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. You gonna clear that up? Yeah, I'm gonna clear it up. I'm gonna clear it up. Watch this. This is my man, right? This is my man. For sure. Me, me, you and him get to shooting right now, right? Me, me, you and him get to shooting right now. We together though. We, we all together. We get to shooting right now. We, we go kill somebody. We go kill something over there, right? He's my man. He's my, more my man than you are my man, right? I go on television, I said, yo, bro, it wasn't my man. It was the nigga with the black and the yellow. It was the black and the yellow shirt. I'm telling. Hold up. I'm telling. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm telling you, bro. Hey, bro, wait, wait, wait. It's a question. If I say, yo, my cousin didn't do it, it was the nigga with the with the, with the black and yellow shirt. Let's tell him. But I'm going to say something. What Action said, right? The thing that I love about at, tell me that you gonna tell. Yeah, bro, don't sit up there in front like you don't know. Don't bring it up. Come on, we know who's who. You know that. And even when we think we know who's who, he got on that white hat. We not on that. We not on that. We not on that. We not clearing it up. What is that? Is that telling? It's telling. Yeah, that's All right, telling. Uh, that's definitely telling. Sir. I, if he's my man more than you, Gunner, what was I, I forgot his name. He said his name on Crime Stoppers. No lie. He said it wasn't my cousin. It was really the nigga with the red shirt. So I say it wasn't my man. I, we all men. Oh, so we it's a situation. And he's like, yo, it wasn't I didn't my know cousin. About it was the nigga with the red shirt. So in, in our situation, I'm like, it wasn't. It wasn't my man. It was the nigga with the black and yellow shirt. So I just gave oh, enough information. Did somebody go to jail? Did somebody in jail? Nigga in jail. 
That's what you said. So, no matter of fact, he got locked up. My cousin got locked up. He said, yo, they room, they, he said they wrongfully accusing. So nobody's in jail. His cousin is in jail. But he didn't tell on his cousin. He, he said it wasn't my cousin, it was somebody else. And so they, maybe they, he's trying to set his cousin up for an appeal. No, but the, yo, all right, all right. So he's trying to set his cousin up for an appeal, but he just some, there was a nigga with a red shirt in the video. So it's like, yo, bro. So it's like, yo. If the nigga with a red shirt has not been arrested, right, so, so right now, statue of limitations is over with. Doing this, when he could whack and say he's trying to raise reasonable doubt, okay, and send him somewhere else. Might be another place. place. All right, cool. And cool. the nigga in the red shirt never went to jail. No, the nigga in jail. Then not to know the cousin's in jail. No, you want to see that? You want me to play it? The nigga in the red shirt ain't in jail. Yo, bro. And not only that, I'm, yo, bro, shut the fuck up. Why are you trying to help with cases, bro? You're not even in the equation, nigga. Just shut the fuck up. Let your cut be like, yo, bro, I don't well, We cleared that up, right? We, we, we see didn't clear that up. No, is that snitching no, or not? No, we see where you're coming from with it. But we cleared it up. Sorry, that is that snitching or not? Well, you told. Well, right. you All right, so uh, hopefully we're getting ready to close out. Um, my people still alive. Oh, we alive. We are living. I know it's the holiday for some people. Some people don't celebrate. Some people celebrate alternatives. Some people just in transition. So I get it. We've been here all day. Um, but the gods is building. So if the gods is building, then I, I'll get out the way. If, you know, I'll let everybody, you know, we can go, go, everybody can open their mic and, and, you know, express their expressions. Hey, in closing, I'm just going to say, stop snitching. What's your shirt say right now? Just shut up. Ain't that what it say? No, 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 no. We got we got the F the check movement. F the check, just shoot it. Oh, okay, you know? just shut it. That's what just, I'm putting another T on. Shut it. Just shut it. <laughs> just shut it. Hey, well, just actually, shoot. That, that's actually the name of it, shoot. So there's actually a T on there. It's, it's imposed, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Okay. Well, just shut it. <laughs> Facts, just shut it. Because I think if you start talking, then we in trouble. So, I mean, not me, of course, but whoever you is your co-defendant. So I go with the old school method of do my dirt all by my lonely. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that way, you know, I don't got to have to worry about nothing. Now, I know that nobody know because uh, I was by myself. But, um, but yeah, so that's really where I'm at, man. I appreciate the build. And um, just the, the insight um, on what it is. And, and the last thing I bring it back to is that a lot of this stuff do seem like a psyop, like the brother was saying earlier. Um, it's so much confusion out here. But um, at the intentional. end of the day, what would you say, uh, uh, I said intentional confusion. Absolutely. It's intentional. Hold on, Kaso, we, we're going to go to you next, Kaso. We're going to go down the line so everybody can close out. Okay. No, nah, so but but I agree. I mean, it's intentional, like you said. I mean, it's just 
just like the pandemic, you know what I mean? Like all of it is just meant to throw your mind in a frenzy in a sense, but in the terms of reality, that whether this is a psyop or not, um, I just like when I saw the video that you played, bro, because I hadn't really saw none of the video. I just be hearing the headlines. So, you know, you assume that if it's 50 million people saying it, it must it, it might be true. Like if, if the news headlines reporting that gonna admit it and everybody in the street saying it. So that was my first time actually hearing out of gun of mouth why the lady was asking him. And um, in closing, it just looked like snitching to me. That's all I'm gonna say. It, it looked like, right, bro. Well, I think for all of the ways around and for me, it was important to be able to introduce everybody to Thomas Soul, to introduce people to what street culture is before there's a street. You know, we, we got we to gotta realize there's a street culture before there's a street. There's a ghetto culture that, that migrated here. And imprisoned some of us where those mental shackles still never came off. And so there's a template where, like I said, I'm talking to the dad, I'm talking to Jeff and I'm talking to his associates and it's like, they don't, they don't understand this greater reality exists. And I'm, that's why I'm pulling up the record sales. Like, nah, what do you mean? This, this music y'all tapping into is not even, this ain't even the best seller and this ain't even it. Like this ain't pop culture, but this ain't the music that sells. Like, so you can't say it's it's doing just for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, but anyway, I definitely want to thank you for coming on and bringing some folks on and, and adding on and building God because you definitely made some, 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 some crazy uh, contributions. I don't know doubt any time God and um, you know, Next time, just give me a little earlier on the on the link, man, because, you know, we got the whole community. Um, you know, I, I did upload the YouTube link, to, link into the community, so I didn't just put the Zoom in there because I was like, wait a minute, maybe everybody shouldn't be popping in the Zoom. But, um, man, anytime, God, I appreciate you for having me. Yeah, we definitely got to do some more. I Caso, what you got, God? Okay. Now, uh, yeah, I was listening to it seemed like it seemed like young thug's uh father was he was really basically just unlearned. You know, he don't he just don't know. You know, a lot of people just don't know. So which 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 brings me back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, if 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 he don't know, what makes you think his son know that? That that when breaking breaking down the puppets and coons, you know what I'm saying? The puppet is the one who don't know, and 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 I don't know. I'm being used by the system. I'm oblivious to it. All I see is the check. You know, you you do that. All right, bad. You know what I'm saying? That's for, that's one aspect. And the second aspect, I want to chime in as far as the young man was saying about uh. uh we don't know law, so we don't understand what snitching is. And the thing is this, snitching is not defined by law. The, 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 that's, the that's, the, that's the opposite, you know what I'm saying? So there's no law you can read in the, re, re, in, the, in the law book that can define 
what snitching is. Snitching is defined by the streets and the people in the streets committing the criminal activities. And if the people in the streets committing the criminal activity defines that, okay, you admitting to something that we're doing as a whole is criminal activity, then th it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? There's no, we don't need, we don't have, we don't have to wait to go to court and see uh, uh, what happened. The only thing I, can, I will say is if Young Thug either A, gets the same type of time they got, a 15-year probation or whatever the case may be, or it please out and get the same time. Like, say they may come to you like, hey, just plead it as you're going to get this probation, whatever the case may be. Or B said, well, look, I'm gone. Y'all go ahead and, and, and do what y'all going to do because I'm gone anyway. But other than that, that act that we witnessed, the lady at, the lady asked Young Gunner in court and his response is according to the rules of the streets because I, like, I, I, I spent 10 years in criminal activities, past the statute of elect, spent, spent 12 years, I spent from 16 to 28, I went to prison in, 20, in 28, I ain't committed no crime since, but my time, my time in the streets, according to what he did, we witnessed with our own eyes, we heard him say out of his own mouth, that is snitching. You can't redefine that with a law book because it don't come out of law book. It's a code. It's the streets. It's a code of the streets. Look and what up, he bro. did is laws for snitching, bro. Laws for snitching specifically. Who, who defined the laws for snitching? The streets do. I'm from the streets. I lived my life. My whole youth was in the streets. The streets That's don't get to define anything except for who's popular, bro, because they don't run their own streets. They don't control any real estate unless we're talking about Latin Kings. So how do you get to make decisions? No, 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 no. We're we talking about right now. We talking about people committing criminal activities and people who let the, the the snitching, the snitching cooperating with the law. The the, the 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 police officer is not telling you back in the days the police officer is coercing you to say certain things but they're not telling you if you say these things that's snitching they're not telling you this they're telling y'all man think about your family whatever the case may be they're not going to the law there is no law in the law book for snitching <laughs> there's not no snitching bro, is, it, yes, snitching is. is the terminology that was that was smartphone look it up there's laws for snitching specifically. The word snitch is in the law. <laughs> That's a terminology that was created by the streets. That was a terminology that was created by the streets, young man, uh, way before you was born. That that was created by the streets. This no, I don't. I'm not. I'm not here to educate you, but respectfully, there's something called etymology, and the word snitch goes back hundreds of years. Okay. So it's not made by melanated people. It's something that they didn't adopt it. Once again, like how we seen in that video, all of these niggardly ways from European people that we adopted. So the snitching paradigm don't even come from us as you're trying to project it as something coming from the streets. Like that's something to be like adorned or something. You feel me? I would say that the, the word can have more than one meaning. Um, or context, depending on who's using it and what, you know, what context you're using it. In. So I can see what DJ is saying. I can also see what the brother is saying that, hey, we we define this word as such. We Not even this word, drop the word. This phenomenon 
of doing this, this, and this, we describe that phenomenon as this. That that's what he's saying. And I see what you're saying too, DJ, about hey, the etymology of this and if the behavior as so well just showed us comes from here. And he's saying, hey, we regardless of that, it's however, not like we made the action of snitching. That was that type of situation has been occurring all throughout of time. You feel me? Somebody Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm it. saying he got he got specific though. He got specific with we when we when we are gonna uh do these crimes. No matter what you do with these white people, if you do anything with them, any type of cooperate, that's snitching. So this is our this is our rule. I, this is what we're going to uh, describe that phenomenon as, not necessarily based on the the uh, colloquial term. Language is relevant to understanding, man. That, that's the bottom line. Well, if, if, well, if, even, if, if even I understand of that, this to mean this, then that's let what me, it let is. Let me add this piece too, because because we closing and y'all opening up new arguments. Listen. <laughs> Let me say this on it. I think the conversation that we're having is maybe outside of the legal. I think that it, it actually all facets are included in the conversation. And this is why conversations where, you know, group conversations is necessary, especially amongst the men. You know, um, even though we need to hear from the sisters, but the brothers need to, you know, especially with different viewpoints, vantage points, um, age, you know, experience, like it all needs to clash up a little bit so we can get some different perspectives. I learned a few different things. Like I said, we still going to see how this thing, this whole thing pan out, you know, and I think that We've been live now six, seven hours on this subject, and I don't want it to get lost, which it, it might have because it's such a crazy topic. But again, the whole thing is being able to present a new um, set of solutions and options to the next generation. That's what we want to be able to do and use this as an example like, hey. There was a wave, you know what? Let's let's keep it even a, a level realer. And maybe um, only people over 40 may be able, or 35 even, maybe 35, 40 will be able to attest to it. But um, it's really more the older generation from me. I, I, you know, I was a kid. But that 80s period, you know, um, when I got, in my teenage years in the 90s we were trying to we were trying to do things like what the guys in the 80s did with people in the 2000s coming on trying to do things like the guys in the 90s etc there's a point where you had to realize that the available money on the street is no longer the same. It's never going to be the same. So the risk to reward factor is different and it's always going to be that. So it's almost like the street life that used to be of yesterday will never, ever come back again. You got to say bye to it. Um, this seems to be that space for this type of music and the record labels being able to amass so much money because you got to remember on the flip side to this, when the artists get in these contracts, the labels put all kinds of clauses and things in there to protect their interests. So should the artist lose their life or get a life sentence or something crazy, 
you know, sometimes there's reversion clauses with some of the rights and the, the money breakdown. Yeah, and insurance. It's man, insurance. man, it get crazy. So, you know, all of these things really got to come to to the forefront now that we're starting to see chinks in the armor where it's not, you know, because for so long it's been, here's a product. The product is black kids killing black kids, regardless of how it sounds. That's what the product is. And if you fit this image, you know, you can do it. At first, you had to be authentic. After a while, it was just cookie cutter. We're slip you in the slot, you know, then it got to be real wild where, hey, you ain't even got to know how to rap. Well, you just need to look like you authentically from the hood and we'll get somebody else to come up with the music and all the other shit for you. To the point where we had Millie Vanilli, but we never thought it would happen in the rap music. And now we're seeing Millie Vanilli in our form. You know, this is lip syncing to us people from the street, from the that's really from the 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 well that rap spring from. You know, we've really from that cloth of people. So we're looking at this thing changes. Some of the changes we 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 benefit from. Some of the changes we don't like. So we got to voice our opinion as the elder guard. But you know, it is what it is. You know, some of these things are. You know, it, it might just be time to say goodbye. You know, this is operated a certain type of way for a while. But you know, especially with seeing what's going on after death with some of these artists still being contracted, they image and likeness still being on tour. You dead and you still on tour and your kids probably don't even get that money. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's it's a lot of shit that, uh, you know, that we got to deal with from a street perspective. And we got to deal with from a trust fund baby perspective. You know what I'm saying? Because um, we, we have to know those things and be aware of those things. And we need to be able to move you know, in both spaces still, even as both spaces are changing. Corporate in 2022, corporate in 2023 is not the same as corporate in the year 2000. The streets in the year 2023 is not the same as the streets in the year 2000. So, you know, it's it feels good to cling to what you know and it's safety and, and all that, you know, but everything is constantly changing. So the idea of the streets is changing, you know. Um, you know, the idea of the streets getting gentrified. <laughs> Think about it right now. Look, the new corporate environment is your house. You know what I'm saying? Like the new corporate environment is working from home. You know what I'm saying? The new version of the streets is drug delivery that's legal. Like it, this shit is all the way around insane. You know what I'm saying? If we if we put a 20 year comparison on cats that was getting 10 to 15 or 20 years for getting caught with certain drugs, now it's legal. They like it's it's just different. You know, it's everything true. is different. It's gentrified, bro. We gotta adopt. We gotta adopt and we gotta adapt. You know what I'm saying? We gotta adopt new things, new ideas. And we got to adapt to the new ways and the, and the ways that people are moving out here, you know. But at the same token, we got to examine 
our roots and we really got to be able to shake this shit that's plaguing our community that's really not a part of our community as we see you know there's a there's the there's a difference between you know like we put the memes on facebook and instagram and blah 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 that they could take the slave off the plantation but they can't take the plantation off the slave and they'll show the, the chain attached to the brain, you know. So we dealing with that situation now. We just, we, we, it's one thing to acknowledge it in a meme, but there's another thing to be able to go within and do the internal work and find just where the chains are attached to your brain, you know, because we all have it you know, in different ways and different facets. And we got to keep that process going of self-discovery, self-development, you know, find the parts of ourselves that are weak, you know, um, fortunately and unfortunately at the same time, you know, pressure bust pipes. So we get to see these young kids now as an example where people been warning folks from scared straight. I remember when I was a kid, it was scared straight. You get like a three-time felon that look like he eat kids for lunch to come yell at you if you don't listen to the adults. Like, ah, you want to go to jail? Ah, we gonna fuck you up? Ah, rape you? You know, scared straight. You know what I'm saying? It's different now. The kids is they don't that don't it ain't the same. You know, and so there was more examples like Bob Marley said, you can't take a day off because the other side don't. There's been a 24-hour day, seven days a week promotion to our children that hey fuck principals fuck school fuck entrepreneur you could be a slime ball and just get to the bag to the point where we even started to glorify people that scam and finesse like it, it became a thing like yo and then girls start saying in music they like scammers and like Right up into the point where it's your debit card being stolen or your, you know, like, like, you know what I'm saying? But again, from poverty, different look um, from, you know, just being able to pull yourself together and just so it's so many different things. I hope nobody lost sight of anything. Um, But yeah, we got to close out. So that's that's kind of me closing out. Um, DJ and Kyle, so we got and closed out and opened up and closed out and opened up. Um, we need to hear from the other folks close out. You know what I'm saying? Where y'all at? Yo, solution. I think what you just said, I was going to say rethink, but uh, the roots, we need to go back to them roots. An example of what I'm about to talk about uh, as a solution to for a change. It is um it is a video you can look at um by Teddy on Teddy Riley, and there's another person. His name is Jordan Belfort. He's known as the Wolf of Wall Street. You can watch that movie, or you can look at some information on him online because he teaches uh, salespeople um, different techniques. That's how he got people to give him money. So what he used um is tones, and what Teddy Riley, what I'm talking about, um was talking about was in an interview he was talking about working with Michael Jackson and how he was trying to work with Michael Jackson. He was nervous at first, and he was trying to do things one way um, and be completely perfect with things. Um, and Mike told him, hey, give me the tones. I needed to, to sound like this tone-wise. It didn't matter what you say. 
Um, and when Jordan Belfort was getting uh, money from people, the Wolf of Wall Street, they didn't get into it much in the movie. What he was using was tones. And if you ever heard Dr. Inky, you will know that light structures water and sound becomes light. So if we can use these things to create what is known as mnemonic devices. When I was younger, I was in a German class. There are still songs that I can remember to this day, mnemonic devices that help me to remember grammatically different things in German. Um, so what we can do, like y'all are saying with the music, they were saying that it's no people that's spitting um, um, beneficial stuff. Um, or, or the, the music doesn't sound good. What, what we have to do is focus on the tones. So it's not going to matter what you say as long as the tone is specific to what you try to get accomplished. So we put the right tones behind that information, create those new mnemonic devices, the way our ancestors created mnemonic devices that we still use today to learn from, then we can create we can create new mnemonic devices for ourselves and our children to learn from to create our new um, culture or, or re, um, re-implement culture that we had from before. Because what we are running into now is we're lowering the bar for niggas that can't dunk. And all the things that come from them not being able to dunk and us lowering the bar for them. Um, and now we're seeing the, the effects of that. Even the people who are watching the game and saying, oh, yeah, I want to see the niggas dunk on the seven foot rim. And now it's a bunch of people dunking on seven foot rims like they're really hooping, but they're not. We got to raise the bar back up to the level of excellence that we come from. And we can do that, uh, especially with young people, by using tones, because that's what they they feeding into. So we can use that same science. That was it. Oh, snap. Anybody else? Anybody else got any closing statements? Um, I do. Go ahead, sister. <clears throat> All right, so I know a lot of this stuff is geared around basically having money to do any of it or the knowledge to know how to maintain doing it. So a girlfriend of mine um, and a few others that I know, but I like this one specifically, she had just put up how she started her 19-year-old um, business and got her, her credit. So this is just a checklist, right? Instead of um, getting the youth in the mind that they need to just change music and artistic, you know, form and expression is beautiful, but uh, you do need the spaces to create in. It does take money if you want to sell. I mean, you know, on the profitable end, right? And they should control that and know how. And besides just the creative part, they they should understand the business part, right? So some of the more simpler foundations to start them from um if if anybody wants me to share with them i would right choosing a name and purchasing a logo on a website there's a lot of different resources for the websites to be used for free and this could just be used for fun even with fifth graders fourth graders i started with my children my youngest is eight my oldest is 21 and 
it can be hard if you don't have it in place either because they're looking like, okay, well, why you don't have it if it's so good, right? <laughs> I was dealing with that with the trading, um, opening up free trades, uh, trading um, platform with TD. I think TD Bank offers it. And I had my two oldest doing it, but they were like, as I was learning, I was trying to show them, which I can't say is a no-go. You start somewhere, but you start. But it's just not as, you know, um, it. The results will be better if you put things in place better. The blueprint, right? So you choose one, choose a name, purchase logo, website. Two, purchase a virtual address. You can do that with Alliance, DaVinci, Opus, WorkSuits, Regus, WeWork. Those are different um, um, sites that you can purchase a virtual address from. And <clears throat> three, register, register business, register the business with um, SOS. Uh, get an EIN from IRS, which is free. Purchase a 1-800-BUSINESS number. You don't want to have your personal stuff out there, right? Open a business bank account. Um, community banks are most of the time cheaper uh, to open that with, and you do it with your uh, with your business and your EIN uh, number. List, uh, and then you list the company uh, with your directory, 411. 311 here, right? But I'm, well, 401, sorry, 401 directory. Uh, get a free DUNS number. Uh, sign up with NAV, right? I'm just throwing the information out there, but of course, there's more. Um, hold your hand to it, which I don't mind doing with anybody. Uh, trade lines and vendors don't require what is called a PG or credit score. So there's something that uh, when you get this set up, Right, you can ask for, or you can go for no document loans, and by law, is uh, required for the banks to provide it as a funding option for small businesses to access fifty thousand of funding. And I think even if this is a place that is a, maybe a little bit unfamiliar, there's a lot of information. There are people that want to help and uh, put you in a direction and your family and children of how to do it. I'm one of those people. And if it's something you're interested in or you wanna start organization, I have a friend that works with um, the Department of um, DYCD Youth Community Development and wanted anybody that had a blueprint, he would help get the funding for to get signed with the city and state if you want to do that. So how, do they get, you know, how, do, how do the people get in contact with you? Cause we gotta go down the line. Okay, so please, um, I put my name and number in the chat um, for another brother to, to utilize, but anybody can utilize it in my email. If you wanna communicate with me, I'm also on, this is my real name, on um, Facebook at Shanique Bellino. What I do is uh, readings <clears throat> on, on that platform. I'm an oracle, medium, seer, um, healer. I share a lot of different type of um, information, uh, education, finance, health that I um, have personally utilized and or think would be useful. So you can link me there. I have a group called Ancient Heart Readings Group. Um, you can you can join on Facebook there. My Instagram I don't use too much, but I'm gonna start because there's been a lot of requests. I'm I'm kind of like the search is enough on Facebook, but yeah, anybody could reach me if you want and. That's it there because I'm gonna get to other people. And I just I love children 
and I want to work with whoever wants to work with me. I don't have favorites. And um, I know a lot of people would land that right now, a sister was begging me to get into a group where they're showing how to get houses for free. She's in St. Croix. So if anybody want that link, you want to join that group. She is so dope and beautiful. Um, link me. I'll link you with her. And all my network is your network. So, yeah. And with the training, too, I hope you, if you don't know how to open up a Robin Hood and the basics and learn how to, like, uh, um, understand and know like the simple stuff of what to do and sign up i'm there for it as well i'm not a professional i'm not legally counseling and guiding okay so you getting hot Goodbye. again you getting hot again sis you getting Stop. hot again sis we love you sis <laughs> you are getting hot uh we can't all go to jail we just going about to see a rico on my page uh yeah no it's um los is uh he the last one if he's still around. Ghost might be doing some holiday stuff. Yeah, he probably walked off from the computer. All right, Hal Sino, what you got? Man, that was me that was talking earlier. You probably didn't. Yeah, I, I, I know, but you didn't close oh. out. So what's your close out? Hey, what look, you got in closing? I, I, my closing was that solution. I think you wasn't you wasn't here when I said it. The solution was uh, mnemonic devices and learning how they work and putting that information that that dude Jeff was talking about ain't selling on um beat so i said that uh what we got to mm -hmm. do is check 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 out so i said uh teddy Riley did it. father respectfully yeah yeah, yeah. i'm mean, aiming whose dad caused their son slime so teddy riley Boy. um did a, did a <laughs> teddy riley did an interview um about working with michael jackson and he was saying mike was basically telling him yo man make this easy for me give me the tones give me them sounds and then i'll put the words to it afterwards so once that tone gets to the specific uh, frequency that people want to hear, then you put that that information in there. They not um, they almost not gonna have a choice um, to, mm. to to stimulate and activate the left and right brain. Okay, so you you can do some things. You just have to learn how they work. So Jordan Belfort. That's the cymatics. That might be a whole nother conversation right there. Yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. is. And that's where you come in because you know how yeah. to do this shit. And you need to yeah. come clean up Clubhouse because niggas is up there talking crazy. I, I know. I, you know what it is? It's just, yeah, it'd be hard to be everywhere. Hey, I, I give you that. It is hard for you to be. Man, I'm hearing niggas talk. I teach classes on melanin. We ain't black, though. Like, nigga, you teach wow. classes on black and we ain't black. I know. That's crazy. Yeah, so you yeah. gotta tag, you gotta tag, you gotta figure it out. I, I gotta I gotta spend some time over there and get some some house cleaning over there. Family, I'm I'm I, I wanna thank you for tapping in. Um who is next? We're gonna go to Caso. Caso, you up, champ, for the closed out. I, th I thought I thought I closed out. <laughs> nah, but close out your close out. Just close out your close. <laughs> Listen, after Shaniqua closed out, she closed out her closeout and her closed out closeout had a closeout. So I got to make sure that, you know what I'm saying, everybody get a, a sufficient opportunity to close out. Okay. Uh I I, I don't know. I pretty much I, I pretty much I'm I'm just a student right now, man. I'm 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 you know, I'm listening right now, man. I don't I don't really have too much to chime in on. I'm kind okay. of. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. So, DA, it's you. We we on you, DA. What you got? Oh, I think DA is playing with the babies, yeah, too. There oh, there you go. You, you know, 
Uh, I mean, it, it's a lot. I heard a lot. And honestly, I feel like <sighs> it was a lot of points made today. <laughs> it was a lot of points made today. So me personally, uh, I don't know. I'm a younger guy. So it's like I listen to Gunna. You know what I'm saying? Like I listen to this man. And um DJ was saying earlier, hey girl, DJ was saying earlier how you know he might have been on his music path before he really stepped into that violent culture type of drill music type of not saying he was never promoting the game and the activities that they do. But see, look, here's what you got to consider. Here's what you got to consider. You got to look at the Crime Stoppers video in more ways than one. Not just on the surface level, like, is he snitching or not, right? He never was a street guy. No, no, no. Exactly. You got to look at it and say, well, you can't give him the benefit of the doubt of being naive because at the point where he's making that Crime Stoppers video, it's a Crime Stoppers video. At that point right there, you're going forward on the positive foot. You don't create a career for yourself of singing about crime and posing with guns and all that after the Crime Stoppers video. And then when it's convenient for you again, oh my goodness, what are these guys doing? That All these drugs weren't legal this whole time? What? Because I don't know anybody using legal lean. Like, I don't know where people, like, just getting high is, is you commit felonies getting high. Like, just, just in the studio, getting high, recording music, making the phone call. Like, we got to remember how this is in the real world. You know, you in the studio, you... Just calling up somebody to come bring the, the what you call it to the wherever you don't understand what I'm saying is already felony. You especially if you moving outside of the tree for once you get to the pills and that lean and all that. Mm. Just setting up the party is loaded with felonies. Yeah. When you called that phone call, you made felonies. If you doing a show in in Alabama and you live in Atlanta, you're not getting on no plane. Alabama, depending on where you at, might be two and a half hour drive. You putting all that shit in your car, the guns to protect the movement, the jury, the drugs to get your mind right. You driving across state lines with fucking lean in the car and guns. You didn't just, you done committed mad fucking crimes. And this is outside. I want to make sure I'm clear on this. This is outside of any kind of gang behavior. This is crime and felonies that's that's with the music, because I don't want what I was saying earlier to be confused. This is stuff that's intrinsically tied to the music road life, but separate from gang life, and gang life being married onto music is what's creating the Rico. Whereas this shit where like, for instance, the main thing with Gunner and Young Thug is they got pulled over in the car with drugs and guns. Well, 
collectively at any moment, these niggas may have a half million dollars worth of jewelry between them. So gun has to be in car. That's not for criminal purposes. That's to stay alive. Now, the drugs and all that, you can judge them on it, but the drugs is how they making the music. It's personal use, personal consumption. Right. They don't believe it's not that like they, they selling it. Right. They don't believe that they can be creative without it. But my point, though, is Gunna is committing hundreds of felonies with the guys on a regular basis after making Crime Stoppers videos saying, hey, if the, you know, the red shirt and he had on a red shirt and you don't want to be like this and all that. You know better. You're admitting to the world that you know better. You're becoming an example. When you make a Crime Stopper video, you're an example of, hey, hey, let's don't do any crime. We know we're Crime Stoppers. We don't do crime. You, you don't sign up to pose with guns and take drugs everywhere. And, you know, like, I, I just, so for me, again, and but I'm you do when your life you. And look, I'm leaving the door open though, because I'm listening to all this shit. And I can't say that y'all shit is not lining up, especially you, DJ. You lining that shit up. So <laughs> I, as much as I listen, I'm not going down though. I'm with Caso still. I'm not going along with your shit. But I cannot debunk it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not well equipped enough to debunk it. So I, I gotta go, you know, I gotta ride this shit out. But I'm saying. From my universe, 158th Street in the Bronx, I'm 45 years old. I don't, I, once you say, yes, my friends all did crime and I didn't do it. L listen, I don't know how, Alfredo, I, I don't understand what the fuck is, that sounds like telling to me, whenever you, we all did something together and then you somehow, you went home, I didn't go home and then you said, that's, but again, it's difference in philosophy and the purpose is not really of the conversation in the bill to focus on determining the fucking legal status of snitching or the Alfred plea. <laughs> it's to figure out how we can use this situation as an example to get our youth to finally snap out of this shit. Like, hey, because if this doesn't get them, nothing will. You know, if we can't, this is back to back. This is this is Takashi and them, but. The Takashi situation wasn't all the way a great example because all of the gang members in that situation kind of did what gang members do. You know what I'm saying? They just kind of took their time like, oh, yeah, football numbers. Yeah, that's what we do. We about here. What, I think they said what, what, we don't bend, we don't fold. That's what they said in court. We don't bend, we don't fold. You know what I'm saying? In this situation, everybody is bending, folding. I'm talking about... Motherfuckers is flex. This Long motherfuckers hair. look like Gumby out. This they motherfucker, they still flex. This shit here. So they not a real gang, bro. Man, well, yeah. hey, you know what? That could be a, a that could be used in their favor. Is that hey, listen to look at the behavior. You got a bunch of first time felons. You know, I mean, first time offenders. You know, you got well, some anyway. You know. Uh, yeah, it could be viewed that way because, again, a part of the culture is crime. You know, the drugs and then 
you know, all of those things bleed together, but that's not gang life. And I think that's the problem where the music, right, is the pretending to represent the gang life. And then some people really represent the gang life, but from the outside looking in, you can't really tell who's who. It's just gang life in hip hop, right? And they're saying they're committing crime, but then they're actually getting caught committing crime and so from people that's not from a crime universe or from urban, they can't distinguish all that shit. You said you a gang member. You got caught with drugs and guns. Clearly your ass a gang member. Throw the book at them. You know what I'm saying? It's not, they don't have the ability to see that in separate spaces. Whereas, you know, gang, you know, murder and this, that, that's gang culture, like having drugs and guns to protect celebrities though. Like that's just celebrity culture. Like that's, just, and that's always been celebrity culture. Whether we're talking about black folks, white folks, like don't think that Brad Pitt, don't think that Brad Pitt is out on Friday night getting high and he's not guarded by pistols and like, it's not, and I'm sure that they're legally, you know, they got legal, but that's what it is. The artist, the actor, the the billionaire, the you know, the the Google, the corporate executives, they get us a protected space to act a fool in. You know what I'm saying? And so we just gotta realize that some of the things that are incriminating are not gang culture. And then we got to realize that none of this criminal culture is black culture. And then step forward, you know, like that's got to be the, that's, I think that's got to be the thing is like moving, getting the baby. That should possibly go on the shirt, like Southern whites made crime. (laughs) Wait, say that again? Southern whites made crime? Yeah, that should possibly go on the shirt. Yo, hey, the people that own the streets really own the streets. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, now we know that hey, you know what I'm saying? They they own the streets and they own the behavior that you know it's 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 what it is all the way, you know, figuratively and literally. Hey, that sounds about right to me. Hey, it's time, and then you know what? It might be time for us to uh to as a people, we might need to collectively take an Alfred plea. You know what I'm saying? Like we might need to Rico, we might need to Rico the white man in this case. Like, you know what? You're right. These neighborhoods are not our neighborhoods. We're not bringing the drugs and the guns into the country. We're not connected at that level. So yeah, Rico this shit all the way up. Right, Rico this shit all the way up to the motherfuckers that own the real estate, that own the travel, you know, the ports that let this shit in. Like how far does you know start Rico and the executives? Like if they if they pass out in the prison, <laughs> man. Because if you look at some of these labels, clearly they don't have another product but crime. Mm-hmm. Because in order to advertise singing about crime, in order to authenticate it, there has to be some air of doing crime. And in order for that to happen, you need fear to be established. Period. Like we gotta keep it a buck. You got to establish fear. And that's why I was saying earlier, when you out and about on the road, you got to move a certain kind of way. Like if you're not, then you don't really understand the music, but you got to establish the fear in order for you to have an authentic part of the culture. 
So when you hear folks saying like, yo, they had a strong movement or yo, the buzz was strong. That's more than bars. That's more than lyrics. That I mean, when I show up to the club, it's, you know, I got like What's at that? least 15, right. I got at least 15 silverback gorillas. Ooh, another getting out the way. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I got to be there. I got to be there with, and I got to be there with classical movements on classical nights in some of them spots to really, you know, I'm not just saying it. Like I was really in the tunnel, in speed, in Bentleys. I was in, like I was, I was in these places when it was, you know, what I'm saying like so, yeah. Yeah. Well, this was this was a long one, but a good one for sure. Uh, I enjoy it. And just for clarity, I, I often like to play the devil's advocate just in order to invoke thought, but it's never no emotions attached to anything I'm saying. And you so and Caso gave us the best content. I appreciate the deal. Most. I appreciate Caso, Brother Marvel, everybody. Nah, let me tell you, for all the people <laughs> watching... <laughs> Everybody enjoyed you and Caso because I didn't know where it was going to come from, but I knew that there would be at least two or three drastically different perspectives. And we need it because like I keep saying, I don't want people to think I'm being facetious or funny. I do not understand. This. So there's a part of it where I'm making it light of it, making a joke because I, this is some funny shit with niggas getting a thousand years on parole or to tell on somebody else that clearly didn't do crime. He was singing about crime. Yo, I, this shit is bugging me out. The last guy that just got a thousand years parole to, you know, Alfred plate. Yeah, I was getting ready to kill a nigga, but uh, I didn't get permission yet from Young Thug. So, I, you know, I was going to do the, you know, I was going to kill him, but I didn't get, I'm like, so how the fuck is this even relate to Young Thug? Like, what the fuck are we doing? You was he getting was ready to kill somebody man. and you was going to do it on my behalf, but you clearly saying you didn't talk to me about it first. You was doing your own thing. You was, so how is that even, I'm like, and then you getting mad parole for saying you was getting ready to kill somebody, but your charges can't lead to the conviction of somebody else. So it's almost like there's nothing for the, for the pro, pro prosecutor to get. It's just, none of it makes sense. That's why I'm it's saying, like I'm listening they, it's like it's TV, bro. It's like they really trying to make an example. No, and look, she, she needs to be locked up, though. The prosecutor needs to be locked up herself. That's why all her goddamn evidence got thrown out because she's breaking the fucking law, going crazy. That's what I'm saying. I had to look and say, who raised these Atlanta niggas? Not just the niggas in court, the motherfuckers prosecuting the court, the parents, so the judges, the police involved. I don't know. I'm like, yo, this whole shit is wow in Atlanta. Listen, somebody just sent me a picture earlier today of Blue Pill. Blue Pill is now the Pope of Atlanta. Blue Pill is the Pope. I'm not, I don't got time. No, 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 no. Blue Pill is the Pope in Atlanta. More power to Blue Pill, but I'm just saying, like, Blue Pill is the fucking Pope in Atlanta. Like, clearly, I don't know what the fuck is happening right now. Blue Pill is the Pope in Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just saying, it's a wild. Atlanta is going, listen, and I'm going to be honest too. I have both of my sets of twins is a result of Georgia. So I, I think that 
there's an esoteric space where I would stretch my mind to think that Atlanta could be a magical place for black folks. And maybe the potential is too potent for us to handle without training and discipline. So you see folks maybe coming to Atlanta and rubbing on that genie lamp and they wish is they, you know, hey, I want to be the biggest gangster in rap music. Well, your wish is my command. You're the biggest gangster, motherfucker. This is what gangsters get, death or Rico. So here you go. You know, bam, you, your wishes, you know what I'm saying? Like, room? hey, I wish room? babies. I, I couldn't get no money in, in Georgia, but I got babies. I got twins. I got what I, I wish for. You got to be careful what you wish for in Georgia. You know what I'm saying? Like, that shit might be, you know, so who knows? It, it could be some shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you got to be careful out there. You know, it's a I'm lot of love. That, My mind is know, wide open. Go ahead. It's possible that there's a larger scheme in playing. Like, I watch a lot of Blacklist. And like DJ said, it's, it's, it's almost like a movie. And to the public, you know, it can be viewed as in one perspective, but to the, you know, I, I mean, John Q. Public, like, versus people who actually understand law and people who understand prosecution and people who understand this process, like, they're looking at it in a whole totally different perspective. Like, you saying the prosecutor need to go to jail. Like, if that's the situation, there is probably higher people up pulling strings to this situation. So I'm thinking like, maybe this was, I don't know, it's, it's tough to say, but it's just, I can't see this being a surprise to everyone. I feel like, I feel like, I feel like some people knew that he was going to uh, give up the information that he did in the way that he did it. So I don't, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, is there- What do you mean some movie? people? Wait a minute. What do you mean some people? He was on Crime Stoppers. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I guess maybe some people are more attached to him as an individual, as a human, to his music, his movement than I am. Um, it's a couple of songs that I heard from Gunner that, you know, I might have bobbed my head to, but I'm not, you know, it's, it's not- in my um Gunner, you know, like nominated. The the children might, you know what I'm saying? They might it, they're just not my my cup of tea. You know what I'm saying? I'm still I'm still long hove, you know, Drake, yay. I'm still meek, you know, I'm still in that kind of Ross okay. 50. You know, I'm still in that space. You know what I'm saying? Like it is, you know. So I but I listen because you know I I rock I like a lot of little baby, you know what I'm saying? But so I like I like a lot of stuff that Young Thug was doing. I like the fact that Young Thug was, um, you know, he was pushing boundaries. I don't necessarily like all the boundaries, but I do like the balls that it requires to push those boundaries. You know what I'm saying? So I can admire that aspect of being adventurous with your creativity. That's one of the things that Big Jeff said I thought was important. It's two-sided. You got to not only have the talent, but you got to have the balls, the fearlessness to put yourself out there whenever you, you know, feel whatever you feel. So I don't know, fellas, we getting up out of here. I, I want to give people a second chance to go ahead and 
and get to the, um, you know, without our commentary. So um, anybody, if y'all missed it, y'all didn't get the commentary. Oh, um, this part right here in the beginning, a lot of people didn't understand this because the media didn't play play any of this for us in America. In Italy, they did a whole um, they did a whole little parade thing about the oppression that black people is dealing with in America. So this is in Italy. This is a parade they put together in Italy for the black Statue of Liberty, you know, that's the black woman and oppression and blah, 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 blah. So uh, we put that in there. And then obviously we talking about the hip hop community and blah, blah, blah. So anytime we have a conversation, at least I know me, Anytime I have a conversation, especially right now of jail and rappers and this, this and that, they like, yeah, but yeah, young Pharaoh, uh, polite, yeah. Uh, so clearly conscious niggas going to jail too. So, uh, you know, we can't avoid the elephant in the room. You know what I'm saying? Like That's your segue? It just is what it is. It's not even a segue, it's just, these are facts. You know what I'm saying? I can't sit down and keep it real and they like, yeah, but what's up with your, you know, what's up with your people? Yeah, like, yeah, what are you, what's happening over there? Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's not a thing where we get to sit and say that, you know, we're at some sort of enlightened level or conscious level. I don't even consider myself conscious. It's just a matter of, hey, as parents, we're looking honestly for anything that we can use to motivate and inspire our children to do this shit different. So. Next. Yo, A.A. Rashid is with Griselda. Oh, it's about to, it's that time to start robbing niggas now. If I jacked for life for them cars, you know how he go. He stunt rentals. I might get knocked by the repo. Plus he snitching. That's new cars and probation. I'm going to have to rob Sarnetta old ass for them YouTube donations. Once I start robbing niggas, you're going to see the bitch come out rich. He going to try to hide behind Cambada and Professor Griff. For real. Add more niggas to the pot. That's how you spoil these. I'm taking Cam CD money and so lay royalties. Rich going to try to call him pills over this pistol shit. But that's only going to get them niggas robbed for all that crystal shit. Rich going to call Supernova next, but I can handle the ball. I wait for him to go OT and sneak around the store. I ain't tussling with that shit. He got a couple screws loose. Real. King Simon is a puppy. He the conscious blue screws now. Nah, he a big dog and the elder, so I'm sorry, bro. But you and Lloyd laying for that numerology, though. This ain't serious. Being conscious can make you delirious. So we live and have fun, but I'm just saying, son, saying shit get different when the rabbit got the gun. This ain't serious. Being conscious can make you delirious. The youngest new face in the U.S. Senate next year will be that of Democrat Joseph Biden of Delaware. So young, in fact, that at the time of his election on November 7th, Biden was not yet old enough to serve. Yesterday, that problem was resolved. ABC Capitol Hill correspondent Bob Clark has the story. They gave a surprise party yesterday for Joe Biden, who will make history because of his age when he takes his seat in the new Senate. Thank you. 
This is one of those issues I hope this passage of this bill will do, will be taken out of the gridlock category and moved into an emerging consensus. And the consensus is as follows, and I will cease when I finish this statement. The consensus is, A, we must take back the streets. It doesn't matter whether or not the person that is accosting your son or daughter, my son or daughter, my wife, your husband, my mother, your parents, it doesn't matter whether or not they were deprived as a youth. It doesn't matter or not whether or not they had no background that enabled them to have to uh, become uh, uh, social, uh, become socialized into the fabric of society. It doesn't matter whether or not they're the victims of society. The end result is they're about to knock my mother on the head with a lead pipe, shoot my sister, beat up my wife, take on my sons. So I don't want to ask what made them do this. They must be taken off the street. That's number one. There's a consensus on that. The Democratic chairman of the Judiciary Committee, the Democratic president of the United States of America, the Democratic attorney general. Too late to change, I can't do a thing before. Oh, Urban used to cut niggas' fingers off. He used to bring us fingers and ears in the eyeglass. Kings talking about mad bases, full scale from my last eighth. My father, Butch, was a kingpin named Brenz. I had him raised as a god, 120 electrons in the atom. Snatching leap patches, smacking alternative niggas. Whatever's politically correct, I'm a learning nigga. My day one was all trained to point lead like a sharpener. My father was a mason, his father was a carpenter. My iridology reveals a dichotomy. Gangster or prophet, psych, my psyche is psychology on top of beatboxes, a mill of detoxes, vegan, the shoes gated, a coat, three boxes, it's all contradictory, you can't do shit to me, I died already, every breath is a gift to me. Don't blame me, don't blame me now, you can't blame me, this is the way the world made me. Be so, cause baby, you never ever got to know me to help me out with my problems. In this world's asylum, society's so alive on in these streets where I'm from. You got a baby. It's the way the world made me. The muscle game gone. It's brains overborn. Fake jury everywhere. Street credit overdrawn. It's Alexander Bradley and Takashi. Just rats or agents of change. In the street culture for blacks. It's that road working. You need soul searching. The whole burden got them looking for a new face like an old person. I'm the same nigga today that I always been. The nigga with the biggest dick in the room. I'm always him. Stereotypes is nonsense, nigga. Fuck you mean? I don't look exactly like a conscious nigga. When I tell you I get money off. Off the books, I'm an author. I get money off the books. Face it, lame. Train your brain to make it rain like Drake and Wayne. Record magic like David Blaine. I always bet on me and make that money dance. I'm still selling herbs, nigga. I just switched to other plants. So serious. Don't blame me. Don't blame me now. You can't blame me. This is the way the world made me. Must be so, cause baby, you never ever got to know me. 
Smell me out with my props. Not trying to tell you that's some scandal you have, because you're still trying to prove to people you are who he said you are. There are those of you who are putting on and you're putting on for people and you're not going to get what God will have you to get as long as you're putting on. When you are thriving, you don't speak the same level as people who are surviving. It's just a different level. Like, you know, it's just different talk. Amen. And so what's crazy is there's some individuals that was dogging Dion out for telling my man who was the commentator, he kept stopping him like, yo, bro, talk like you normally talk to me. <laughs> Football coach, Coach Brown, Coach, how you feeling today? No, straight up. I always ask how you feel. He was not talking like that just two minutes ago. Can you do the interview? Can you come in like you normally sound? I just want to be clear and concise. And professional? Yes, sir. So being you is not professional? Well, I mean, I can't say, hey, what's up, Cole? I can't do that. I ain't actually do that. I just want you to be you. Okay, yes, sir. All right, let me start over. Right. Join me is Jackson State Coach, Coach Prime. Is that, the, is that the same? Dog, it's the same. Like, just be you. Just try your best to be you. Okay. All right. I, I thought I was doing that. But anyway, um, I want to just ask you, you feeling okay? See, like, if I say, man, what's up, Rob J? That's me. What's up, Roger? You, you know the difference? Did you see the difference? That's what you do. And I don't know who you're trying to please out there, but just I just want you to try your best to be you. He was like, what you doing? He's like, like, you, like, when they turn the camera on, you start talking different. Like, talk to me like you was talking to me a minute ago. Like, be your authentic self is what he was trying to say. He just said, be you. And my man was like, well, you know, be a professional. He said, well, you're not professional. Like, you are professional. What type of professional are you trying to be? Listen to me. You cannot go viral. I want to use today's language. You can't be, you can't go viral not being your authentic self. You got to be your authentic self to go viral. Does that make sense? So I'm going to start all over before I get into my message today. There are those of you who are putting on and you're putting on for people and you're not going to get what God will have you to get as long as you're putting on. Just be your authentic self. Now, here's what happens. I'm going to be real. Here's what happens when you're your authentic self. You're going to lose a lot of people. You're going to lose a lot of people, but you're going to gain people who are ride or die. Does that make sense? I was telling Jeremy earlier, we had a one-on-one sit-down, you know, God is about to help me to use my whatever to help him get to another level. And I was like, Jeremy, there's a thing called the law of diminishing returns. It's, it's like, for, you know, people said to me, my son, I remember my son, he said, Dad, I want to be a millionaire. I said, what do you want to be a millionaire for? Are you trying to help people or is it for you? Because it's for you, you only need 250000 I'm just being real. If you want to be rich, you only need 250000 you start getting over that, the government about you in a different tax bracket, and the government about to beat you upside your head. I'm just being real. If you make a million dollars, you ain't gonna keep it about five hundred something. They about to take half of that. They getting forty percent, and then there's some other taxes at the end that you probably gonna have about five. I said, son, you want to be right about two hundred fifty-seven thousand and be under the radar. You don't want to get over that because now the IRS is looking at you as you are of interest to them. Right? You want to keep it right right there. 
Does that make sense? So, so the law of diminishing returns says if you, you, you do so much and you're not getting nothing in return for it. Like there's a limit. So I want you to understand something. You got to hear me. You don't need to do nothing else but be God's child and get what he has for you. I got to get this through your head before I give you the lesson today. You got to get this because you're actually killing you. You're the one that's messing you up. You're the one. I told a group yesterday, there's nothing you can do to prove yourself to God. What you're doing is trying to prove yourself to you. You ain't about to prove nothing to God that he don't He says, well, I know the plans that I have for you, said the Lord of all. I know the plans that I have for you. You don't know them. I, I know them. And if me and you would get on the same page, I could do what I'm trying to. Does that make sense? You're not about to convince God that you're no different than who you are. He knows who you are. If you would just realize who you are and embrace it, he could finally give you his plan. But he can't give you his plan when you this version of you. So all you really have to do is develop and he will deliver. Come on, write that down. Write that down. As you develop, God is going to deliver more of the plan. The reason why you don't have a full plan is because you ain't fully developed. God can't deliver to you what he wants to deliver to you because you're not developed to the level you need to be developed to get the stuff and you chasing the stuff when all you need to chase is development and as you develop. That's why I got very few followers on Instagram. It's people telling jokes that got 10 million followers. They telling jokes. They got 10 million. They telling jokes. I could tell some more jokes and get the numbers up, but I'm not interested in uh, making people laugh. Ain't nothing funny. We live in a society right now. Ain't nothing funny. I mean, I'm gonna be telling you jokes, so I'm gonna I'm gonna talk development talk. Why? Because a small group of people are ready to get developed. But once you get developed, then God delivers. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Here's the last one. You go before we go to the word. God told me to tell you you're gonna die. You're gonna die. And you don't know when you're going to die, so stop acting like you know. What God told me to tell you, he told me to tell you, some of y'all, if you knew you only had three years left, you'd, you'd live differently. He told me to tell you to live like you're going to die. Stop living like you're going to live forever, because you're not. Stop. Stop. I told y'all the story when my grandmother passed. My grandma been well her whole life. She was 92 almost. She was weeks away from 93. My father called me, my auntie called me, like, grandma in the hospital. I'm like, bet. And the way they said it was like, your grandma in the hospital. You know what I'm saying? She ain't never been sick. She going to be out. That's how they said it. Like, grandma good. I was like, bet. Grandma called, hey, baby, how you doing? I was like, all right, grandma, how you doing? Right? And so my father was like, she about to go into surgery. Right? But she ain't never been sick. She about to go into surgery. The doctor said, it's good. My grandma called me. I should have knew something was up. But I was in Chicago. I was there. And my wife was like, you probably need to go see your grandma. I'm like, nah, I'll see her when she get out. <laughs> I'll see her. God told me to tell you you're going to die. And there's nothing you could do about it. Now, you can keep eating right, but you can eat right if you want to. You're not going to make it to 200. Keep doing push-ups. You're good, but you're not going to let it be 200. So, so don't, don't stop doing what you're doing because that's going to help the quality of your life. But he told me you can't make your life go to 300 or 200. You're going to die. And some of us are going to die, not because of us. Some of us are going to die because some other fool was drunk and hit us. So some of you are not even going to die because of you. You're going to die because of somebody else's decisions. And my 
grandma called me just before we went into surgery. I said, I knew something wrong. My grandma said, baby, I need your, I need your spirit. You know, grandma, I don't like to be sick, but I need your spirit. I need your motivation. You the one in the family that got that. And it was an eerie, whatever, weird kind of thing. But I was just like, ah, oh, she never been sick before, so she doing her thing. My father called me and was like, yo, she got out of surgery. She, she, they said she's good. She just needed to recover. I was like, bad. Then my father called me hours later and like, uh, your grandma, it was weird. He didn't even say she was dead. He was just like, uh, your grandma has some complications. I was like, oh, okay, what kind? You know what I'm saying? Constipation, complications. Like, what kind of complications is she having? He was like, no, complications. I'm like, bro, like, bro, we grown. Like, what? Do I need to get in the car? Do I need to come? Like, what? He's like, no, no, she didn't make it. I said, she didn't make what? She didn't make what? He was like, she gone. I said, what? For some of us in this room, you may only have a year. We may only have two, three. I don't know, but God told me to tell you when you leave here, stop acting like you got 20. Stop acting like you got 30. And develop as quick as you can so that you can get what God has for you as long as you can. Am I talking to somebody? Listen to me, I'm, I'm mad at Eric Thomas because it took me so long to get my stuff right that, so let me just put it like this. Now watch this, I wanna show you something. I could have been on this. I wanna ask, how many of you that if I would have waited another 10, 15 years to get right with God, you may not have gotten a hold of my gift or online. And I just wanna, can I just be real? Can I just be real? Like, I just want to show you what I'm trying to tell you. What if I still would be trying to work it out and try to get developed? What if I was still getting up at 8 o'clock in the morning instead of 3 with God? What if I didn't change and get my marriage right? Didn't try to become a better father? What if I didn't change and develop and become this version of me? For some of you, what would you wear? That message that you got, that I wouldn't have been able to give that message because I wouldn't be me, and you didn't get that message at that time, and you would have... Leave here knowing that you may not have years. You may not have double digits. So whatever needs to be done in that time frame, do it. Because not only does it affect